Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Stop back. The Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Well, welcome along, everybody. A packed grid of cars now having been cleared of the fans, many of whom have decanted into the infield bleachers. Good afternoon to all of you from here at the IMSA broadcast booth overlooking the start-finish line. Jeremy Shaw, Johnny Palmer and me, John Hindoff, in the booth. Our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporting team is Shea Adam and Andrew Marriott. And I was hoping we could get a word with our Paul Sitter in ST, but the cars are rolling off, so time has, has beating us. Uh, Andrew Marriott might be able to get a very quick word. Yeah, quick word with you, Nick. Long time since we saw you racing out. This, this is a bit of a different world, a FEMA world. Yeah, this is it's a great switch, you know, winning the championship back in 16 with Spencer from Valley and RS1. Coming to this team, I've been trying to do for a while, and uh, what a great team. James Clay puts on a great thing. He's got a great crew here, and I'm back with the charity, the Racing to End Alzheimer's charity, and it's, it's just really nice to be able to fight for a great cause. But you're on the pole. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Devin, put in a great pole. Looking forward to a good race. Thank you, Andrew. Marriott, great with that uh, last-minute Continental Tire pit lane report and our Continental Tire keys to the race, gentlemen, as we are rolling on the formation lap. Jeremy Shaw, it's a big race. It's a big field for the first race of the season. Got it. Stay in contention and stay cool early on. Yeah, and you've got to look after the car. These are brand new cars, many of them. The GS category has expanded exponentially this year. We've had a, a huge increase in the, in the car numbers. A lot of them brand new cars. The BMW, the Mercedes, never really raced before in GT4 competition. And this is going to be their, well, not quite their world debut, but pretty close to it. And certainly the first time they race in this championship. So you've got to look after the car. And the Audi 2 is brand new this season. Welcome to our viewers on IMSA.TV as we bring sound and vision together. This is IMSA Radio live from trackside. Daytona Beach has a history of speed, land speed records and racing on the famous sands. But a permanent facility was built here many years ago, such was the demands of the racing community. And Daytona International Speedway has been the self-proclaimed world centre of speed ever since. Hello, everybody. It's John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Johnny Palmer uh, with you for the broadcast today. Running through the Continental Tire, te- keys to the race. Uh, to pit or not to pit, Jeremy? This is a long race. Um, fuel is not a simple division of the time that's out there. It's, it's not necessarily an exact number of pit stops here. Uh, no, and you know, drivers. Uh, each driver to score points has to score has to drive for a minimum of 45 minutes. Most of the driver lineups are just two drivers. Some are three, and as we've already heard, Justin Piscitel will be switching not only between two different cars but actually two different classes mm. as well. So yeah, the timing of the pit stops is uh, going to be very very important, and making sure the pit stops are uh, speedy and efficient. Um, be prepared to change your plan. Got to be flexible here. 
you have, you know, there's always a propensity for full course cautions and you've got to be ready for that. You know, do you pit? Don't you pit? Uh, when do you make the driver's driver changes? Because there's certainly, you know, most of the races are two hours in, in duration. This one is twice that length of time. And uh, these cars are pretty physical. TCR and ST in particular, with three classes here, is, is a, a key to the race. Uh, there are going to be a lot of GS cars. Therefore, they're going to come through lapping you in a big group. And yeah. that's going to be something to watch out for. It, it is. And, uh, you know, what's also unusual, really, for the, the... There's generally a lot more ST cars than there are GS cars. Well, this time around, uh, the boot is on the other foot because there's 28 GS cars will start this race. We've already talked about, about the fact we've lost two, uh, both of them uh, very quick cars, which is a shame, particularly the RS1 team. What a job they've done the last couple of years. They won the ST Championship with Spencer Pompelli and Nick Gallant uh, two years ago. Last year, they stepped up with one car into the GS class, won the, the overall championship with the Dillons, Dylan uh, McAvern and D Dylan Murcott. And now they're running, well, they were planning on running two GS cars, but uh, only one of them is going to make the start of this race with a crash yesterday for Daniel Morad, the Canadian. Well, hopefully... So that means, which means, therefore, that Spencer Pavelli, we should have been driving two cars uh, because he was late slotted in when Connor Bloom's deal failed to reach fruition number 18. He's going to be now just drive solo uh, or in just one car, number 28. That uh, is going to be a great battle at the front of the field, John. It's Jeremy Shaw along with uh, me, John Hindorf, and... Uh, Johnny Palmer in the booth and we are ready to go racing. Uh, the last couple of Continental Tires keys to this race. Uh, no mistakes on pit lane. Uh, easy thing to say. Uh, people do get a bit hot-headed and the pit stops here are going to be so important. Well, they are. And, you know, it's the first race of the season. So, you know, the teams, uh, a lot of them have new people on board, particularly the, the bigger teams because we've got so many more cars this season, particularly in the GS category. So, you know, getting... The, the, all the team members are up to speed to know exactly what they have to do when and when not, more particularly. Uh, the, the pit stops are very, very important and the race can very, very easily be won or lost on pit lane. And finally, track position. That helps. If you're at the front, you're going to win the race. There's yes. one position everybody there wants, is, isn't there? There is. Uh, and, uh, and there's a lot of people who are going to have a legi legitimate th a thought that they can win this race too. So, you know, it's fa thought, thankfully, it's a long race. So you've got to be, a, 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 be you know, keep your powder dry towards the end. And it's the final half an hour when uh, this race is really going to be decided. Let's go down to Andrew Marriott. We've had the Continental Tires keys to the race. Strategy was one of those keys. No better exponent of it than Brad Kettler from Audi. Brad, so what's the strategy here? Two stops or three? Well, we're going to have to see, Andrew. We don't really know the, uh, what, what we're going to expect from the competition here because we haven't. this is our first race for these cars, and uh, we're still sorting a lot of that out. But I think with the yellows and so forth, probably two is going to be the way to do it. Yeah, now you're talking TCR, though, you're talk, talking uh, top class. Top class. Top class, yeah. And of course, you've got big opposition and a rival German manufacturer, of course, also with a new car in Mercedes. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun to race against them. I mean, the cars are a little bit different in philosophy, but they've been pretty close together in, uh, in practice. And uh, the, the Merck's got a little bit more downforce and so forth, but we're slippery and fast on the banking. So it'll make for a good, uh, good competition. Yeah, one philosophy says the, the, the horse pulls the car, and yours has the horse pushing the car. Well, sometimes some people would say that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's worked pretty well so far. It certainly did. And remember, back in 1937, the auto unions had the engine in the back, and it's the same tradition. Yep, it still works. Don't change it. <laughs>
Yeah, very quickly, uh, Brad Kettler knows an awful lot about strategy, but more than I do, certainly. But I think they're going to be struggling to reach the end of this race in the GS class on just two pit stops. I think there's going to be, have to be a fair bit of caution for that to happen. But the cars, John, are... Uh, Lining up there two by two in NASCAR three and four. We're ready for the green flag. I am exceptionally excited about the 2018 Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, part of the IMSA package. We're live from trackside at Daytona International Speedway on RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels and joined together with IMSA TV. Get ready for the 2018 season to start. Porsche, Audi, Ford, Audi, Porsche, Ford, the top three rows. Best of the Mercedes in ninth position. Alex Premat, he's got a bit of experience behind the steering wheel. Then Ashley Freiberg, late deal to get her in the number 50. Uh, Audi in 10th position. The green flag is in the air. We're racing. And underneath us, the Porsche from pole position. Spencer Pompelli does his job. He has put a gap into the rest of the field as they stream onto the infield that transition breaking very difficult indeed smash and dive up the inside there but i think that was pat gallagher in the ford mustang he's having a good look at making up some positions everyone he says hanging on the syllables has got through the first couple of corners down through the international horseshoe for the first time the midfield of the gs remember Nearly 30 GS cars taking the start of this race. McLaren's going through there. There's the Singleton Aston Martin. Ashley Freiberg holding on to 10th position there. It is Pompelli, though, from Tyler McQuarrie in second. Kyle Marcelli had a good start. Rick Parfitt, who won this drive in a competition, thanks to his results in the British GT Championship last year, up into fourth position. Hasn't been feeling brilliantly well. Still feeling his way in the car, but still in fourth position, should I say, in the 13 Audi as they head onto the banking for the first time of asking side by side the number 80 Mustang with Brett Sandberg and he has got Ashley Freiberg on the outside. Damien Fault is right in there behind them as well. Ashley gets a great run with the car ahead, the silver and blue Mustang and that's, I think, is Pat Gallagher's car, isn't it? Yes, it is. And actually drags by, goes by the Mercedes-Benz. And that's a position made up round the outside. Oh, my goodness me. It's been too wide all the way through the first half lap until we got to the bus stop. But everyone, he says, finding something wooden to touch. Everyone has made it through. What a cracking opening couple of minutes to the season, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, really good. Uh, Carl Marcel looked like he was going to make a move to the inside in turn one, but uh, uh, Tyler McQuarrie uh, put pains to that. Here comes McQuarrie now, really challenging onto the tail of Spencer Papelli as they head towards turn one for to begin lap two. This is brilliant stuff from the guys at the head of the field. Spencer Pumpelli did get a bit of a lead, but it's down to about a car's length now. The black and red Porsche... Leading out the 28 car. A little bit of silver and grey on the side of the RS1. Champion team from last year, the 39 car. Tyler McQuarrie sitting in second place for Audi. Distinctive with that lime green colouring on the side for BGB Motorsports. That car coming through uh, for Carbon Motorsports, should I say it. With yeah. the Mark Siegel and Jeff Westfall will be jumping into that car later on in the four hours, remember, of the BMW Endurance Challenge here at Daytona. And that's a brand new team They're set up this season. That car by Motorsports by Mark Siegel and uh, Steve Drynan. Steve Drynan, of course, very well known 
best known perhaps for his uh, BMW engine preparations. Been involved in a lot of teams in the past. And boy, he's put together a good operation here. As we heard, uh, I think it was Tyler McCoy was speaking to on the grid, say the team uh, took delivery of that car only directly before the uh, raw Jeremy, test. Jeremy, problem a for a BMW. Ago. Problem for one That's of the Mike new BMWs. That's the uh, classic BMW entry uh, 72 car. Mike Bess at the wheel. This uh, Mike Vest, the driver. Now, did he get a, a hand there or did he... Do? No, he lost it on cool tyres. Back wheel spinning up and goes to the infield on the far side of the circuit from where we are. Not a bad bit of rally crossing there, Johnny Palmer, but not what you want early on. That's going to dent the confidence a tiny bit. That was surprising, wasn't it, to still have cold tyres after a lap and a bit, but obviously these Continental tyres still... Getting up to temperature, no tyre warmers, and uh, all down to trying to build the heat on the green flag lap. Now, the gap is closing at the head of the order as Tyler McQuarrie's got a cracking run on Spencer Pompani for the lead of the race. The Audi getting very, very close indeed to that Porsche, the RS1 Cayman, but Pompelli is able to defend. Meanwhile, side by side, just behind, Kyle Marcelli and Stephen McAleer having a good dice, and Marcelli stays in front. McAleer's Porsche just tucked in behind, and Majewski in the Ford number 15 is fifth. Uh, in the class battles the TCR Audi leads it Kudor Whitmer behind the wheel of the leading car from Britain Casey Jr. in the 77 then Pierre Kleiner being in third place also for Audi the 75 in ST Devin Jones holding on to the lead for Bimmer World in the 81 BMW from Justin Piscatel in the 55 Porsche and Jason Rabb in third place in the 21 Porsche then the minis in team formation, 73, 37 and 52, it's like a scene from the Italian job <laughs> down in 4th, 5th and 6th in ST. Yeah, that's some good battles all the way through the field, pretty much. The first two, Edgy uh, Clear, a little bit interesting to me to see the Audi, uh, Tyler McCoy, seems to have a little bit of an advantage at the on the top end speed here. He's able to get a lot closer through the tri-oval than he is for the rest of the racetrack. Rick Parfitt's had an issue, dropped down from 4th to 10th position. So as it stands, 28, Spencer Pompelli for Porsche, leading from Macquarie in second by nothing at all, really. Then third, Kyle Marcelli for Ford, the best of the front-engine Mustangs there. Then Stephen McAleer in fourth position. That's another Porsche. Another Ford, Timajeski, the 15 in fifth. Austin Sindrick in sixth position. Axley Freiburg up from 10th to 7th in the... Yes. First few laps, just on the third lap at the moment. Hasn't had a lot of time in that car. Was still dialing herself in. Said to me earlier when we were at an Audi event on the infield, and hello to everybody in the Audi customer racing experience, said that uh, she was quite happy to learn in the first few laps of the race. Loves this track. Opened her racing career here with a karting race, believe it or not. One of a couple of drivers who have raced carts around the full circuit using the oval as well well over 100 miles an hour on a cart with your backside a couple of centimeters less than an inch away from the ground i can't even imagine that pompelli has pulled out a second all of a sudden what a lap from pompelli jeremy shaw 156.6 last time around yeah that's exactly right that's uh, he's really put the hammer down on that last lap uh, has uh, Spencer Pompelli, our race leader. The uh, lap record, by the way, the race lap record is a 155.7 set last year by uh, Scott Maxwell. So uh, still a second or so off, off of that lap time record. But it's been a, a good lap that time around. The gap all of, all of a sudden between those two leaders now has gone from just a few car lengths to over a second. 
So really good times here from Spence Pompelli, despite the, the pressure from Tyler McQuarrie in that Audi R8, which gets very close towards the end of the lap. The Audi looks strong through the higher gears and obviously helped by the Porsche and the hole that it's being uh, that it's punching in the air. The gaps come down very slightly at the start of this sector, but it's purple times all the time for Spencer. Stephen McAleer having made the move on Kyle Maselli. Marcelli is now trying to uh, bridge that gap a little bit then between the number 60 Mustang and the Audi R8 in second place. Ashley Freiberg started, I think it was 10th, wasn't yes, it? it was. Up to 6th now, ahead of Austin Sindrick. And uh, that is another position made up uh, on the on the uh, first on the lap from the lap before as well. So that's another position made. Indeed, so and that was on the straight as well, leading into the tri-oval. So it was a really good run by Ashley, and uh, she's uh, really made a move in the early stages of this race, and she's hanging there right with the number 22, that is Austin Sindrick. And uh, we can have a word now with uh, Ashley's co-driver as Andrew is down at the 50 Audi pits. Yeah, all the way from Poland uh, goes to Rodez. Now, Ashley's done a tremendous start here. Yes, that's true. The start is very good, very fast, very quick. I hope she will keep it up to speed because, yeah, speed is there. Now just a bit of lack consistency and we will be well. What about this Daytona track, Garcia? It's unbelievable. It's first time for me in America and first time here at Daytona. So I was really didn't know what to expect from the banking, so it made really great impression on me. And all the infield as well, uh, there are some tricky parts that you need to get familiar to some last, but yeah, I enjoy the track so far. Where have you been racing before? Uh, before I did uh, three years in Audi Sport PT Cup, so front-wheel drive cars, and this is uh, second year, uh, second race in my life with rear-wheel drive car. Thanks very much. She's great, goes your desk. Uh, so so enthusiastic about her racing. Tremendous English as well from the pole, and uh, her and Ashley Freiberg, a strong duo in this race. Freiburg, uh, as we say, up to sixth, actually dropped to seventh yep. again now because a splendid battle, Jeremy, between her and Austin Sindrick. Yeah, that's right. Sindrick able to get past on that last lap, but uh, nothing to choose between those two. The guy who was on the charge on the last lap, though, was Stephen McAleer in third place. He's closed right in on Tyler McQuarrie and just set a new fastest lap of the race last time around. Did Stephen McAleer in car number five in third position. And he's closing down the leading pair who are separated yeah. by almost two seconds. Still Kuno Whitmer in the 74 TCR Audi who uh, leads that category. New for this year, and the Compass, one of a trio of Compass Racing RS3 TCR cars. Now, they are the cars with the boot. These are built, all of the TCR cars are built by the factories. They have uh, factory sports chassis numbers. Uh, it's on the roll cage. It's also on the engine. It is literally a matching numbers car. It's going back to the old school, side by side, into the first corner. And that is a battle for second position and it's a battle that's going the way of Stephen McAleer the man who Jeremy said was on the charge well he must have been tuned into us here as he went across the line got a great run on the 39 Audi of Tyler McQuarrie and McAleer went the long way round Buffalo Gals round the outside into turn two and takes second place so now Stephen McAleer has got a couple of seconds deficit to the leader as he sets off in hot pursuit of Spencer Pumpelli battles all the way through the top 10 and beyond, Aurora Strauss in the Aston Martin with Alan Brynjolfsson having a scrap there and also in that mix, the 57, Indy Donchi. He will not be happy at being that far back down the field. 19th position for Donchi, a very quick driver indeed. Damien Fault is a couple of places further up in the other Winwood car, the 33 
is in 16th position. The Mercs do not have the straight line speed here. Best of the Mercedes-Benz now in 12th position for Alex Premat. Yeah, and lapping uh, the better part of two seconds, well, a second and a half off the uh, pace set at the front of the field. But last time around, as on the previous lap, it was Stephen McAleer who set the fastest, a new fastest lap of the race by a few uh, thousands of a second, 156.320 last time for the third place car. But Spencer Pompelli is, well, he's now second, second now. Place yeah, car. second yeah. now. Spencer Pompelli is responding. He's clearly had a phone call from the team that says, it's not Tyler McQuarrie behind you anymore. It's Stephen McAleer and he's gaining on you. And Spencer Pompelli, as all good racing drivers can do, has heard that siren call and has stepped up the pace. Leader in TCR is still the Audi. Looking absolutely fantastic, these Audi TCR cars. The 74 machine coming through. Kuno Whitmer sharing with Rodrigo Sales. For the Compass Racing Team, the FAF Automotive and Aero Paint Technology car. This is uh, a set of sponsors and a team that we've been very used to seeing, but their first time running this car. Carl Thompson, the man behind Compass. They've changed their name again, haven't they? They were Compass, then there was well, C360R, yes. and now they're back to well, Compass Racing. And, and the reason for that was because... Uh, 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 Carl Thompson sold a Compass, the, his, his uh, marketing company around which the team was built. Ah. So he sold, along with that, he sold the name. So he couldn't, wasn't able to use the Compass Racing name. So he switched to C360R. Now that uh, uh, understanding has, has, has expired, so he's able to go back to Compass Racing. So that explains why we're now back to Compass Racing for those uh, right. various cars in this race. Right, okay. That's uh, just more stitching to be done on the uh, team clothing, yes, another indeed. new set of team clothing. A new phalanx of uh, Mercedes-Benz in the midfield, up in behind the Aston Martin of uh, Aurora Strauss, Hugh Plum and Damien Faulkner's dropped a couple of places there. Hugh Faulkner's gone through and so has Aurora Strauss and now Damien Faulkner having to fight off Alan Brynjolfsson in the bright yellow Vault-sponsored machine. That's the Ford. This yeah. is 16th, 17th, or 15th down to 18th position. Indy Donch is just about a second off the back of that. Here comes Demo in the blue and silver car. He's got the 46 of Hugh Plum in his sights, but he can't make the move. And it's only a couple of positions further up that Alex Premart and Jack Rouse Jr. are having a battle just in front of James Sofredes and Aurora Strauss. Great battle in the midfield there from round about 12th, 13th position down to very nearly 20th. Or battling all the way through, isn't there? And uh, not... Uh, the uh, new fastest lap of the race on the previous lap by our race leader Spencer Papelli to uh, regain that advantage. 2.9 seconds now from first to second. Stephen McAleer into second place and Spencer Papelli getting the hammer down and edging away just a little bit. Uh, so Tyler McCrory hanging right there in third oh. place. Carl Marcelli also right behind him. Brynn Jolfsson coming round the outside of not one but two. Mercedes-Benz Hugh Plum might hang on to the position and in fact Damien Faulkner squares off the Second part of the first corner and just about squeezes back ahead and that might allow Indy Donchi as well to come through. He's now around the outside, the left-hand side of the circuit as they go through the International Horseshoe. The lighter-coloured 57 Mercedes-Benz now side by side with another seven bright fluorescent marker pen yellow of the Alan Brynjolfsson machine and he does have to give way. So now three Mercedes-Benz in 18th, 19th, in 17th, 18th and 19th position. 
Yeah, lockup of, uh, of some tyre smoke, I think, just ahead, but uh, all cars still on the track into the West Horseshoe. It's fascinating to watch Brynjolfsson down the straights coming out of NASCAR 4, where that Mustang is particularly strong in the day-glow livery from Vault Racing. That's run on things like McLarens in the past, but has been uh, transferred to that Mustang, and... Alan Brynjolfsson, I reckon, is going to catch these AMGs again now. They're up onto the banking once more through NASCAR turns one and two. But in the end, it was Doncha who gained the place, as John mentioned. So Hugh Plum, Damien Faulkner and Indy Doncha running nose to tail, cars 46, 33 and 57. And meanwhile, a little bit farther back in the pack, in the uh, TCR class, it is now uh, Lee Carpentier. No, 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 it isn't. It's... Uh, Pierre Klein-Newbing, isn't it, with Dicing uh, along with uh, Carl Whitmer, who leads the class from Pierre Klein-Newbing. Brick Casey Jr. in third place. And in ST, it is the BMW of uh, Devin Jones that leads the way uh, just from Justin Piscitel in the bright orange Porsche Cayman. Austin Sindrick and Ashley Freiberg side-by-side side again for sixth and seventh positions. I think that battle's going to run and run. Actually, Freiberg's best lap of the race in the number 50 Audi. So Ashley up alongside Austin Sindrick that time around. It's fascinating to, fight, to watch the fight, though, for something like 12th position because they all appear across the line together. Three Mercedes and Brynjolfsson in the Mustang. This time, the 57 car of Doncha is behind. So he's leaving just ahead of him. Hugh Plum and Damien Faulkner to dice between them. They're fighting for 16th and 17th positions with Brynjolfsson's Mustang just tucked in behind. So we are into the BMW Endurance Challenge at Daytona, a four-hour event, and uh, we're just over 15 minutes in. 17 minutes has elapsed, three hours and 43 minutes still to go. It's Porsche, Porsche, Audi, Ford, Ford, Ford for your top six. 28, 5, 39, 60, 15, and 22. Our uh, ST leader, uh, the Cutler Radio 1, comes across the line now with a uh, pretty handy margin of a couple of seconds or so over Justin Piscitel. Then the big gap back into uh, third place in the class is the, uh, the Mini, car number 37, driven by uh, Nate Nuremberg, just ahead of Jason Rabe in the Porsche Cayman. Uh, in the TCR category... Still Audis holding sway at the moment with Kuno Whitmer in the 74 Compass car. Pierre Kleinerming in the 75 Compass Racing Machine and Brick Casey Jr. in the number 77, another Audi. And guess what? That's a Compass Racing car. The Volkswagen running down in seventh position with all of the Audis ahead of it. Still the Bibber World 81 BMW leading ST, as Jeremy's mentioned from Piscatel and Nate Nornberg. The BMW, Porsche and BMW Mini are your top three. So all of the three manufacturers in the podium spots at the moment in ST in this swan song season for ST. Tyler McQuarrie trying to react to Stephen McAleer pulling away a little bit. He's just put in his best lap of the race, a 156.6. The problem is, Jeremy, the two cars ahead, Stephen McAleer and Spencer Pumpelli, are lapping 
three tenths or so quicker. So even having put his best lap in in that number 39 Audi, Tyler McQuarrie still losing ground to the leading pair. Yeah, he, and uh, Spencer Pompelli running really, really consistent pace at the front of the field. Last few laps of 1 minute 56.2, 56.4, 56.5, 56 56.3. So it's that consistency. But yeah, that's being matched by Stephen McAleer driving a similar car, of course. It's Porsche Cayman GT4 MRs first and second now. Uh, and Tyler McQuarrie, you know, the, all, of, all of the leaders now are running pretty much the same pace. Yeah, that's Tyler's best lap of the race, though. He's got mm -hmm. the gap down to a second now between he and Stephen McAleer. Kyle Marcelli still there in fourth position in the number 60 Ford. And Austin Sindrick and Ashley Freiburg has settled down to a mere seven-tenths of a second now between the Ford and Audi for sixth and seventh. There's quite a gap that's opened up between... Uh, tenth position and the rest I suppose the Mercedes of Alex Prema 11th place and got about a second and a half to try and find as an Audi goes straight on there together with the 99 Aston Martin at the bus stop that was on the exit of the corner though and the 99 uh, Aston Martin bumping over the curbs Aurora Strass has been showing some really good speed actually Aurora with the best middle sector uh, of anybody a short time ago 157.3 the car's best lap as this bunch of Mercedes come through the tri-oval once more. And Brilliant Olsen has just dropped off the back of the scrap between Hugh Plum, Damien Faulkner and Indy Doncha. So Brilliant Olsen losing. I oh, know still ahead of Doncha, beg your pardon. The seven car, which is the Dayglow Mustang in 18th position and trying to still get ahead of all these Mercedes and the 99 Aston Martin. Yeah, it's a huge battle, isn't it, in that middle of the field there. And uh, Rick Parfitt Jr., who started in the fourth position, now slipped back to 13th in that uh, GMG Audi and battling away with his, uh, well, the team principal, actually, Jim, James Sofronis in car number 14. That's the battle now for 12th and 13th. Train of cars, though. Oops. But Brynjolfsson has made a mistake, unless that's yeah, a that's puncture for the Mustang. This is at the West Horseshoe and has to shortcut that corner. So loses time. That must have been a slight mistake. Maybe some contact into the left-hand kink because all four tyres are still inflated. Yeah, something weird there because you're taking a shortcut there. This, uh... I think he'd lost it through the left-hand kink and then yeah. uh, ended up sort of straight-lining the section between, uh, where are we, turn four, if you like, on the infield section up to the West Horseshoe. So just a chance to gather his thoughts again and is right with Indy Doncha once more. So Brynjolfsson falling behind the Dutchman Doncha and almost drawing alongside the 57 Mercedes-AMG. Couldn't quite make that work, though, into the bus stop that time around. And behind now is Paul Holton in the 76 McLaren. So uh, Paul's just gathered up a little bit of time there with a very good sector two on this lap. Uncharacteristic. Now, the top eight cars are really uh, quite a big spread between them. The, really the best battle is, is 4 8th position with number 8 and 82 as they head into turn one. So, Fronas and Parfit switching positions in that all Audi R8 battle. So, Rick Parfit ahead now into 12th position of James Fronas. Aurora Strauss just tucked in behind in the 99 Aston Martin, leading this. Line of three Mercedes, a couple of Mustangs in there as well. 
So the gap's opened up to two and a half seconds for Spencer Pompelli. Oh, but a spin, and that was for Rick Parfit, I think. No, it's just for Safronas, I beg your pardon. So the other Audi, Safronas pirouettes at the International Horseshoe, and everybody behind did such a great job to avoid the spinning R8. Oh, what a shame for one of the GMG racing cars. Uh, it's been a great effort to get this together, Darren Jorgensen. Uh, has been uh, instrumental uh, in that as well. Cameron Lawrence is down in the pit lane and we'll take this continental tyre pit lane report from Andrew Marriott. Yeah, Cameron, what do you think? The car, one of the Audis just spun. Is that your car? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the uh, the TVs right now. I believe it might be the 14 car, um, which is uh, the GMG car with uh, Sophronis. So, um, actually, might have to get ready. Now, you might have to get ready very quickly. You're a very busy boy. Oh, he's, he's been t no, they're saying no, he doesn't have to get in the car. You've been a very busy boy lately. Yeah, definitely. I've been seeing you all over the place uh, at the Roar, and then we went showed up at Dubai, got to see each other there, and we're back here at Daytona. So. And then you're going to Australia. Yeah, Sunday I might have to leave the 24 a bit early to make my flight for, uh, for Bathurst. So, yeah, very excited, very busy, you know, a month and a half, two months. Probably do more racing in these two months and I did all of last year so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Terrific job Cameron and uh, Jim Bell of course down here uh, managing this GMG outfit. Yeah and uh, Cameron one of a number of drivers who are making the trip on Sunday or Monday around to Sydney and then up to Bathurst uh, and one or two of our broadcast team as well as Shea, Johnny and myself all making uh, that trip uh, as part to be part of the seven sports coverage uh, on uh, Australian television and of course the international feed made available to you around the world as well the race control team next door to our left are having a look at that incident with the automatic racing number 99 Aston Martin of Aurora Strauss uh, and the number 14 and it was James Sofranas who got spun around there Johnny and uh, it is it has uh, taken the attention of the ladies and gentlemen just to our left oh. <laughs> racing incident it well, looked like Sofranes was having a battle of his own and left the door open left the door open Aurora yeah. was on the inside saw a, an yeah, opportunity there it's always difficult for the car I mean it's the car behind that has to make a clean pass Jeremy isn't it it, it is indeed and it was on kind of they're already at the apex of the corner and coming off the corner really when the contact was made you're back on the throttle again at that stage so that was uh, kind of a weird place to make a move you'd want to make it under braking if you're going to make a pass right there uh, no action taken that's come through very quickly indeed from next door and uh, thanks to our timing partners Alcamel for putting that up on the screen in front of us as well so we know it was being looked at and now we know that it has been looked at and a decision has been made and the decision is racing incident carry on two seconds at the head of the field then between the 28 Porsche RS1 from Stephen McAleer Spencer Pumpelli then 2.1 seconds good lead he'll want to just control that at the moment 45 minutes the drive time to get you championship points here Tyler McQuarrie settling down to early 57s now Kyle Marcelli the same sort of times Timer Jeski in the 58s last time around, as was Austin Sindrick. Ashley Freiburg quicker than the cars ahead by half a second and more, and is closing in and is now right on the tail of Austin Sindrick as we go down to the pit lane and Shea Adam. Jesse Lazare, the last time that the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge cars were on track for a race, you finished first. 
feel like any momentum has carried over through the offseason here to Daytona. Same team for you. No, absolutely. The moment that momentum has carried forward, and we have our plan. We're going to stick to it, and I, it's a four-hour race. So by the end, I think we're going to have a shot at it. You're going to be doing a lot of driving today. Uh, depending on the yellows and everything, but I'm, I'm confident Corey could do what he has to do, and if I have to do more or less, I'm confident as well. Good luck, Jesse, in the number 69 Motorsports in Action McLaren. Yeah, the McLarens at the moment not having the ultimate pace. Corey Fergus uh, is the... Uh, 23rd car at the moment. The other McLaren, Paul Holton, in the 76 car, a little bit further up the field yeah, in 19th is, position. Which is unusual, isn't it, uh, mm. for, those, for those cars? They're generally running up towards the front, but they're not happy here on the banking at Daytona. They had problems here. They were brand new here. To the first time they ever run on the banking was here last year, actually for the raw test, but there are all sorts of difficulties there because the onboard computers couldn't figure out what was going on when the car was running hmm. you know, at a very strange angle through the, the high-speed banking here. Well, they figured that out for now, but uh, still those McLarens are not happy, not particularly at home yet on the banking. This time around, Spencer Pompelli was able to extend the gap again back to Stephen McAleer. McAleer getting into a rhythm, certainly, and he's able to chip away at times. And then Spencer Pompelli puts in a 156.5, very close to his best lap of the race. And that's opened the gap up once more by six tenths of a second. But Stephen McAleer now comfortably clear of uh, the Macquarie car, which is the best of the Audis. So two Porsches out front, then the 39 Audi of Tyler Macquarie. Kyle Marcelli a further nearly two seconds back from the 39 car. There's another spin for an Audi R8. This time it's oh. the 50 car. And Ashley. this is Ashley Freiberg, Ashley. who had already got past Austin Sindrick yes. on that lap. Just indeed coming into the tri-oval, oh, she got past and then uh, spun it uh, around there. Hopefully, uh, immediately after taking that position. Hopefully that wasn't contact again, but I only caught the back end of the incident. Got another opportunity to describe it to you, and it was contact with the 22 of Austin Sindrick. Yeah. That's what I feared, John. Yeah, just a little bit of a mark on the back bumper. Ashley got round into yep. the outside of turn one, gets the run round the outside, hits the kerb at turn two. Sindrick following her down into the hairpin and then dives to the inside and it's not a smart move. No, well, it looked like a sort of similar incident, didn't it, to yeah. the one we saw just a few oh, moments ago. Oh, that 63's gone around in exactly the same place. David the Mercedes-Benz of, of DXDT team. We've seen those guys running Lamborghinis in the Super Trophy in the past and stepping up to the Continental Sports Car Challenge with the Mercedes-Benz this year, David Askew. So uh, one or two people just being uh, a little bit... Over ambitious, he says, diplomatically, uh, into the braking areas uh, on the infield. Yeah, and Spencer Papelli, our race leader, having to work his way through some TCR cars down there in turn one. Uh, there was some, uh, yeah, that was a bit close yet to uh, try and figure out which way the car wanted to go, but he finally uh, found room on the inside, made that pass, and still uh, a handy lead. Almost now three seconds again, the gap between first and second, and a similar gap back to Tyler McQuarrie in third place. 50 and 22 incident being reviewed by the team next door they'll be hitting the rewind buttons on the digital recorders they'll have more views than even we have been able to see and they will be going through that immediately I'd be surprised if it's the same decision as uh, the earlier incident because uh, that was as a result of some overtaking whereas uh, 
Ashley Freiberg had headed through the corner. But uh, we'll wait and see. The 99 car uh, had a, a grassy moment, the Aston Martin, and Bryn Jolfsson as well did indeed have a slight mistake after the left-hand king, which meant he had to shortcut the West Horseshoe. Yeah, that was some laps ago. And the incidents at the... Hairpin at the International Horseshoe have been are being looked at, but definite contact to the right rear of Ashley Freiberg's number 50 Audi. And 63 car also having that incident there, and that being reviewed as well, leading the TCR category. The 74 Compass Racing Machine. That suggests that the incident involving the 63 may be involved another car then. It wasn't just a straight spin yep. for Mike Askew. David Askew, yeah. Sorry, David Askew. Well, yeah, he was dicing there with Corey Fergus. Uh, they were in a, in a little pack of cars along, I think, with uh, Jeff Mosing as well. We only caught the back end of David Askew's incident. Might get another opportunity to uh, view that and describe it to you. Nevertheless, Stenz Pompelli, kind of oblivious to the various incidents at the International Horseshoe. There's also a car stopped on the approach to the bus stop, I noticed. That's the BMW, I reckon, possibly of Mike Vess, which has ground to a halt partway down the back straight and in the braking oh, yeah. area for the uh, bus stop chicane. You've got cracking eyes, mate. That's a very good pick-up. Very good pick-up indeed. It wasn't a judgment on from naked eye, I have to say. I just caught it uh, as the car's headed through the bus stop and with there only being, I think, one BMW. No, there's a couple of BMWs uh, it's in a the Mustang. race. Is it? Yeah, it's a Mustang and it's a single number. Is that the Mod Space car? Yes. Eight? Yeah. Yes. Patrick Gallagher? Uh, yeah, he's Briefly gone being shown as stopped. Yeah, full eight. course yellow, chaps. Full course yellow after just over half an hour. Now, one of our Continental Tire keys to the race to pit or not to pit. Can't change drivers here, although you could because there'll be opportunities to get your 45 minutes in later on. It's a decent amount of fuel have burned off, Jeremy. Put your team team manager's hat on. Do you pit now or do you not? Well, it depends on, on, your, on your driver lineup. If you've got uh, a, a, an AM driver, if you're a three-driver team and you've got one driver who's not quite as quick perhaps as one of the other ones, now might be a good opportunity either to... Uh, to put him in or, or not but not really take him out yet because if he has started the race he's got to complete the 45 minutes and if it's a, the slowest of your drivers you probably won't don't want to get him to have to get in again later on so uh, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of thinking caps uh, being uh, well utilized along pit lane uh, Andrew Marriott is down in the pit lane with Shea Adam for our Continental Tire pit lane reports Andrew at your part of the pit lane who's getting ready for pits well certainly Winwood Racing are I'm down with them at the moment and they've got their uh, lap boards well their uh, pit boards about to wave them as the cars come roaring towards me so but I don't see too much other activity my end of the pits maybe Shea's got something down her end Crucially down at my end, Andrew, is the reason that the caution is out. That would be the number eight, the Multimatic Motorsports Mustang, driven by uh, Chad McCombie and Patrick Gallagher. Patrick stopped out on the backstretch, as you guys noticed. It's an issue that the team has been dealing with before. They were worried that it was rear its ugly head. As you can imagine, they don't want it broadcast over the airwaves, but uh, it is something that they have dealt with, something they think they know how to fix, but it's not going to be a quick one. They've had various problems through the raw. They had problems uh, with the brakes. They had problems with, uh, with half shafts. Uh, so maybe it's one of those two. Those are the two most prevalent problems they were having 
difficulties with that in a row. I think uh, two or three of the cars each had had uh, problems with one or other, even both of those issues. So uh, certainly some not really teething problems with that GT4 Mustang because it's uh, it you know it's a, been a very successful car now for, from last year. Uh, won several races, had several pole positions, but certainly uh, they uh, they do get through some bits. There's a technical term for you. Uh, the eight Mustang is still in the process of being recovered. This is a real shame for Patrick Gallagher, who's having a good dice in the top 15 before this problem hit. So the marshals, the track workers, they're having a quick chat with Pat, who has stayed on board the car and will assist them. In fact, uh, the tow rope has now been attached to that car, so it should be recovered very swiftly indeed. But we're into the full course yellow now. 17 laps done for Spencer Pompelli. An exemplary drive so far for Spencer, who thought he may be a little busier than he is, in fact, in this race, due to uh, race two separate cars in the same race at the start of the week. That uh, scenario has changed. And what exactly happened to Patrick Gallagher? Trying to power his way out of NASCAR 2, realising that the car not giving him anywhere close to full mm. drive. I'm wondering whether it's a drive shaft coming off uh, off the turn six, perhaps. He's a long way around the banking there, and he finally yeah. pulls it off down the back straight. I mean, a very safe place to be able to uh, retire to, but we yeah. had to go full course yellow to make sure the car can be pulled to the paddock, I suppose. So... I was able to uh, at least be pulled yes. uh, safely, so that's so uh, nothing good seized news. as such. No, quite. Well, three hours and 24 minutes to go. We got some decent running there and an indication of who's likely to be quick through the piece. We've also had a number of talking points as far as contact is concerned, mainly at the International Horseshoe. The odd spin there as well. There was the Alan Brynjolfsson off at the West Horseshoe as well. And I sense that those uh, next door to us in race control have had a fairly busy start to the race. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Johnny Palmer. Some of them appear to have sort of somewhat of an assist. Uh, how much of an assist it has been uh, has been what race control has been looking at. If it's not yeah. much of an assist, then uh, they're not going to do anything about it. It's going to be fairly blatant, I think, for them to, to, uh, to call a penalty. And, uh, and so it should be. You know, the race control here, they've, uh, it's the same race control team has run the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with, uh, with uh, Bo Barfield as a, as a chief steward here for the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. And that consistency, I believe, is really good for the sport. The field then uh, is still under the control of the safety car. They're coming up towards the, uh, the pit lane. And if and there's a few teams uh, pulling over to the inside to make the run onto pit lane, including the top uh, half a dozen cars. Now, Gallagher's Mustang, very, very close indeed now to being, being towed behind the wall. Indeed, it's got there now. And yeah. here is the dive for the pit lane for... The leaders, Spencer Pompelli comes in. Stephen McAleer is in. Macquarie's in. There's a whole load of cars deciding to pit on this lap, John. So let's get down to our Continental Tire pit lane team and we'll start with Shea Adam. There is a slew of cars toward the pit-in area. The 46-team TGM car came in. Q Plum gets out and Owen Trinkler gets in. So we're, that's the only driver change down at this end. The 76 McLaren is also in. Paul Holton staying behind the wheel there. BGB Porsche and one of the Ford Mustangs as well. Andrew, who have you got? Well, I'm just looking down here at GMG of the number 13 car. Uh, Rick Parfit is staying at the wheel. Rick, of course, won this drive 
Uh, phenomenal effort by him. Fuel going in. He's inching the car forward and he's going to find it's very busy down here. Rather more cars came in than I expected, but back to you, Shay, you've got a lot of action. It's been fuel only for the McLaren and for both of the Aston Martins from Automatic Racing. That's the sound of the Ford Mustang, the number 15 going back out. Fuel only for them, but for the Team TGM Mercedes, that's the first one to leave its pit box. Very fuel tight and tires on the pit cheer as the Porsche and the Mustang have come together. There's a bit of bump drafting in the pit lane as they go down the Pit lane, the 28 car, the RS1 car just got out in front of the 15 Mustang. There was almost side-to-side -side contact, but there was certainly rear-to-front contact. That will be getting looked at. The pit lane speed limit is perhaps not quite calibrated exactly the same. Back to Andrew Marriott. Well, that happened right in front of me. I think there was contact, but it was very, very light, I have to tell you. Um, but uh, a bit of action down here. There was, all of a sudden, the pits comes alive at the 92 uh, Quest Racing uh, Mercedes just about a blast away from me with that uh, Alex from that, I believe. So, well, there's a bit of discussion. No, Alex is out of the car, in fact, and uh, I think it's Mark Ramsey is now in it. But I was surprised they took uh, Pramat out of the car then, but maybe they're going to put him in a bit later. Well, Andrew, you know, Alex Premier, of course, uh, massively more experienced. He will be the guy who will finish the race. So now I think uh, it, it makes sense for that team to come onto pit lane now because uh, the uh, co-driver doesn't have nearly, nearly the same amount of experience. Mark Ramsey, he's pretty new to the sport. He's done a couple of seasons in the, uh, the um, EXR series for, for spec cars that runs primarily on the West Coast, and uh, Eric Bashar is one of the principals there, was one of the principals of that series. So I think it makes sense now to put Mark Ramsey in for his stint now and then get uh, Alex Premer back in the car kind of as soon as, he, an early, as early as he can to run to the end of the race. So 18 laps done, still under the first caution of the race, and uh, many, well, in fact all of the cars that have just stopped, now back out again. With Austin Sindrick, it looks like out front because he did not come in. And Ashley Freiberg, second position. Those two cars that got together at the International Horseshoe. Oh, and I, I just heard from uh, Race Control that they want the 28 car to go behind the 15. So they feel that was an unsafe release. It was in front. He got out in front and alongside. But it uh, has been clearly deemed uh, an unsafe release. No further penalty other than for the 28 Porsche and the 15 Mustang to change positions. Very quick work again from the stewards. Yeah, and very quick, therefore, by the Multimatic team because uh, the number 28 car came in the lead of the race, of course. The number 15 Mustang came in in fifth position. So even to be able to get in 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 uh, in into a position to be able to challenge the the ex leading car is pretty impressive so with that uh, on that first lap only the uh, gs cars were eligible to come onto pit lane now next time around all the uh, the tcr and st cars can make their pit stops and that they are doing the only cars that didn't make a pit stop at the front of the field uh, on that first run were the uh, Austin Sindrick in car number 22, Ashley Freiberg in car number 50, Corey Fergus in car number 76, who was running, excuse me, car number 69, who was running back in the 21st position before that round of pit stops. He did not come onto pit lane. Neither did Mike Vess, the early spinner in car number 72, and Ted Giovannis in number four. So the top five cars 
did not make a pit stop. Of everybody else, Stephen McAleer in uh, car number five, who had come into the pits in second place, uh, now resumes in six overall. The first of those who have pitted, a great stop also by James Clay and the Bimmer World team in car number 82 to come out ahead of the number 15 of Ty Majeski. So it must have been a slow pit stop for car number 28, with apparently with uh, Dylan uh, McAvern having taken over from Spencer Pampelli. Share Adam. A bit of chaos down here, John, in the pit lane for Marilla Racing. They brought their ST and TCR car in at the same time, but the ST car hit its box first. It was perfectly on its marks. When the TCR car came to come into its box, it overshot it. The crew put it up on the air jacks and started taking off the right side tires before they realized they wouldn't be able to do the fuel while the tires was going on. So they had to refasten the right side tires, drop the car off the air jack, roll it backwards. Well, then when the ST car was ready to leave, it couldn't because the TCR car was blocking it in. There were driver changes down for Compass Racing. I think it was all three of their cars have new pilots aboard, but you'll have to tell me once they cross the pit exit line. The TCR car from Marilla Racing, the number 53, is still in the pit lane. And the irony, Justin Piscatel's name is on both of those two orange cars. So, Stephen McAleer, James Clay, Ty Majeski, possibly in the best places here because they are the cars, the first cars in the order that have got a pit stop under their belts. Austin Sindrick, Austin Sindrick and uh, Ashley Freiberg deciding not to make a stop in this first full, full course yellow. But the TCRs now heading back out onto track after their first stops of the race. And it's been a tremendous dice to watch, mainly for second place in the TCRs. But the Audi RS3 seems like the car to have, with the Golf struggling to match the pace of that uh, front-wheel drive Audi with the boot, with the trunk. So the safety car now at the bus stop. We're still under caution. Here is Shea Adam from the pits. Down here with Eric Fosser, 2017 ST champion. Eric, you said before the green flag you were feeling a little bit nervous, but now that the green is out, that Jeff is out there doing his thing, you feeling better about the 56 Mercedes chances? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was nervous. It's just been a long month here in terms of we got the car really late. Uh, we have very little test time in it coming into the race, and uh, so it's a big unknown for us right now. Um, Jeff is doing a phenomenal job. He moved up a bunch of positions. His pace is really strong with the uh, fastest Mercedes out there right now. And uh, we just, we've been here before, we've done this, a lot of teams haven't, so we're hoping our experience on pit stops and strategy uh, gets us a little further up front. When the Marilla Racing Car came in, you guys did fuel and tires for Jeff. You think that's going to be an advantage because there were a lot of people who didn't do tires? You know, uh, we've just kind of been in the habit of doing tires every time we do a stop here, and uh, we've got some newer guys on the crew, so we're trying to get them some experience so we can be a little better toward the end of the race. And, uh, yeah, we got to give them everything we can here because it's going to be a tough one. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. And a couple of cars stopping late, Jeremy. Yes, including Ashley Freiberg uh, and Austin Sindrick, so the two uh, leaders. Uh, so now only three cars have not yet made a pit stop. It'll be Corey Fergus who will lead the race in the MIA McLaren at the reside, ahead of Mike Vest and, Te and Ted Giovannis, who uh, may well, he's still not quite reached the 45 minutes. Let's go down to Andrew, who's at the Ashley Freiberg pit stop. Yeah, Ashley Freiburn is helping push the car backwards. They didn't quite stop in their box. And uh, she is uh, now belting in her co-driver. We've got fuel, we've got tyres, we've got uh, a driver change down here at the 50. And, uh, well, looking pretty good for the two girls in this uh, car. But uh, now, still from problems, actually, uh, belting her in. But now it's all done and the car will be leaving in just a moment. 
That was the sound of the 22 Mustang leaving. It is no longer Austin Cindric behind the wheel. It is now Chase Briscoe, a guy who's used to driving and turning left, but he's going to have a new experience through the infield. Austin got out. He will be getting back in a little bit later on, a guy who's driving not only in this race today, the four-hour, but the 24 tomorrow. Certainly curious to know why uh, Brad Kettler will elect, elect to uh, bring in Ashley Freiberg one lap after everybody else, because that means that Ashley will take the restart right at the back of the pack uh, instead of running, uh, you know, in the in the top what six well, or seven as she was beforehand. Yes, and they're doing the class split now, so they're pulling the the GS cars all the way to the front and splitting them through. Yeah, the, the so really she was split to be made. Well, so. but she won't be able to do that, so she'll even be behind the TCR cars and well, the STs, I think. That's true. Uh, and if you're wondering, if, you, if you're not a regular fan, you'd have seen and one car. It was the number 31 the was, was, went past the safety car and is now working his way around to the back of the field. He's coming up towards the tri-oval now. The reason he was able to do that was because uh, under, under the safety car, he was behind between the safety car and his class leader. Therefore, he had not been lapped by the leader in the TCR category. And therefore, in order... Uh, that he isn't disadvantaged purely by the timing of the, of the safety car, which is what happens. He is able to, to go past the safety car and run around and rejoin at the back of the pack. So he'll still be in the same position in the class. It's just that he won't be all but a lap down, as would otherwise be the case. That's a great uh, pass-around rule that's made an institute a couple of years ago by IMSA. I think it's great because oftentimes in the past, just the timing of course periods was disadvantaged somebody in the lesser classes. This new rule relatively new rule means that is not the case remember the 28 and the 15 have been asked to swap around and i think there was just a little brush johnny i don't know whether it was move. contact but actually the 15 was forced onto the grass ty majeski had little choice but to drop the two right wheels of the mustang onto the green stuff the safety car is in then and we're back to racing now with a couple more cars peeling off to do pit stops under green effectively with three hours and 12 minutes to go we're back underway with the bmw endurance challenge here at Daytona with Corey Fergus leading the way by 0.2 of a second from James Clay. But remember, Corey hasn't yet made a pit stop. And the reason these two cars are coming in now at the green flag is because the 45 minutes has elapsed. Therefore, Mike Vess, his driving can be done. Ted Giovannis, who's getting out of the number four car, he has done for the day. He's completed his 45-minute stint, and now he can hand over to, in his case, I think it'll be Owen Trinkler who will climb aboard the, uh, or, or probably Guy Cosmo, excuse me, in the number four car. And Guy, even though now he will be right at the back of the field with a lot of ground to, met, to be made up, as are the other two that pitted last time around, by the way, number 22 and number 50, at least if there is another full course caution, he will be able to pack up with the rest of the field and resume the race from there. But he will certainly need another full course caution to get right back in the picture in terms of challenging for the win. But that is why the different strategy calls have been made. Just getting some news from Race Control about Kieran O'Rourke's number 10 TCR Audi. That's going to have to do a drive-through penalty because of the accelerator being used in the pit lane whilst the car was on jack stands. And you get done here if the uh, wheels on the race car rotate. So 10's going to have to do a drive-through. There's also a penalty for car 11 after some work was done uh, working from behind the wall. And that's considered to be working on the car. So there's going to be a drive-through for car 11 as well. Car 11 is another Audi from TCR, the RS Works Racing entry. 
Yeah, that's the, the interesting thing about that team, well, one of the most interesting things about that team is there's the, the oldest uh, age driver split in the field with uh, in that uh, number uh, 11. 11 car. Don Istuk is uh, 66 years of age and JT Kupal is 17. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. Both learning from each other, I'm sure, in, in lots of different uh, areas. Now, Corey Fergus has dropped down to third position because James Clay's BMW now leads the motor race by 0.2 of a second from Stephen McAleer, who was on a real charge in the first phase of the race as well before we went caution. So the number five Porsche now has the advantage over former race leader Spencer Pompelli. So where in the mixture is... Spencer's car now. Is he, did we have a driver change in that machine? Yes, we did. It was Dylan McAvern, wasn't yeah. it, who taking charge of the 28 car, and the 28 slipped to fifth position with all that happened with that uh, instruction from race control for the 15 to switch around with the 28 after an unsafe release, effectively, for the 28 Porsche. So Ty Majeski is in fourth position behind Corey Fergus and behind the battle for the lead of the race, James Clay versus Stephen McAleer. So the 28 Porsche, still very close indeed to get involved in the top three. Just 1.3 seconds separating McAvern from Majeski. And Corey Fergus owing us a pit stop, effectively. Everybody else around him pitted on the 19th lap, their mm. first opportunity to pit under caution. That's right. So we're just over 45, 50 minutes into the race, John. Yeah, and uh, uh, you may have said this if you have, I apologise, but a penalty for the 10 car. Uh, this is a pit lane violation. Drive through, uh, spinning the wheels whilst the car was off the ground. Okay, thank you. Just uh, coming back in in the middle yep. of that. Uh, top TCR car is now the 77. That's Britt Casey Jr. who stayed aboard that car after the pit stop. The Compass Racing Machine takes over from the sister car. Now with Rodrigo Sales behind the wheel. He's taken over the 74. That was the early leader. Fastnacht in third place in the 53. 22nd new position overall for the TCR leader. New race leader is Stephen McAleer has just drafted past James Clay to take the lead of the race and they've also now both gone past the number 50 car which has now gone a lap down. Ashley Freiburg still shown at the wheel of that car and uh, with the time of that pit stop uh, unable, unable to get even close to catch up the pack she has now been lapped by the field so that's uh, particularly for someone of, of uh, Brad Kettler's experience I'm really amazed that they brought her in uh, on that lap rather than you either make the decision to pit uh, you know, with everybody else or else after everybody else is long gone but this way it's really not worked out in that team's favour so uh, now a lap down it's going to be very very difficult to come back from there but we've got a new race leader that is Stephen McAleer the uh, New York based Scot Scotsman aboard car number five and that is the body motion racing Porsche Cayman GT4 MR. Yeah, that's been a great run through the field. Certainly had the pace earlier on, yeah. didn't he, gentlemen? As he fought his way up into second and now takes the lead from James Clay in that 82 BMW. That's uh, brand new for 2018 competition here in Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. BMW M4 GT4. Tyler Cook and James Clay piloting that 82 car and he's going to have to look behind him because Ty Majeski's not that far back only 7 tenths of a second and lapping at roughly the same speed but it's the Porsche number 28 the car that came into that pit stop cycle in the lead that is in fourth position and a 156.2 last time around 
for the RS1 machine. Fourth position at the moment, but only half a second behind Majeski. Leaders back into the tri-oval to put 24 laps into the book then, and McAleer leading the way from James Clay and Dylan McAvern, who's brought that 28 car up from fifth to now third position. The problem is they're also trying to get by. Ashley Freiberg is a bit sideways into turn one. Bear in mind, she is a lap down, but we know the car's got great speed, and the problem is uh, getting past her and making sure you don't lose ground on the leaders for Ty Majeski and for Rick Parfit, who gains the place on Majeski in the braking area. Oh, and there's a little bit of a rub there. Didn't actually get out. Andrew said she he, she was pushing the car, so presumably that's uh, her teammate in at the moment. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe go to your desk, yeah. I guess yeah, so, because yeah. she's doesn't seem to be on the same pace as Ashley does she just uh, my scoring here shows that uh, it is still Ashley but uh, uh, what a good job Rick Parfit Jr. has done since this restart he struggled a little bit in the early stages but as, as a result of the pit stops he vaulted from 10th uh, place up to uh, where is he now he was uh, six at the restart now up one place from there so really good job that Rick Parfit is doing yeah lost Under a bit pressure. of Sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, he lost a few places early on, mm. didn't he? Started fourth, dropped a tenth, now back I mean, up to fifth again. Well, side by side, through the banking, it's very tight indeed. Parfit high, Majeski's low, and if they stay in that sort of track position, Majeski should have the advantage into the bus stop on this lap. Well, he fell down as far as 13th, he did, Parfit, so he's done a really, really oh, good job to get Rick's back up Rick's gone here. all the way around the outside and done Majeski on the brakes, yeah. and that's a new fourth place, and that's Rick Parfit in the 13 car. That's a really nice job. Uh, a word for Owen Trinkler as well, who got into the 4060 GM racing car, the Mercedes, now in eighth position for Owen Trinkler. Now, when the guys did those early stops, yep. 45 minutes hadn't elapsed. Correct. Yeah, so anybody who stopped on lap 19, their first driver, if they got out, did not get 45 minutes. Is that, is that, am I right in that? You Sorry, are. I, I was slightly distracted. Yeah, the only the two who have done their 40, 45 minutes are number 72, Mike Vess, and number four, uh, very significantly, potentially, Ted Giovannis. But uh, Guy Cosmo has taken over the wheel number four car. He's still on the lead lap. He's way at the tail of it, so he does need another yellow to get back into contention. But at least they've done the driver changes. He can go to the end from here. It's just uh, remember there are three classes and Brick Casey Jr. leads TCR for Compass the 77 car in 22nd place from the 53 Audi in second but there's a couple of GS cars between them as far as ST is concerned the BMW had been leading that and has dropped to second because it's now the 21 of Jason Raab who's ahead of Devon Jones neither of those two ST cars stopped in the yellow flag period. Justin Piscatel third position, but has made the stop. But he's four seconds back from those two leaders. 21 from 81 with just a tenth of a second behind them. Having a heck of a scrap around the circuit here at Daytona International Speedway. RS2, IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Live from trackside at the Daytona International Speedway. And don't forget, we're on 107.9 and scanner frequency 454 around the circuit. If you're listening on the PA at the moment and you've got uh, a suitable device, you need to move on. Or you go back to your car for something, don't forget to tune us in on 107.9 or you've scanner to 454 
0.000 and thanks very much to racing radios for sorting out 454 uh, we had a catastrophic failure on our vintage transmitter earlier on uh, it wasn't wasn't quite a valve transmitter but i think it was only one iteration beyond that and finally it's given up the ghost and thanks to uh, racing radios for getting us back on the air on 454 for us here jeremy shaw and johnny palmer are with me as we're just coming down to an hour completed and Shea Adam has a McLaren driving past her. The number 69 McLaren, the motorsports and action car of uh, Jesse Lazare, who we heard from a bit earlier. Corey Fergus behind the wheel. He is not giving up his position though. New tires and a lot of fuel for this McLaren. They did not come in during the uh, caution, so now they come in to do their pit stop. They are timing to the end of the race. Have a very good uh, race strategy or so they feel, and they're sticking to it. And remember, this is the team that last year screwed up the uh, wave around procedure a couple times. It cost them a chance at a race win. Well, they finally figured it out by the end of the season. They were the last team to win in 2017. Yeah, I got Spencer from Pelly taking a bit of a well-earned rest. Well, he came in a bit earlier than you expected, Spencer. Yeah, I just timed out uh, with the caution. It worked that way. but. Uh, you know what's nice about not being in the car is you get to watch this awesome action, watching Dylan make an outside pass uh, through the kink, which proves it can be done despite what some people said after the 2014 uh, Daytona 24. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing great now, and uh, you know, I'll probably get back. I'll have to get back in. I hadn't done the minimum time, and we're on pace. We're on schedule where we want to be, and uh, yeah, things are going well so far. So this obviously uh, changes your plan a little bit. Uh, will you, you'll obviously get back in the car in a while. Yeah, I mean, we really didn't have a plan. Uh, you know, <laughs> he plans to win. Well, the plan is to win, yeah, but uh, I mean, we really have a fluid strategy. It depends on how the cautions fall, if the cautions fall. And so we got uh, plan A, B, C, and D. And with that caution coming out just shy of the uh, kind of our, our first pit window, we had to make a decision. So um, we're just following the, you know, the flow of the race and uh, yeah, definitely be getting back in because I got to do my minimum time. But uh, it's fun here watching Dylan. He's awesome. Lost a bit of time on the pit stop. Uh, no, no, we. Uh, when we came out, we were not quite clear that uh, Mustang on pit road and uh, Dylan had to give that spot back. But uh, I think we had a pretty good stop and I think uh, the guys did a good job. And we're right back in the swing of last year, you know, championship team. So they're ready to go. Finally, he'll be back in the car. Yes, he has to be back in the car, as he said. A uh, couple yeah. of our Continental Tire keys to the race being mentioned by Spencer Pumpelli there. Um, to pit or not to pit and be prepared to change the plan uh, they did pit and they did change their plan and they're going to have to go to plan F I think now <laughs> all the way uh, down they get, had to give up their track position though as we've yeah. got battling Mustangs heading into the braking area on the far side of the circuit from us through the kink and down into the dog leg in, down into the west hair, ooh, west horseshoe it's the number 80 and the number 60 that's uh, Martin Barkey and Nate Stacey battling for 6th and 7th position. And behind them, they've got Tyler McQuarrie, uh, Owen Trinkler, who's just lost that position to Tyler McQuarrie. Then Paul Holton, Aurora uh, Strauss, James Sofranas. Um, did we get, because I was distracted and, and dealing with other things, did we get a decision about the uh, Ashley Freiburg contact, no. Johnny? No, so, had, had nothing either way, right. in fact. So okay. yeah. It wasn't a no further action. It wasn't uh, some kind of penalty. We're waiting for a decision on that. Two Porsches out front now. Stephen McAleer, Dylan McAvern. McAvern finally wriggling free mm -hmm. of James Clay. And he's actually a decent margin ahead now of mm. that BMW. So McAvern with the head down trying to reel in Porsche number five. That's right. So that car now back up into second place. And uh, Spencer was... Yeah. 
he, the car did lose some ground in the pit stop, primarily because they changed drivers and most of the other guys around them didn't. But the fact is that uh, he took the restart in the fifth position, did Dylan McAvern, and now has gone himself back up into second place uh, and currently about uh, three seconds behind the leader. We'll see if he can whittle that down. Audi side by side. Are we putting Gossier Dest in that uh, 50 yes, car now? Absolutely. Right, yes, absolutely. So on the pit wall. Gossier on the down. outside. And a lap down. Indeed, yeah. but uh, still causing one or two issues for the top five or six because they're now bunching up behind the 50 car. And the next car by was Rick Parfit, who was side by side with the Polish driver that time around. Rick Parfit has now got ahead of the 50, though. But there's a gaggle of four cars caught up behind that car that's been lapped. Ty Majeski was also delayed in the 15 Ford Mustang, but he's got ahead and can start to reel in maybe James Clay in the BMW. So through the left-hand kink goes this train of cars. The 50, remember, not on the lead lap, but tucked in behind is the... That's the Martin Barkey uh, Ford Mustang, number 80. And also in that gaggle is Nate Stacey's Ford, Tyler McQuarrie's Audi R8, number 39, and Owen Trinkler in the 46 Mercedes. Side by side, up on top of the banking as well. Again, rather, for the Audi Tire Centre-sponsored number 50 R8. And the R8 so much stronger on the banking, on the straights, effectively, mm. than the Mustang. Here comes the other R8 then, tucked in behind. That's uh, Tyler McQuarrie and should be able to pick off the 80 car of Martin Barkey very easily indeed. He is, isn't he? Heading towards the uh, bus stop now on the inside line for that Audi moves back up one position. So up into now seventh place. That will be for car number 39. That was a car that was running in second place early in this race. And he now will want to make short work of, is that Togosha Rodesta ahead of her now? I yes. think it is. As the leaders come past us to complete lap 29. Top two cars well ahead of the rest. But Majeski is... Uh, certainly getting very close to James Clay now. So Majeski's Ford looks pretty good on the straights and up on the high banks. So Majeski uh, only four tenths of a second off the back of James Clay's Bimmer World Racing BMW. They are nose to tail heading down that short straight towards the International Horseshoe and maybe even going for a move here for third position. Majeski, he's not quite close enough. No, he is. They're side by side off that first right-hand horseshoe. But through the gears, the BMW looked relatively strong there. Totally together, heading to the left-hand kink then. And right over to the right-hand side of the road, as you would expect for James Clay, defending into the West Horseshoe. But Ty Majeski, not to be denied, is going to try the overtake around the outside of the West Horseshoe. They are totally together, coming off that section of track. And Majeski surely will have him on the brakes into the left-hand. They're up onto the high banks. The Ford Mustang is through. That's an oval move, isn't it, by uh, the youngster there. Great move by uh, Ty Majeski there. Basically, no road race experience coming into this weekend. That was a tremendous move. Nice job by uh, Harry Palmer alongside us here. Johnny Palmer alongside us here. As uh, he called that through the binoculars. It's the old school the way. The old school way. When you can see the whole track, a, why not do it? A, a problem for James Clay on that lap. He lost uh, three or four seconds. Uh, he's still in third place, but now he's got... To, well, he, he just lost that to Ty Majeski, as we just uh, heard. But uh, he lost a lot of ground to Dylan McAvern, who was able to pull away quite, quite substantially. And the last couple of laps, McAvern has reduced the deficit to the leader from 3.4 seconds to 2.8. Last time around, it was 1.9. They're coming now off 
the banking toward the tri-oval and it's a lot less than 1.9 seconds, the gap between Steve McAleer and the defending series champion Dylan McAvern. Down the back straight, BMW of James Clay looked pretty strong yes, here. So uh, it, he nearly caught Tymajewski and again through the tri-oval, that Beamer is getting very close indeed under the braking. This is the battle, remember, for third and fourth positions. Tymajewski in the Mustang, James Clay in the BMW and two Porsches remain out front. The gap is 1.2 seconds between McAleer and McAvern. And this is the start of lap 31. So it's Jeremy Shaw, Johnny Palmer and me, John Hindoff in the IMSA radio booth. Nice to have your company this doing afternoon. Doing a good job here in this race. There's Aurora Strauss in car number 99, the Aston Martin. I mean, she hadn't driven the car before this weekend. She certainly didn't start last year in the ST class, but moving up to the more powerful Aston Martin appears to be working in her favour because she uh, qualified... Uh, some way down the pack, where did she qualify? She qualified in 20th place, now running in 11th and with a pack of very, very strong drivers. So yeah. hats off to Aurora Strauss in car number 99, the youngster from upstate New York. Yeah, just a couple of tenths behind Paul Halton in that 76 McLaren, the best of the Maccas. Best of the Mercs, Owen Trinkler in ninth position. Best of the Audis, Tyler McQuarrie in fifth position. Best BMW in fourth is James Clear, the 82. Best Ford, Timer Jeski in third, and best Porsche, Stephen McAleer, leading the race. But only just. It's not 1.2 no, seconds no, anymore, not. let me tell you that. They're coming through NASCAR turns three and four. Some traffic to deal with as well, including the TCR Golf that both Porsches now pass. But McAvern on a charge here, trying to catch the turquoise and white Porsche, and the former race leading Porsche that time in the hands of Spencer Pompelli, very close indeed to maybe do an overtake. Onto the brakes they go together, the two Caymans. Gap closes again. It's down to just two car lengths now. And that was the best sector three of McAvern's race and indeed of Pompelli's race. So the car's best sector three time. Nothing between the two Caymans, this time into the International Horseshoe. Almost the front wheels of McAvern overlapping with the rears of Stephen McAleer. He's going to have to be very clever into the left-hand kink on the infield. And I'm sure we're going to see a James Clay-type approach as they head into the West Horseshoe to defend into that right-hander. Another tr uh, car up ahead. That's a Mercedes that they're going to have to negotiate relatively shortly. Also a GS car, but about to go a lap down as McAvern has another look at Stephen McAleer. They bang down the gears into that left-hander, and there is some overlap this time. McAvern trying the outside line. He should get good straight-line speed now up onto the high banks. McAleer just balks his line very slightly, as he's entitled to do. And they are nose-to-tail now. Absolutely no asphalt visible between the onboard shot of uh, McAvern's car and the rear of McAleer's machine. Yeah, and these two are leaving the uh, Ford of Timer Jeski far behind. The gap out to 10 seconds now between wow. second and third. Stephen McAleer, though, again, his consistency. 57, 1 minute 57.41, 1 minute 57.47, 1 minute 57.42. The last three laps, all within five hundredths of a second of each other. So as that lead battle is on the high banks of turns three and four, let's head down to the pit lane and take this Continental Tire report from Shea Adam. For Tom Long, it's a different manufacturer on your chest, but it's the same co-driver, Britt Casey Jr. You ran with him to success last year. 
What is it that drew you in to a full season with Audi? Well, it's certainly uh, a lot of factors, but uh, the most important being that uh, Compass is such a great team, and uh, we're very lucky to have Trump on board with uh, with our teammate Britt Casey Jr. and he's just such a such a talented kid, and uh, it's been fun being able to mentor him over the years, and the opportunity was uh, was presented to uh, to be able to co-drive with him for the season, and uh, you know, yeah, there is no Mazda in the. Uh, the field this year, but uh, we're just focused on uh, putting together a championship effort, and uh, so far so good. You know, Britt's leading the race, and uh, we're really excited for uh, Trump Compass uh, Audi. You're just sitting here calm, watching what's going on. How long of the race is he going to drive before he gives you a shot at it? I don't know. It depends how much fun he's having. I'd say right now he's probably having a lot of fun, so uh, he's going to stay in for at least probably half, and uh, when the when the strategy and the situation's right, we'll go ahead and make the uh, the switch. But um, you know, I think one of the one of the benefits to our pairing is uh, the pace is pretty similar, so we don't um, so we don't necessarily have a downside. So we can kind of we're interchangeable, and that's um, that's definitely a strength for our program. Good luck in the 77. Thank you. Good to see you. Couldn't be much closer with the two Caymans. <laughs> They're battling with Guy Cosmo, who's about to go a lap down, but McAvern is a nose ahead. If the race ended now, then McAvern would take it, but under braking, Stephen McAleer is able to carry more speed into the bus stop. He just about gets it stopped. And surely the most frustrating thing for these two Porsche drivers is they can't get by Guy Cosmo. No, well, they, they were actually past him as they came past the foot start One finish of them was, line. Yeah. One of them was, yeah, nosing ahead. But Guy Cosmo fought back. He knows if he can stay on the lead lap, he's at least got a shot to win the race. If he goes a lap down, then it's going to be very, very difficult, particularly given the pace of these two Porsche Cayman GT4 MRs. They look really, really fast. This could also be pretty tricky coming, straight. coming down off the banking because they've got one of the little mini JCW cars that also lap as the Mercedes of Guy Cosmo goes high. Fact that, no, that's the Porsche of McAleer, the race leader, who is by the Mercedes of the Mini, and then the Mini gets swamped with the Mercedes one side and the Porsche of McAvern the other. McAvern just now ahead of Guy Cosmo, should be able to clear him under brakes into the International Horseshoe and does so. And that was important for McAvern to not get caught up behind Guy Cosmo. He's just allowed Stephen McAleer to edge away to the tune of maybe five tenths or three quarters of a second the Porsche Caymans will be back together very swiftly indeed it looks like McAvern can carry a bit more speed on the infield than the number five Porsche but McAleer can more than live with McAvern's pace up on the high banks I'm watching Aurora Strauss again. I'm seriously impressed because uh, she's now, I, I talked to her a couple of laps ago, she was 11th. She's now moved that Aston Martin car number 99 up into eighth place. Uh, and she's diced in there with Paul Holton, who's a multiple uh, time pole winner in this is in this series and race winner as well in the uh, Compass Racing McLaren. And boy, she is absolutely flying in car number 99. Great effort, as you say, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll watch with interest to see how high Aurora can get in that pretty Aston Martin, the 99 car, uh, down towards the bus stop come the Porsches then. As I say, the gaps opened up a little bit for Stephen McAleer, and he went very, very close to the wall at, through NASCAR Turn 2, not needing to defend immediately from the RS1 Cayman. Dylan McAvern must be a tad frustrated to have worked incredibly hard to reel in Stephen McAleer. He's got to do it all again now. And McAleer has certainly gapped the red and black and silver Porsche, and that could be crucial as they head to the faster stuff now. Back to the tri-oval, 34 laps now completed by Stephen McAleer. 
and the gap was three tenths of a second it's opened up to nine tenths of a second as the 59 ford mustang goes below the double yellow line there onto the apron to dart by car 14 the audi driven by J uh, james Safronas. andrew marriott uh, down in the leaders pits Indeed, and Joe Robillard has got his crash helmet on. He's getting himself pumped up. He's actually pumping his fists together uh, before he gets into the car, which we expect to happen in the next minute or so. But jumping up and down, actually waving his hands around, twitching his fingers. He's well wound up. But of course, he's got a big job to do now to take over this lead car. Leader is just heading to through the right hand. Uh, right-hander at the West Hairpin and the two Porsches very easy to spot as they come back towards us that uh, instantly recognizable Porsche headlight configuration which is the sort of four LED lights in one for both Stephen McAleer and Dylan McAvern. 0.9 of a second was the gap at the start of this lap it's been extended by a further tenth now so one second separate McAleer from McAvern Time Majeski it was who had to dart to the left-hand side and off the banking entirely to get round car 14, the James Safronas-driven Audi, but Time Majeski is still there in third position, but Jeremy makes the point that that car's now 10 seconds adrift of the two leaders. Majeski uh, has company, though, with Tyler McQuarrie not far behind in the best of the Audi's, number 39. Yeah, and not too far behind those. Uh, uh, well, I was talking about uh, Aurora Strauss. She must have made a mistake on that last lap because she lost uh, about three, uh, three uh, seconds and four positions. So she's got a work to do again. Now she's back into 11th place, uh, but uh, she's certainly done a fine job and she's shown she can uh, fight her way through the pack. Leaders at start-finish line to complete lap 35. Yes, they are. 0.9 of a second was the gap at the start of the lap. It's actually closed by a tenth in the end. So McAvern tidied up his lap, which didn't start brilliantly well, and that he lost a tenth through the longest sector of the lap. The middle sector takes just over half a minute. The final sector is the shortest at 23 or 24 seconds. That's the blast from the bus stop chicane round to the stripe, effectively. Uh, meanwhile, side by side for the Martin Barkey driven. Uh, number 80 Mustang, uh, he is trying to get by Owen Trinkler in the 46 Mercedes. Very tight margin indeed. There, yeah. Alan oh. Brynjolfsson once again involved in the number 7 Where? Mustang. Where was that? Down, heading towards the uh, International Horseshoe. Delta over there. Of cars, yeah. Over there, yes. Over yeah. there, yeah. Delta over there and then back <laughs> round over to there. Right. Excellent. <laughs> Tremendous battle there that for uh, from uh, from eighth place on back. We've got uh, Paul Holton in the Mercedes uh, struggling at the hole of Owen Trinkler, Martin Barkey, Aurora Strauss, James Safronis, Jet Roush Jr., and Alan Brynjolfsson all in a big long train and snarling away at each other. So seems to this the race generally has a pattern that the top few cars are able to open up a bit of a gap exception being McAleer and McAvern but then we have this dice just outside the top 10 well this time it's just inside the top 10 which involves probably seven or eight cars and Paul Holton is now at the head of the eighth place fight in that McLaren ahead of Owen Trinkler's Mercedes number 46 Martin Barkey's Ford Mustang number 80 but also involved Aurora Strauss admittedly after a recent mistake but she's trying to gain places again in the 99 Aston we've got uh, James Safronas in the 14 Audi and Jack Rash Jr in the 59 Ford so from pretty much eighth place through to 
14th position. They are nose to tail. 0.4 of a second now, the gap between the two Porsches. So they're heading for the infield once more. McAleer versus McAvern. New third place car as well, Johnny Palmer, as Tyler McQuarrie works yes. his way past Tyler Jeski in that car number 39. So the uh, the uh, uh, car barn motorsports uh, Audi up in, back up into third place. It started in second, it ran third through the opening stint and then having fallen back as far as, what, 12th place. We're actually lower than that, 14th at the restart. Uh, actually lower than that, he was uh, 18th at the restart and now back into third position. So a really good run by Tyler McQuarrie in car number 39, but a long, long way behind the, the front two. Porsches back together now, as if that were ever in doubt, with McAvern able to have a couple of uninterrupted laps. Last time around did a 157 flat, you couldn't get closer to a 157 exactly, and uh, it was 0.3 of a second slower for Stephen McAleer. McAleer deciding the very high line though through NASCAR turns one and two is the best for his turquoise blue and white Porsche. The black and red Cayman in pursuit. Spencer Pompelli we know due back in that car before the flag which is a mere two hours and 41 minutes away Tyler McQuarrie then what can he do about closing that gap of 12 seconds now between him and uh, the two Porsches that lead the race there at uh, NASCAR turns three and four time Majeski, Majeski is still in touch with McQu uh, McQuarrie Point one of a second is the gap then between the Audi and the Ford. James Clay just looking slightly more distant in the BMW. Fifth place for him, two seconds off the back of Majeski. And the Porsches think about overlapping once more into turn one. Can't quite make it happen. McAvern's Porsche though looks stronger on this part of the circuit. The infield through the right and left kink. Daytona's secret corner and then up towards the right-hander at the International Horseshoe. More traffic to deal with, including a TCR Audi and the McLaren from GS through the left-hand kink go the two Caymans then. And Stephen McAleer well over to the right-hand side of the track again to make sure that McAvern isn't able to slither his way up the inside. They leave the West Horseshoe absolutely together. Less than a car length between them now. And we're back to a similar situation we had earlier on. Are we going to get them side by side? Because that wasn't the best run through the left-hander that takes them back onto the main banking here at Daytona for Stephen McAleer and McAvern possibly going to carry a bit more speed once they reach optimum pace. 0.140 of a second was the gap as they through the timing loop at the end of sector one but McAleer and McAvern's pace seems very similar indeed onto the back straight once more there's also now an incident yeah. between the 14 and the 99 cars that is being investigated by race control 99 is the Aurora Strauss Aston Martin and James Safronas driving the number 14 Audi I wonder whether that gives us some indication as to why Aurora Strauss lost those places not too long ago she fell from 8 to 11th position, I believe it was. Porsche's about to come back towards the tri-oval. They're still together. They haven't got by the McLaren yet, but they do manage to lap that Audi from TCR, which crosses the line now. The TCR leader, by the way, Britt Casey Jr. in the 77, leads that TCR class by 3.1 seconds. 
77 leading 53. Here's number 82 BMW, James Clay, making his way onto pit lane out of fifth position. The uh, 53 car, by the way, being driven by Matt Fasnack for Murillo Racing. Fasnack, 3.1 seconds behind. We have mentioned the incident that's under investigation regarding James Safronas and Aurora Strauss. Those cars are currently uh, 11th and 12th places, respectively, and a pit stop for James Clay in the BMW, which was battling away with well, Rick Parfit and... Uh, Tymajewski. Yeah, I know it was a fair little bit ahead of, ahead of yeah, it was about uh, eight seconds ahead of that little pack. Okay. He was fifth, wasn't he? Am I right in saying Correct. that? Correct. Okay. So the 82 car now being displayed on my timing scoring is eighth, but he's come in from fifth position to make this stop. Nearly halfway through the second hour of this four-hour event, the BMW Endurance Challenge at Daytona. No change for the lead of the race, but it's looking like it might be just around the corner between Stephen McAleer and Dylan McAvern. This pit stop then for James Clay. Let's get a report on it down in our Continental Tire pit lane. Yeah, um, I'm now actually at the other end waiting for Stephen McAleer to come in. The uh, team are absolutely poised. I suspect he'll be in in the next minute and then uh, after that we'll uh, get an interview with Stephen McAleer. What a battle he's been having, the young man. So hopefully we can get hold of him, but it might be another minute. Heading towards you now, uh, Andrew, because the uh, teal and white Porsche peels away there. Yeah, I'm here now. Just before the stripe, and that means we have a new leader uh, to commence lap 40. Dylan McAvern couldn't get by the five car on the track, but he does get by because Stephen McAleer is making a stop. Over to Andrew Marriott. Yeah, well, the car is going to come in. I'm actually on the other side of the pit wall, so I've got to lean out here as the car comes straight towards me. The uh, duck green, blue and white car, and the team going to work, and uh, Stephen McAleer climbing out in his crash helmet, matching the colours of the car. He jumps out, and uh, the uh, MED Compass Mobile Health Services back car is uh, there, and uh, looks at a pretty standard print stop here. Fuel going in, of course, right at the front of the car. The uh, fuel guy actually kneeling on the front bonnet, as we say in England, of this uh, Porsche. And Stephen McAleer now bolting in his uh, co-driver. He's finished out the door shuts. As a, of course, there's still the set of uh, Continentals to go on. Uh, obviously, with the uh, five wheel nuts, which are already attached to the wheel, NASCAR style. And the fuel still going and everything else is complete. But a lot of fuel going into this car and still that uh, gas pumps in and that really is the uh, governing factor of these pit stops here and uh, i'm going to go around and by the time all that fuels in i think stephen probably got his crash helmet off okay well looking forward to hearing stephen mcaleer very very shortly he's had uh, an intense stint there to particularly towards the end didn't lead early on that was uh, spencer pumpelli who started to open up a gap for the 28 car the 28 found its way back to the lead now in the hands of dylan McAvern, and of course with a massive lead now over tyler mcquarrie's audi it's 13 and a half seconds mcaleer's porsche yet to rejoin and timer jeski 
will uh, probably resume something like second position in a moment or two, but McAvern is in from the lead as well on the very next lap. And while he comes in, let's hear from the erstwhile leader. He's with Andrew Marriott. Yeah, the Scotsman's down here just taking on a little bit of water. What a battle that was. Two Porsches absolutely wheel to wheel all around the trioval. Yeah, you know, the, the Porsche Cayman GT4 MR is real, real strong here. You know, we don't have the same power as some of the other manufacturers, but we slipped through there real nice. Um, having an amazing battle there with Spencer, trying to catch Spencer in the uh, the other car, and then at the end there, the, his teammate fighting with Dylan. So um, I think we're getting a really good car. We made some setup changes uh, from yesterday, and the car is on rails. Um, I think once you put a set of tires on it, um, you know, we can probably do something real good out there. The one thing I will say is it's a long race, so we just need to keep running the laps right now take care of the car, I wasn't taking any risks, and uh, maybe we'll be on the podium. And will you be back in the car for the end? Yes, I will. They're going to put me in at the end. So, quick glass of water and then right back to it. Young Scotsman making a career out here in America, guys. That's exactly what they've just done with the 28, Andrew. They have put Spencer Pompelli back into the 28. Uh, Dylan McAvern got out. So it is just enough time for Spencer to have a quick sip of water before he's back behind the wheel of that. It was fuel and tires only. And uh, I'm going to try and track down Aurora Strauss for a quick chat. John, I'll let you know when I have her. Yeah, she's just got out of the number 99 car, handed over to uh, Stephen Phillips. And then Al Carter will finish the race in that car number 99. So having made its pit stop, Aurora Strauss doing an excellent first stint, got out of the car. And that car running currently in the 25th position. But there's a lot more pit stops to come over the next few minutes. And uh, Dylan McAvern stayed at the wheel of the 28 car. That looked to be... Fairly quick stop, actually. Not sure whether they did tyres on that 28 Porsche as well. Certainly would have fueled it, but Dylan McAvern stays at the wheel of that car with Spencer Pumpelli expected to take it over for the run to the flag. So Tyler McQuarrie now leads the race. 1.7 seconds ahead of Ty Majeski in the 15 Ford Mustang. So it's car 39 in the grey, black and the day glow uh, body length stripes that leads the way all but slowing is the number 13 Audi R8 so car 13 with a drama here this is one of a couple of GMG racing Audis Rick Parfit Jr. started that 13 car and who is that is still Rick actually at the wheel but it's come to a halt on the back straight and remember earlier on in this race we had a Ford Mustang come to a halt in a very similar position now Rick's done a tremendous job there in parking it behind the concrete wall so I don't think we'll need to go caution necessarily that's to recover shame. that that's a great shame because he was up into with the pit stops uh, under sequence now he was up in the fourth position yeah and the tremendous drive yeah. there for the man from Chertsey, Surrey, UK. Now lives in Nottingham and uh, got this drive after uh, his splendid performance through the course of the 2017 season in the United Kingdom, winning the British GT Championship with Welshman Seb Morris. And uh, after scoring through a points system, if you manage to finish top of uh, your relevant table, you manage to get a drive in this Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, the first race of the year you may be able to get that car restarted reset maybe a, as we call it control alt delete yeah. and get it back to the pits we'll wait and see it might not be curtains yet for the 13 Audi well, hopefully it hasn't run out of fuel because other other cars making pit stops now yes well, that's possibly uh, the reason for the stoppage meanwhile Ty Majeski is, is now quicker than Tyler McQuarrie 
certainly through the first sectors of this lap. 1.8 seconds was the gap at the line. He gained four tenths through sector one and a further three tenths through sector two. I think it's down probably a second now between Macquarie and Majeski. More from our Continental Tire Pit Lane team. GMG in a, in a second with Andrew, but first it's Aurora Strauss with Shadow. Aurora, great job out there in the Aston Martin. Was that the first time that you've driven the car? Was that this weekend? Yes, so I actually have 40 minutes total in the car prior to this race. Uh, first time driving a GT4 car. Figured out for the first time what um, tire slip was a few days ago. Anyway, the car has been completely incredible. It couldn't be easier to drive. Um, you know, I would be remiss without Al and Steve, who have been super nice to me, um, taught me the ropes. And Automatic Racing's done a really good job setting up the car. I thought that the transition into GS would be harder, but I'm lucky enough to have a team to back me that's this good. There was a bit of contact very early on in the stint. Um, no penalty was given. What was it from your point of view, though? Um, from my point of view, it was just a racing incident. Unfortunately, those things happen when you're out there. Um, I, I felt a little bad. You know, I was on the inside. Um, wish there's something I could do differently, but I, I think I would have done the same thing over again if I could. You did a great job out there anyway. Good luck with the rest of the race. Good luck. Thank you so much. Down to Andrew with GMG. Yeah, I'm with Cameron Lawrence again. Any idea why the car stopped, Cameron? Yeah, I think we ran it a little too close on fuel. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a you know new car. We don't really have enough time with it to have uh, you know the best fuel numbers right now. So especially with three cars, we're trying to manage. Uh, but I think we got it restarted. There's a secondary fuel pump that just helps feed from all all the corners of the tank. So I think uh, I think we're gonna limp it back with that, and hopefully we can make it back and put fuel in and keep going. But obviously now we're at a little disadvantage, and we'll have to try to make some time up somewhere later on in the race. Huge disappointment down here. Yeah, I feared that also, might be the case, uh, and that was why I was so surprised when, uh, before the race started, uh, Brad Taylor was talking about making the finish on, on a four-hour race on two pit stops. I thought, boy, that's that's brave. Ambitious, yes, <laughs> about possibly a little bit too ambitious. There's a car coming down off the banking now, though, for a regular pit stop. This yeah. is the 15, the race leader, Ty Majeski, who was actually gaining time on the second-place car. I was misreading the screen for a moment. Majeski showing tremendous speed. And we've also had a pit stop, surely have, for Tyler McQuarrie, yeah, who's he, now dropped away yeah, from the Yeah, he was in last three. time around, that's exactly right, right while uh, we were here from the pit lane. And Shea Adam has that action down in the pits. There is a driver change for the number 15 as Ty Majeski jumps out. And I think that was Cole Custer. Yes, it was, because it's not Scott Maxwell's helmet. He's now installing himself behind the wheel of this Ford GT4 Mustang. Four tires and a lot of fuel going into the back of this car. Driver change still going on. And remember, with these tire changes, it is five lug nuts. Oh, went to close the door, and the driver net had not been put up in place, so the door wouldn't shut. They rectified that. It's still up on that air jack, though. No time lost. Big incident at the bus stop chicane involving three, possibly even four cars, and there's an injured Aston Martin. The tyre is down on the rear left, but also the wheel rim is well out of alignment. I think that car's had contact on the rear axle and the suspension failure, so we, the 13 car was already retired. That ran out of fuel with Rick Parfit at the wheel. The 19 car is the Mercedes, yep. and it was the Mercedes going for a do-or-die manoeuvre and slamming into the side of the invisible glass Aston Martin. That's what's done the damage to the rear left wheel then and the hub and possibly bits of suspension the as well. Dodgy car coming through as well? If it's it not was the wheel. or 57 rather then it may well have Bryce been. Bryce Ward at the wheel of that car who had to get around it the 
light silver. The pits are closed. We're going to go full course caution oh. with two hours and 27 minutes and that, to go. That's, Jeremy, that's, that's going to mess a few strategies well, up. Caliber 46 particularly. Owen Trinkler done an absolutely superb job at the, at the wheel of the uh, number 46 Aston Martin since uh, taking uh, over uh, at the uh, first stop from... Uh, Hugh Plum, uh, and he was actually he's leading the race now, but is yet to make his pit stop. Now the pits are going to be closed. He's going to have to wait for everybody to pack up behind the leader, and then he can make his pit stop. So he will get all the way to the back of the pack. That's a great shame. Uh, he was he's doing an absolutely magnificent job in that uh, Mercedes Benz. Uh, we've heard some of the drivers say they've been struggling with the Mercedes, particularly on straight line speed. Yes, they don't seem to be quite as quick as the other cars, but I have to say that Owen was doing a magnificent job there, and uh, was. Uh, running, you know, it's the same sort of pace as most of the other front runners, but now he's got his back uh, back against the wall. So the 19 car, driven by Ari, and do make sure I get the right pronunciation of Ari's surname. Ari Baylog. Baylog, yes. thank you. Ari Baylog in the 19 car, making somewhat ambitious move there up the inside of the invisible glass Aston Martin it's into. One of, the, one of the principals at Yahoo he was. Uh, Gary, ah, right. Okay. Uh, Ari Baylog and yeah. uh, Aristotle Baylog. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was a bit unfortunate. And uh, this team uh, run by Steve, Stephen Cameron Racing. Steve Cameron, uh, a long time driver, driven in, in this series. He's driven in the uh, in what is now the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, originally from New Zealand, based in Northern California. And uh, the, the team originally, let's have a replay again of what happened. He just, I think he was having some braking difficulties uh, with that car because he locked him up and dived to the inside line to try and sort of straight line the entrance to the bus stop. But unfortunately, the uh, 09 Aston Martin was just there and absolutely nothing that that driver could do. Really unfortunate. But what's interesting to me is that number 19 team originally planned to run a BMW in this championship. They did a bunch of testing with, with the new BMW, were struggling with the brakes braking system on that in the car they wanted to to make a change to the braking system but since this is FIA GT4 every part is homologated on that car you can't change the basic uh, setup of the car or the basic components of the car and uh, because they were struggling they elected to go to the Mercedes yeah money clearly no object to that team they have a BMW and a Mercedes uh, and uh, they were all ready to go here, but uh, it's another uh, problem with the brakes there for Ari Baylog, and uh, off he is out of the race. Um, we've, uh, uh, I'm going to hand to uh, Andrew Marion in a moment or two, but uh, let's hear from Shay Adam, a drama for the TCR Golf in pit road, Shay. The only Volkswagen uh, TCR in the field, it came onto the pit lane when the pits are closed. That's already a big no-no, but then it made it halfway down and couldn't continue. Now there are three crew members pushing it up towards its pit box or toward the break in the wall. It might actually be going behind the wall, Johnny. You can tell better than I, yeah. but uh, it's a penalty avoided if the car goes behind the wall. Well, we'll watch with interest what happens with that VW Golf as we hear from Andrew Marriott with James Sofronas. Certainly am in the Global Motorsports Group uh, pit. James, having a good run there, so just outside the top ten. Yeah, I think we got up to seventh. Um, double stint and tires, so I was working a little harder on the second stint. Um, perfect strategy, great pit stop. The GMG guys did a wonderful job. Uh, everybody's a little over-anxious first race. I got hit a couple times, but luckily... Oh, but they got him in an Audi. I mean, that's what's uh, peace of mind, safety, engineering, and just kept my foot in it and ended up catching the guy that hit me, said bye, said bye after I went by him and put my head down. So I was a little motivation to go after the Aston that has 
a little top end on everybody. So a good run. Do you like this four-hour format? I do. I mean, it allows us to bring in three drivers. We have a customer driver. We have Andrew Davis. So Audi Sport Customer Racing plays right into this four-hour race where I can bring in uh, gentlemen drivers who can experience the Daytona event in this four-hour race. So for me, we'll, we'll do this every year. Did you see your sister car? We feel it might run out of fuel. I wonder if it was limping back. You know, I saw him run wide the kink. Not sure what happened. Uh, so, and then I know Ashley got pushed around a little bit. And it was a lot of banging and bumping. You know, it's four-hour race. You'd think it was a 45-minute sprint. But everyone's anxious. All these new cars, GT4 spec. Yeah, we couldn't be happier in the Audi R8 LMS. Um, the GT4 platform and the, the folks at Audi Sport Customer Racing, the best support in the business. So we're happy to be with them. James, thanks very much. Put together a great effort down here. James Sofronis with Andrew Marriott and let's stay in our continental tyre pit lane with Shay Adam because you're about to get a flood of cars pitting behind the safety car. A slew of GS cars came in. Uh, Hugh Plum took over the 46 from Owen Trinkler, the team TGM Mercedes. Fuel and tyres for that car. We also had the number 22, the Ford Mustang GT4 Multimatic car came in. Fuel and tyres for them as well. Driver change, fuel and tyres for the Murillo Racing Mercedes, I'm going to have to walk up there and get a word with uh, Jeff Mosing because he has jumped out. Eric Foss has gotten in behind the wheel, and the other Aston Martin came in. They had just done their driver change before the caution came out, so they're just doing a little bit of fuel. And we have a TCR car. The number 53, Marilla Racing, has entered the pit lane. Pits are not open for TCR cars yet, so that will have to be a drive-through. Okay, that's a real shame for the orange and black Audi, which is also crawling to a halt. I wonder whether that's a fuel issue as well, and maybe the car couldn't go any further. Certainly wouldn't have been able to do another, a further lap. It doesn't negate the potential penalty. Safety car going very, very slowly here, yeah. Jeremy. We noted that coming off NASCAR 4. But think there's anything necessarily in the regulations that says it has to go a certain speed and what's happening is of course everyone's bunching up behind it which is the kind of purpose of uh, that safety car being out during the full course yellow it might pick up speed once it knows it's got most of the cars in its wake so Spencer Pompelli after 45 laps leads the way ahead of uh, Cole Custer in the 15 Ford Russell Ward did stop that time around in the 33 Mercedes. Gets going now, but that means that James Clay will be up to third position. Fourth place for Nate Stacey and fifth place for Jeff Westfall as we go back to our Continental Tire pit lane. And Shay? Owen Trinkler, you're fresh out of the car. How was it driving with your new team for the first time, Team TGM? Uh, it's great. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, these guys, Joe Vardy and uh, Ted Giovannis, they have worked their butts off the last three weeks to get both these cars ready to show up here. And hey, we can say we're the letter race with the Mercedes AMG. We're the first ones to do that. And uh, I'm just proud of my guys and Hugh. And I'm uh, just happy to be here. Guys doing a great job. See if we can get both cars in the top 10. I don't think we got the car to win today, but we just need to get points and get out and go on to Sebring. Good luck. Thank you so much. Unsurprisingly, uh, Jeremy Shaw, the incident involving the 19-09 cars is under investigation, that being Harry, Harry Baylog and uh, the 09 yes. Aston Martin. Sorry, I was calling it the 99 rather earlier on, but it is the 09 Automatic yeah. Racing and the Invisible Glass sponsored yeah. Aston Martin. Teammate car, second of the two Automatic Racing Aston Martins and uh, 
whoever it was, was, I think it was James Frost saying uh, quite rightly that the Aston Martins are very fleet of foot, let's say. They are quick on the straights, but uh, poor Larry Bolog there, he got himself in a little bit too deep and was unable to, he was on the inside line and uh, you kind of committed to the corner at that stage. You tried to uh, get out of it and lock, locked up the brakes. These, these cars have, uh, I believe, anti-lock brake systems, but uh, clearly maybe, well, I say clearly, perhaps some sort of a mis malfunction there. And I'd say that's ironic because they were complaining of difficulties in the BMW that they were planning originally to run in the championship this season. Uh, so that is uh, most unfortunate in any case for, for both of those teams because the 09 Aston Martin was looking strong as well and uh, Rob Eklund Jr. and uh, Brandon Kidd, the uh, late model ARCA driver, studied mechanical engineering at Syracuse University was supposed to get in that car a little bit later on he's another youngster who's looking at road racing uh, he's a primarily a spot car racer but he was uh, very strong here at the raw test a few weeks ago and uh, he did a managed to do a late deal to get in that car but unfortunately he's not going to get a chance to drive and that's a great shame um, the orange Marilla racing Audi TCR has got going again uh, we know that that car came in though whilst the pits were closed to TCR cars the golf stopped at the end of the pit lane and that ran out of fuel remember well we assume it did it came into pit road a little early and had to be pushed by the team also I noticed back on the apron now is the 13 Audi which was the one that ran out of fuel with Rick Parfit at the wheel so that's the GS Audi which uh, they had hoped to get back to the pits that's been done it'll be filled with fuel and hopefully back into the race shortly yeah and uh, there's two cars in between the safety car and our uh, race leader that's number 72 and number 38 that before we get back to green those two cars will be uh, allowed to cycle past the safety car and then run as fast as they possibly can to uh, catch up as much of the lap before we go back to green uh, and uh, therefore they are still they are effectively on the same lap as the leader but uh, all barges a few car lengths at the moment but they will get that pass around they will be able to uh, once all the pit stops have been completed and we've still got cars on pit lane now so it won't be uh, just yet but they will be able to move past and take up positions at the back of the field so they will still be on the lead lap and uh, Toby Grohovic is at the wheel of number 72 car and uh, it'll be D. Murray at the wheel of the uh, number 38, having taken over from Jimmy Cox. Whether it's David or whether it's Dylan, I'm not quite sure, father or son. I'd imagine it'll probably be Dylan, the youngster, uh, at this stage, and then uh, the veteran David to finish the race, but I don't know that for sure, I must admit. Let's I can't see on our scoring. Let's get a little more from Shay, who's watching formation pit stops for Compass Racing. All three of their TCR cars came into the pit lane. The 75 just leaving now. That's Pierre Kleinebing back behind the wheel from Roy Block. The 77 came in from the lead and left first as well. Tom Long behind the wheel now for Brick Casey Jr. And finally, the 74, which came in with Rodrigo Salas behind the wheel, leaves with Kuno Whitmer. Fuel and four tires for each of those cars. And let's hear from Andrew Marriott, who's managed to find Rick Parfit with news, hopefully good news, on the 13. Yeah, well, Rick is just describing to his engineer uh, the car, the car characteristic there, Rick. Fantastic run from you. Oh, thank you very much. I, 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 I wouldn't say that's fantastic, really, would he? Would I? You know, we ran out of fuel, so. Yeah, that wasn't so good, but that's not your fault. No, I guess not. Um, but um, that was, uh, I have to be honest, one of the toughest stints um, ever because uh, the car at the beginning. I don't know this car very well. I've had very few laps, and I just didn't get enough heat into the tyres. And the result, I got mugged and uh, the car took literally 10-15 laps to, to come on and 
then I was really starting to push. But every time I had the pace on the guy in front, I'd make a move, he'd block or push me wide. And of course, that would let someone else through because you were with a train. It was just an absolute fight all the way. And then uh, things started to even out and I got my head down. And I felt like I was running pretty much on the pace. To be honest, I think uh, the lead guy came past and but I kept him in sight. So altogether, I wouldn't say too bad a stint. I think we were running fourth. So I went out in fourth and I technically was in fourth before uh, fate uh, vomited on our eider down. <laughs> Has this whetted your appetite for racing uh, out here as the British GT champion? Definitely. I have unfinished business now. This is without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, it's an amazing race. The fans are amazing. Um, I've got to say a big thank you to Sunoco and also my teammate in British GT, Seb Morris, because without him, uh, you know, we were a great pairing. I won that and then that enabled me to be here. And GMG have been so welcoming. Darren and Cameron, such a brilliant team. And we got on so, so well. This is, this is a bit tragic because I think we could have been on for a, a really good result. I mean, we were running, running as the head GMG Audi and I don't think anyone expected that. We were the fastest in qualifying GMG Audi. And um, so, oh, so we have GMG. We were second fastest Audi overall. And, you know, I'm an amateur. Technically, I'm a singer from the UK. So yeah. I, I don't think I've done too badly. No, the American fans probably don't know this, uh, Rick, but you've got a long-term condition that affects your stomach, I think. And do you feel okay? I have to be honest, about 45 minutes in, um, it was really hot in the car. And then I was introduced to something that I, I uh, have never actually felt before. This car has air conditioning and, uh, and a drinks bottle. And I tell you what, that was, uh, that was an absolute godsend. And that kind of revitalized me. And then after that, to be honest, I think I drove the best I did. I got really... I was pulling away, I was able to manage my gap. You know, um, one Mustang got by, but I was holding him. You know, we, I just think we're not quite on the pace of the Mustangs here, um, but um, it's a great first effort considering we've had absolutely no testing except for a couple of hours at the Raw. You know, I think that Audi have put on a very good show and this is all teething problems. You know, knowing when the fuel runs out around here is, is just a teething problem. And so the fact is we were running strong and there, are two, there were two Audis in the top five. So um, you've got to think that that's actually very encouraging. Very good, Rick Parfit. Really enjoying his race in America. Yeah, Rick, a top man, um, as Andrew Merrick quite rightly says, suffers from Crohn's disease, which is manageable for most of the time, but can really hit Rick hard. Son of uh, the late Rick Parfit of British band Status Quo, and uh, Rick Parfit Jr., a musician in his own right, as he alluded to there. Fantastic to have him here at Daytona and performing so well too. Spence Pompelli leading the way then behind this uh, safety car, second caution of the race, 47 laps done for Pompelli. And he leads Custer, uh, Cole Custer's Ford, I should say, the 15 machine. James Clay's BMW third, Nate Stacey's Ford, the 60 car is fourth, and then Jeff Westfall and Joey Atterbury in the 59 Ford is sixth. And the, uh, the number four Mercedes that uh had got itself back on the lead lap as a result of this uh, caution period and all of the pit stops, has just taken the opportunity to come onto pit lane top off with fuel. The number 82 and 38 have got the wave around. The number 82 car is now coming in to take on fuel, and that's a smart move because uh, the uh, safety car and the rest of the field has only now come up to turn six, so they've got uh, more than half a lap to go still before they come around. So this is going to give the 82 team opportunity to take on some fuel and still make a full pit stop and still remain on the lead lap number 38 car is meanwhile hustling around and it is indeed dylan murray the wheel of that car and he should be able to catch up to the tail of the field quite comfortably before we go back to green so that number 38 car the bgb motorsports entry based right here in uh, central florida 
is going to have a chance to uh, to go for the win of this race because we've seen how strong the Porsche Caymans are yes. in the early stages. It was dominated, wasn't it, really, by the RS1 team of uh, Spencer Papelli and uh, Dylan McAvern and in the also the uh, Body Motion uh, Porsche with uh, uh, Joe Robillard and, uh, and, Ste and Stephen McAleer. Yes, and the, but the BMWs looked relatively strong across the yep. uh, across the piece. I mean, not at the pace of the Porsches, admittedly, but uh, it's been there or thereabouts in amongst the top five. BMWs and Fords relatively evenly uh, paced and are blown away by the straight line speed of the Audis when they get to the banking. So top Audi at the moment is car 39, fifth in the order. Porsche, Ford, BMW, then couple more Fords with an Audi sandwich between them. The third of the Porsches, Joe Robillard in that uh, number five car is seventh, ahead of Trent Hinman's Ford, number seven. That's going to be interesting to see how uh, whether Trent uh, can make some progress in their former winner of this race. Actually last year, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. I think it was, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BMW back on the move. twice, actually. Which is the 72 BMW. It was started by Mike Vess. That's a three-driver lineup. That green car running once more, and the leaders are just heading now through the fourth corner up on the banking, and the pace car lights are out now. So we're about to go racing once more with the. Uh, cars nose to tail and one or two of them thinking about darting down to the left hand side we're racing once again though and it's a tremendous getaway for that Ford Mustang the red and black car so across the line goes the 28 but who's that on the move it's Nate Stacey who caught everybody else napping and Stacey up to third position darting down into the first corner at the left-hander and down onto the infield Spencer Pompelli in the 28 car leads the way then from uh, Cole Custer's Ford State, uh, Nate Stacey as I say up to third position yeah. then it's the 39 Audi of Jeff Westfall who also got a killer getaway there he, Jeremy he did and uh, James Clay there in the Bimmer World BMW kind of ready to he got mugged there right at that restart uh, he came out to the, to, the, to the flag in third place he came across the line I think in about fifth or sixth so he definitely uh, got caught out there a little bit but uh, it's a big pack as they head now into turn five. Yeah, and uh, this is the stage of the race that I really love. It's a kind of pressing the reset button. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you what's interesting about the race at this stage. We, we saw the number four car come onto pit lane just a few moments ago, under caution, having got the wave around uh, to be back on the lead lap. Uh, I don't think he's, don't, we're not sure whether he's quite caught up to the tail of the field. Yeah, he has actually. So Guy Cosmo now, he's got a full tank of fuel and he's got several more laps worth than everybody else. And why that is significant is there's two, minute, two hours and eight minutes remaining in this race. They can go around about an hour on fuel, yeah. a little bit more. So he's got more fuel than anybody else. Uh, some of the other guys might be, if there isn't any, another full course caution, they might be struggling to get to the end of the race from here on just one more bit stop so there's a lot to be played out in this race it's not all exactly as it would appear at the moment out in front let's where Spencer Papelli runs let's get a quick word with David Murray down in our continental tyre pit lane with Andrew yeah David Murray an old mate of mine raced in the ALMS of course with Johnny Mona well, it been about almost 20 years ago now yeah. David uh, you're having a great deal here because you're racing with your son it's fantastic you know Dylan just took over the controls from Jim Cox and the BGB Porsche and so I'll close it out 
hour and a half to go or something like that, but it's fantastic to watch him run, and we appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that. Now, a lot of people in America know about you now because you run a lot of big track days. Yes, I, uh, we're going here down to Sebring after this, so Tuesday and Wednesday is my first track day of the season. We do nine events a year at Sebring, Road Atlanta, Virginia, uh, Road America, and Daytona here in October at night. Well, you're still enjoying your racing, David. I do. It's the first time I've raced in a year or so, but uh, it's pretty fantastic. And Jim asked me, he said, you want to pull your helmet out of mothballs? And I said, of course. So I'd love to do that. Helmet out of mothballs, folks. It's a little longer than an hour and a half to go in the race. We haven't yet hit half distance, but uh, we're certainly rattling through very swiftly indeed. Two hours and six minutes to go. Spencer Pompelli back at the wheel of the 28 Porsche Cayman. And he's opening up this gap on Cole Custer then in the 15 Ford. 1.1 seconds. The TCR VW Golf is back on pit road. And that's the car that needs some work now with the team. It came to a halt at the end of the pit lane in a very vulnerable position. There's no pit wall as such here heading into turn one. And the line behind the pace, the safety car, had to be very careful to avoid that goal. But the team have got it back now to the area that they can work it on it and uh, frantic work now to certainly change all four wheels off that car. Leaders to the bus stop and Spencer Pompelli continuing where he left off after that opening stint. He admitted to us he hadn't quite done his 45 minutes. That will finish those 45 minutes off the minimum drive time and he is uh, certainly pushing on. Two Ford Mustangs in his wake and the red car using the draft here, driven by Nate Stacey, trying to get past Custer in second position. And it's two by two, in fact, because right behind the two big Fords, Jeff Westphal trying to keep the elbows out in the Audi uh, to keep behind the BMW of James Clay. And Clay's going to try and get up the inside of the Audi, careful not to make contact as they head through turn one. I think that's James Clay picking off the Audi into the first corner. Yes, it is on the infield. So up ahead of that battle, the two Fords stay in the same order. But BMW up to fourth place now. And Jeff Westphal loses a spot. Little gap back to Joey Atterbury in the 59 Ford. That's the Roush Performance and the Kerr Motorsports 59 Mustang. Three Fords, in fact, are together, 6th, 7th and 8th, with Trent Hinman and Martin Barkey there too. Matt Plum in the best of the McLarens is ninth, ahead of Joe Robillard in that Porsche number 5. big cluster of cars over at the West Horseshoe and they're just funneling through now safely but uh, it's a little bit knife-edged stuff this after a restart just allowing each car to find its own um, happy space I suppose that real estate comfort zone and uh, there are one or two side-by-side -side cars there obviously with driver changes during the pit stops so we're in a phase of the race now where cars further down the order might find themselves a bit quicker than those up ahead and some good times coming through now for Cole Custer and for Trent Hinman very quick indeed on the infield section there for the 15 and the 7 cars respectively yeah Cole Custer the uh, 19 year old originally from Ladera Ranch in California lives now in stock car country because he's uh, one of the uh, Roush performance drivers in the uh, Xfinity series uh, he won his first race of the, uh, in, in his uh, 
Infinity Series career at Homestead, the final race of last season, and he's certainly going to be one of the guys to watch in the main NASCAR secondary championship, the Xfinity Series, this season. Now, trying to make his mark in the uh, in road racing and running in a very, very strong second place at the moment. Spencer Mabelli able to edge out just a little bit, but Nate Stacey, another youngster, of course, in car number 60, he, he is... Uh, also just uh, 18 years of age from Owasso in Oklahoma. Exactly uh, known as a hotbed of road racing, but uh, Nate Stacey, he's carved out quite a career for himself in these sort of cars. Let's go down to our Continental Tire pit lane once again, get a word from Andrew Marriott, who uh, has an opportunity to talk to Timer Jeski, a real star from the first half of the race. Wow, you had a great start to the race, didn't you? You were right in there in the middle of the action. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. Uh, this is my first ever road course race. Uh, so it was just completely foreign to me, and uh, just my goal was to just keep the fenders on it, uh, give Cole and Scott a clean car, and uh, we did just that and uh, kept the close to the podium for them. So hopefully uh, those two guys can close this thing off and get us a good finish. What was difficult to adapt to? I understand you find ABS braking a bit alien. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also traction control. It's just a, a whole new world, world for me, and um, uh, thankfully I was able to keep the fenders on it and. Uh, give that uh, Ford Mustang a good run. So uh, this is awesome. Uh, thank you to Ford Performance and Multimatic uh, for giving us Ford development drivers this opportunity. Uh, this has definitely been a blast. Well, in the next few weeks, you're going around in circles again. <laughs> yeah, I get to turn only left. So uh, no, uh, the, the biggest thing for me was just uh, adapting to traffic, um, you know, at the roar and, and in practice. Uh, we didn't get a, whole, a ton of traffic and uh, now I'm racing with guys that are my speed and um, it was just, uh, it, it was cool to go out there and learn from those guys and uh, pick up this pace as I, as I got more track time. Do you think you'll do some more road racing then or are you, you're still sort of heading towards uh, the top echelons of NASCAR? Uh, this is just a development stage for us four development drivers. You know, my path is up through NASCAR, uh, but I'll definitely, you'll definitely be seeing more of me uh, in the IMSA Continental Tire Series. Absolutely great. Well, it's a terrific scheme that Ford have put together. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, really good to hear from Ty Majeski after uh, a really good display. And I'm pleased to hear that there's potentially more road racing in the pipeline for Ty. Yeah, they're going to be, uh, the, these development drivers, Ford development drivers, they're going to be doing uh, all of these races with uh, one or other of, the, of, uh, of, of, of Scott Maxwell uh, and or themselves. They, they can't do, all do all of the races, but uh, some of them can do all of the races. So they're going to be splitting that around and it's a great education for them. And clearly they're loving it as well. Tyler Juski is uh, a little bit older than the, other, than the other guys. He's 23 years of age, but he's a, a really talented young guy as well. He's uh, been applying his trade primarily in late models and then Arca over the last couple of years from Seymour, Wisconsin. And uh, clearly he's another young guy from whom we're going to be hearing a lot in the future. Leader singular really yeah 2.2 seconds now Stenter Pompelli back up onto the banking and just working his way around on the very much high line through NASCAR turn two Cole Custer and Nate Stacey, Stacey only separated by just under half a second in the two Ford Mustangs Jeff Westphal back up to fourth position now having been overtaken by James Clay's BMW not too long ago but the Audi's back in front now Westfall ahead of James Clay, ahead of Trent Hinman, and this is Andrew Marriott with Austin Sindrick. Indeed, yes, yeah, still down with Ford, and Austin, very busy boy this weekend, racing in both events. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm one of the luckiest guys here, without a doubt, obviously, to be part of this Ford development program with, with Multimatic, but then racing JDC prototype and in, in, in WeatherTech. It should be, should be a lot of fun this weekend. I think we got our, our work cut out for us right now in the race here. Just 
had to, I had to do a pit stop without a pit crew and had to come from behind there. And Chase is doing a good job at picking us off through the field. And I'll probably get in for a double at the end and, and see what we can do, pick up some spots. Of course, in the 24-hour race, you're racing against a team run by your dad. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be completely different. The the crazy thing that I've realized between you know an over 3,000-pound car and an Orica prototype is that you have almost the same braking points. Is that so? It's in, it's incredible. I, I I kid you not. It's 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 such a unique thing to be able to do to jump jump in between both of those incredible cars and. Um, the, the last time I drove in Conti, I, I was driving in, in one that used to be just GS cars when they were very streetcar based, and now it's, it's the FIA GT4 spec, and Ford and Multimatic and Roush Hates, they've done an awesome job with this platform. I, I got in it, was up to speed, three laps, and um, th these, these guys are, are, are really in for a treat getting to be able to drive these cars. Austin, you've driven in quite a lot of different series. Are you going to settle down? Is something you're going to concentrate on now? Yeah, it's 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 neat because it's the first time I've actually come back to something I've done before. And obviously, Multimatic's a, a great organization. They build great cars. They run great teams. Um, but be able to come back and have a team that I know, have a bunch of guys that I know, and to be able to just come in and have fun for for a weekend, it's it's obviously a, a blessing for me to be able to come back and have a bit of fun. And hopefully, we can bring away some hardware by the end of it with one of the cars. And racing in Europe, maybe? Actually. I'm going over to Sweden next week to do some rallycross racing on ice, so uh, a bit different than this. And then I'll be back here for, for the Daytona Xfinity race with, uh, with Roush Fenway. So I'm a, I'm a pretty busy boy, but for a race car driver, busy is good. Busy is good. Thanks very much, Austin. Well, certainly an action-packed uh, year ahead, or just a few months ahead, seemingly, for Austin Sindrick. Uh, he, he's he was great. I, I love Austin Sindrick. He's an absolute star. I mean, I've known him now for, for quite a long time. He started racing at the age of 14 in the USF 2000 championship. Now he's focused on sort of bigger cars because he's quite a big guy himself, quite a tall guy himself, so it's a bit difficult to get in the open wheel cars. But I tell you what, he will drive anything, anywhere, anytime. 19 years of age nowadays from Mooresville, Carolina, uh, North Carolina, as of course, you know, he's, a, he's a st doing the stock car series with Roush Fenway, as he's saying, but a great character. He's got more Rodericks experience than all these other four development drivers. He's done 11 uh, starts in this championship before. He's actually won a race at Canadian Time Motorsport Park a couple of years ago. So he is very much looking forward to getting back in this car to run a long stint to the end of the race. You're tuned to RS2, IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're live trackside at Daytona International Speedway for the opening race of the 28, sorry, opening race of the 2018 Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. It's a four-hour event, the BMW Endurance Challenge at Daytona. To have a switch around in our Continental Tire pit lane with Shea Adam handing over to Diana Binks. I understand Andrew Marriott will be switching over after a lengthy stint to Joe Bradley very shortly as well. Up in the booth, it's Jeremy Shaw and Johnny Palmer for this phase of the race. We may hear a little more from John Hydoff before the checkered flag, but there are 54 laps now done. And Spencer Pompelli leading the way by 3.8 seconds. I don't think at any point during his earlier stint we had a gap as large as that. 3.8, nearly four seconds now ahead of the two battling Mustangs. And they are very close once again. Cole Custer and Nate Stacey, cars 15 and 60, separated by less than two tenths of a second at the start of this lap. Yeah, they were. That's a great battle in there. And uh, 
with uh, Jeff Westfall right in the thick of that with the Carbon Audi as well. He's tucked up behind one of the Audis coming uh, out of turn four through the tri through the tri oval, and uh, Audi is really fleet in a straight line. It goes past one of the Fords. Can it go past the second one? No, I don't think so. And uh, Cole Custer's going to get the inside line blocked down towards turn one, and Jeff Westfall is going to tuck into third place. So he's got past one of the Ford Mustangs. Can he get past the other one? And just in these mirrors is a Nate Stacey number 60 Ford uh, and James Clay in the BMW and then Trent Hinman in that bright yellow Volt Ford Mustang. He is closing in. A foot, won this race last year, has finished second here at Daytona before as well. Trent Hinman in that number seven Volt Mustang is on a charge. He's moving alongside uh, the uh, one of those rivals, uh, I think it's the BMW, into the kink. That's not going to work. And James Clay keeping the door shut as they head into turn five. Still Spencer Papelli leads there. We've got, to, uh, whoops, there's a, 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 ooh, there's a big carambolage. Where is that? That's a turn one exit, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to oh bring dear. up full course caution. And that makes me think I preempted that accident because I misidentified the Aston Martin earlier on as the 09, uh, as the 99. Well, it is the 99 Aston Martin involved this time. The 33 Mercedes has its hood vertical after contact with the big nose of that 33 Merc also involved the 22 Ford Mustang which is trailing the rear valance but massive damage on the Aston Martin the rear right wheel virtually torn from the back of that car and that is at right angles to where it should be situated so let's try and get you some names with this as well it's Stephen Phillips in the number 99 automatic racing Aston Martin the 14 Audi carrying damage as well how many cars involved yeah. in this incident Just GMG racing uh, and George Kurtz carrying damage with the uh, well the rear right of that car with a huge sharp bite out of it Jeremy Shaw yeah these cars are all dicing uh, for a tenth place on back there's a big gaggle of them uh, heading in there and uh, yeah that's a uh, a, a, a real mess. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it well, is. I don't it. mean to laugh purely at uh, Jeremy's short, shortage of words, but I think it, <laughs> you've summed it up very nicely Thank there. Uh, the rear right wheel on that 14 car for George Kurtz isn't facing in the right direction and it steered him off the track to driver's left and very nearly into the tyre barrier for a second time. He's doing a tremendous job to try and get the car back on the track. He might think again, though, at limping that back because... The danger is, if he goes up onto the banking, it might be a, a further accident for the 14 car, which has a wheel mark on the left-hand side as well, yeah. perhaps an indication of how close the cars were battling, and there is lifeblood from that uh, Audi fluid, coolant, pouring out the right-hand side of that Audi, and obviously, yeah, that is coolant from the engine, from the uh, 5.2-litre V10, I think, the Audi holds, and again, the car being steered in the wrong direction there are three steering wheels on that Audi currently yeah, not good is it and uh, Eric Foss the uh, defending well not defending because he is the current champion in the ST class now moved up, moved up to GS with uh, Marilla Racing and his regular co-driver Jeff Mosing he was right in the thick of that battle as well I don't know whether, whether the number 56 car escaped undamaged hopefully it did since we I think where is it it's uh, it's come past here on the on this lap. Uh, 56 laps now completed. Now 52 to go. Whoa! Oh, that okay. Another okay. opportunity for Jeremy and I to, to yeah. view the incident. Four cars certainly involved. The 33 Mercedes, the 14 Audi, as we've mentioned, of George Kurtz, the 22 
Mustang, I think it was. Yeah, and he was the, in the thick of that, probably. Yes, 22 Mustang and the 99 Aston, which is not going to move. No. Sadly. And, and the 22 and the number 99 car, they were, they were a little way behind. Here, here we are on board the number 22 Ford. This is Chase Briscoe. Well, it was a spinning car. It was the 14 car yeah, that spun. spun. Now, that might have been as a result of contact. And then the problem is the 22 stopped in time, but then more cars presented with stopped machinery in the middle of the track. Yeah. It's a classic freeway accident, really, whereby you get a, uh, you know, a moment for one car and then everyone else behind can't stop in time. Massive damage for the Mercedes. Radiator sitting just behind the front of that car. And it's uh, significantly damaged the rad, but also popped the hood, the bonnet, up to near enough 90 degrees. So uh, how the driver of the 33 Mercedes could see where they were going, I'll never know. 33, page two of timing required. Russell Ward at the wheel of the 33 Mercedes. Yeah. That's a real shame. Um, just gone past half distance of this first race of the year of the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Guard Challenge and we're under our third caution of the race so this is going to play well, one way or the other as far as strategy is concerned there are those teams that will have been banking on another caution this early others that perhaps were really wishing we had a good spell of green 22 car badly damaged after it was uh, contacted yeah. by the 33 although that no I think it was probably hit by the uh by the Aston Martin actually wasn't it because uh, he, he'd pretty much come to a halt yeah but I think the 33 the Mercedes smacked into the back of the Mustang and that's what popped the hood up I still have yet to realise exactly how the Aston was involved but it very much was that's the, the most yeah, the badly damaged the most badly damaged of the four cars pretty sure the Mercedes ran into the back of the Mustang yeah. 99 and the 30, 33 cars are you right there yes. yeah Yes. came up from behind they were you know, a few car lengths behind but uh, not far enough behind to be able to get through unscathed what I don't yet know is whether the Audi spin was caused by contact initially and actually the, the person that made the contact just scarpered and wasn't involved then in the, yeah. the car crash behind but uh, big rigs being called for to recover certainly the 99 Aston and that's a, a real shame for that team uh, automatic racing both cars ending up with damage one uh, heavily assaulted at the bus stop chicane and the 99 car certainly out of the race with that uh, rear right suspension damage but the 22 I think should be able to rejoin and a man that can tell us a little bit more about the 22 big Mustang is Andrew Marriott Andrew yeah 22 has just stopped it in front of me they're tearing the rear balance off which is absolutely in pieces completely shattered they're looking at the rear of the car now quite a lot of uh, aero here which is all going to come off the car so if it does go back in the race i think it's going to be pretty squirrely just looking to see if the exhaust system's damaged in the back here no it isn't but a lot of uh, well mainly plastic parts to be honest it's not carbon this car's uh, but the Multimatic guy is going to work. There's a lot of damage actually to the rear of the car. The metal work at the back, sort of basically at the, uh, the rear of the trunk. And all, all the extraneous uh, plastic bits have come off. And I think the car is going to go back in the race without a driver change. You hear it roaring away. A great uh, Ford V8 power there. So 
That car maybe not quite as badly damaged. It was mainly cosmetic, but I think the Hanley's going to be pretty crazy now, losing all that aerodynamics at the back. Yeah, certainly it will affect how the Mustang handles, so we'll watch how the 22 gets on. That car, though, has certainly managed to avoid major disaster. The same cannot be said for the number 99 automatic racing Aston Martin. The Stoner Car Care Products sponsored machine. Stephen Phillips was at the wheel. This is the car that Aurora Strauss was piloting a little earlier on. We were due to see a bit of Al Carter as well. But the 99 car very nearly doesn't have that rear right wheel attached any longer. And it's now on the flatbed. So. Daytona Cruise doing a tremendous job thanks to all the guys, our track workers or marshals as we call them in the UK here doing a really good job to keep our racing running as, as uh, neatly and as tidily as possible, the odd incident's always going to happen particularly in a lengthy race such as this but uh, I cannot knock how quickly that car's been recovered frankly No they've done a fantastic job haven't they that's really tremendously unfortunate for automatic racing because uh, particularly for Stephen Phillips and Al Carter uh, who uh, had won the penultimate round of last season at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. It was a really popular win because that team has uh, come really, really close to winning several races over the last couple of years. Finally put it all together there, and uh, like I say, it was a hugely popular win. And that car has been fast this weekend. It was uh, a subject to an, an excellent first hit by Aurora Strauss, and Stephen Phillips there was just doing his job in the middle stint. He was going to hand over to Al Carter, and Al was super hungry to go for that win. We heard from him earlier on. Unfortunately, he's not going to get a chance to do that this afternoon, but uh, that team will be back, and that car will be back uh, strongly later on. Just not, just not today. Unfortunately not. It's a real mess yeah. the Aston Martin. A fantastic-looking car. Hopefully it looks kind of worse than it is. Bits yeah. hanging off, but uh, hopefully no... Uh, chassis damage to that car indeed and uh, you would be amazed uh, what can actually be done to a car that what that looks that badly damaged when they strip it all away to its uh, crucial internal parts actually you can bolt quite a bit uh, of other stuff on so it was the 14 car that had the spin now was there any contact no it was all on its own the 14 car and yep. then the Mustang stops into the back of it goes the Mercedes and actually the Aston Martin uh, created the damage on the right hand side of the Audi right. so it, it's uh, slammed into the Audi on the rear right corner it's rear right catching rear right of the Audi but bear in mind the Audi was facing the wrong way by that point and 33 Mercedes plumb full ball as you would say yeah. into the back of the 22. Yeah. The number 33 and num number 99 car there were, were absolutely nose to tail and uh, uh, poor old uh, 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 Russell Ward wasn't it in the uh, no Bryce Ward isn't it in the um, no it's Russell in the number 33 car just unable to uh, pick his way through there and makes heavy damage as did the Aston Martin so that was really unfortunate just a kind of one of those un unfortunate things that's going to happen sooner or later but a great shame uh, Damien Faulkner had driven that uh, car in the first stint and uh, you know it's looking good for at least a top 10 finish the team would have been happy with that because they've been as we heard earlier on they've been struggling a little bit this weekend so this is going to be a uh, still a bit of clean up to be done down up down there on the exit of turn one an hour and 45 minutes just less than that remaining race control give the instruction that the class split will now be made so that that will mean that the gs cars will move ahead of any other the other class cars that are still on the lead lap so the tcr leaders 
it was 77, 74, 53 and 75 uh, in order. Tom Long, Kudo Whitmer, Matt Faustact and Pierre Klein-Eubing will all go to behind the GS cars are still on the lead lap. That's Greg Liefuger in car number 19. So he was able to get that car back in the fray. Wow, that's fairly amazing. That was the car we saw evolved over at the bus stop, wasn't it, earlier on? Uh, but that car, Corey Fergus, number 69, MIA McLaren, Jason Hart, who's at the wheel, number 72, uh, BMW, Chase Briscoe, number 92, Ford, uh, are all going to be able to uh, move ahead of those TCR cars. Unfortunately for Alex Prema in number, number 92, he's still one lap off the ultimate pace, and he will be in the 21st position in GS. Work out whether the safety car lights are out. I think they may be, but we might be able to get a quick word with Al Carter to get some reaction about the 99. Must be a really sorry situation down there at Automatic Racing. Here's Andrew Marriott. It certainly is, and uh, I'm with the former Wall Street trainer, Al Carter. Al, you had a great end to last season with that victory, but <laughs> different story here today. Just to react on that. Well, you know, it's uh, it's tough. You know, great hard racing out there. Um, be nice that we could get a little closer to the finish before we start going really hard at each other. But uh, you know, it's the nature of the game. You know, that everybody's battling for positions, and we just got caught in uh, somebody else's mess there. And uh, unfortunate that I didn't get a chance to get back in our Stoner Care car. Aston was actually hooked up all weekend, so I was looking for that four to get there for the last hour. But uh, we'll see at Sebring, and the Stoner Care car will be back. We're doing the whole season now. Yeah, I. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things go after Sebring. Um, you know, this just puts a tough dent in the thing because before the race we were all tied for first or last depending on how you look at it. So uh, not a good day, but we'll keep, we'll keep trudging along and we'll see at Sebring. Thanks very much indeed. He was one of those guys at Wall Street, you know, in the bright jackets waving his arms about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it now. Andrew Marriott there with Al Carter. We're back to green, by the way. And you may well have been at us here in the background, the revs rising with Spencer Pompelli. That lead of nearly four seconds goes again, and he has to make sure he's not distracted by Cole Custer in the 15-4, by Jeff Westfall, who got a cracking getaway there to skip ahead of Nate Stacey. So the cars out front, 28 Porsche, 15-4, then the 39 Audi that's got ahead of the 60 Ford. The BMW, driven by James Clay, number 82, is fifth, and Trent Hinman in the second of the third of the Ford Mustangs, car seven is sixth. Yeah, James Clay got really sideways under braking for turn six. They'd already lost a place to Trent Hinman. He's now lost two or three more other positions uh, coming off that corner as well. So well sideways, and other cars nipping past him as they run up onto the banking. But out in front, it's still Spencer Mabelli, and already stretched out lead of a good 15, 20 car lengths as they head toward the bus stop. Yeah, and uh, everything obviously concertina is up there as uh, the Porsche Cayman of Spencer Pompelli was able to stretch his legs a little bit in the early part of this first green flag lap after caution number three. Squirrely Mercedes there, number 63, which just about keeps on the straight and narrow and actually carried good speed through that corner to draw alongside uh, Porsche number 38 being driven by Dylan Murray. So that is the third Porsche in the sequence. Bear in mind, car 28 leads away. What about the number five, I hear you ask, for Joe Robillard? Well, that's down in 16th position. And the five car, former race leader with Stephen McAleer at the wheel. Quite a bit of work to do for that car now with an hour and 40 still on the clock. Car 11 
is being given a penalty, being told to come in to stop for is that 60 seconds, Jeremy? A 60-second stop and go, effectively, for working in a closed pit for car 11 and for car 09. So the 11 car is one of the TCR machines. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the Don Estuk JT2 Kupal RS Works Racing machine. I think it was a lap off the pace in least in uh, TCR. And the 09 is the other Aston automatic Martin, racing yeah. Aston Martin, yes, the one that uh, had the spin after contact at the bus stop chicane. So am I reading that correctly? It's a, it's a come into pit road, stop for 60 seconds and get going again. Stop plus yes. 60. Yeah, yep. exactly what it is. Okay, for that, just to clear it up. Uh, a little bit wide for, that was the 63 Mercedes again, uh, heading back onto the main banking section into NASCAR Turn 1 with Spencer Pompelli now on lap 61, so that's 60 in the book, we're uh, well over half distance now, point eight of a second is the lead margin over Spencer Pompelli and, and Cole Custer, but we'll head to our Continental Tire pit lane to hear from Aurora Strauss now joining no, pit I'm lane. No, I'm just Anna. chasing, she didn't know I was going to <laughs> Wow, you were right in the thick of the action, Aurora. Yeah, I was, um, it was pretty crazy, I've never been in a GT4 car before, I had about 40 minutes total in the car, but automatic, uh, the whole team, especially Steve and Al, took really good care of me, so there's no way I would have been able to drive from, what, 20th to 8th without them. Now, I'll try not to be personal, you're quite a slim girl. <laughs> uh, do you find the physical side difficult at all? You're in the gym a lot. No, so I actually spent a lot of time working with unit nutrition last year. Um, so I got a really good in-depth analysis of, you know, how my body reacts to the car. I do spend a lot of time in the gym. Um, but I, it looks like I have a naturally higher endurance than a lot of guys that Unit Nutrition compared me to. So, you know, it works out. Um, the fact that I might have a slight competitive advantage because of my gender is actually pretty cool. Um, but not as hard as you'd think it would be. I am, I am small. <laughs> yeah, well, you did a great job out there in uh, the thick of the action. Thanks very much. Thank but she's so wearing much. some very trendy glasses that I can see myself in because they reflect. <laughs> Thank you. They're Maui gym glasses. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> I've been in that situation before, yeah, doing pit lane reports and all you can see is your own face. It's a bit spooky. Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, so Carl, uh, Cole Custer takes over the lead of the race because the uh, car number 28, the uh, RS1 Porsche came, is on pit lane for service. It won't be able to get to the end of the race from here, I don't believe. That's something really weird happens. But that car is taking on service. It just fueled that car. They're changing the uh, left-hand side tyres and away now goes that number 28 car. I don't know whether they made a driver change. They did change at the last stop with Spencer Papelli getting back aboard after Dylan McAvern drove the middle stint there, or the second stint in the car. That car is now rejoining as the leaders head down the back straight and there is a battle for the lead with the Audi nipping past on the straight ahead of the Fords of Jeff Westfall in car number 39 takes the lead at the bus stop. He certainly does, and we know the Audi R8 tremendously strong down the straights. It leaves the Ford Mustang in its dust but the Mustang is then stronger it seems on the infield and also a little bit on the brakes as well I think the Mustang should be able to close up that's the beauty of this balance of performance we have in GT4 balancing cars of all sorts of different engine positions and weight front engine rear engine mid-engined but they're all equal and those cars certain cars have strengths on the infield certain have certain cars have strengths up on the high banks two cars pitting at the same time those being the Ford Mustangs from second and third position so Cole Custer and Nate Stacey coming in under green James Clark
Clay. Yeah. He's going pretty well at the moment, just setting the best Sector 2 time of anybody so far in the race. And the reason they didn't come in under that most recent caution period is because that was called what they call a, a quicker yellow because it had been within 15 minutes of the previous full course caution. The pits were not opened, so cars were not allowed to come on the pit lane. That's why we heard the penalty for the teams that weren't working on their, on their car kind of emergency-wise because they were pretty much out of contention already. But uh, for anybody who is in contention, they weren't able to come into pits during the uh, caution. So now they're making their pit stops because they needed fuel. But I didn't see the red Mustang stop with the team. That looked to be a drive-through. The 15 certainly did. But the other car, which was the Nate Stacey 60 machine, I think went, went straight through. Had we seen anything about a drive-through, I wonder, about the 60? It uh, got going a lot quicker than the 15 machine so I think still Nate Stacey although being displayed now is doing three stops will have to come in again to get fuel maybe on the very next lap because obviously if, it, that, if that was some kind of penalty you cannot do a penalty and visit the team for fuel and tyres against the whole point of a penalty so we'll wait to see whether we get to the 60 back on pit road next time around meanwhile Jeff Westphal after a really good overtake into the braking area for the bus stop on the back stretch is now leading the way Westfall 1.4 seconds ahead of new second place car Trent Hidman who's been going about his business a little under the radar but uh, to great effect amazing you can not spot how that Volt racing car is uh, slowly sneaking its way up the order in its day glow yellow colours previously driven by Alan Brynjolfsson remember the Icelander, but uh, now lives in Tampa, Florida. Trent Hidman taking that car over. I think in the first pit stop, it's been a double stint effectively then from Trent Hidman. Matt Plum in the 76 McLaren up to third position. And McLarens, on the whole, have, have uh, struggled in this race, but that's uh, the highest place for the, the British machine to be so far, third spot. Yeah. Joey Atterbury in the 59 Ford is fourth. James Clay still there or thereabouts in the BMW. And uh, who do we still need to put in that Beamer? Because James started it, I reckon. We haven't yet seen Tyler Cook at the wheel of the 82. VW Golf going very slowly. Yeah, having a spin there, I think, in turn, turn one. Yeah, and Matt Plum in that third position car for Compass Racing, the McLaren. Yeah, they have been struggling here this weekend, but Matt Plum, he knows how to win these races. No one actually has won more in the history of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge going back to 2001. 23 times he has won in his 106 race career, and he's up in the third place right now. That's uh, probably better than the car deserves at this stage, but he's doing, as usual, an excellent job. As we see the number 72 car there, Jason Hart making the move on the number 80 Ford Mustang of Martin Barkey heading into the bus stop. Yes. That uh, is for position. Yes, it was. Seventh, I think. Uh, Barkey was seventh at the start of the lap. That depends whether Guy Cosmo got ahead or... There's Cosmo's Mercedes heading through to three on the NASCAR banking. And I think actually ahead of Cosmo are both now Jason Hart in the 72 BMW and Martin Barkey. Let's call them through the tri-oval towards the end of this lap. So green BMW... Uh, ahead of both cars yeah so two spots gained in fact on that lap by Jason Hart yeah. in the green BMW that car really has not been 
in the hunt for the first couple of hours, but slowly and surely the 72 has been hustled up to the top 10 and now nearly in the top six, in fact. Hugh Plum will be the next car on the list for Jason Hart, number 46. Two seconds the margin for Jeff Westphal, so not only has he been able to catch and pass the uh, former race leader, but now it opens up this two-second gap on Trent Hidman, who is working his way through as well, obviously helped out by those two Mustangs stopping ahead of him a little while ago. We haven't yet seen another stop for the 60. Uh, yeah, that was in a couple of laps ago. Yes, it was uh, out of third, out of third position yeah, right that, after the restart. That was the third stop that I thought was a drive-through, though. Unfortunately, the screen, oh, right. doesn't, the screen doesn't tell me how long the pit stop was. Uh, but we'll wait and see whether the 60 reappears on pit road. Then World BMW coming down. Now that's uh, just stopping with the team. So TCR cars. Almost into the top 15 overall here. We've got TCR leader Tom Long in the 77 Audi, leading by 1.9 seconds from the Fastnack-driven Audi, number 53. And uh, that car had to come in whilst the TCR pits were closed during one of the cautions because it was out of fuel. Let's go down to our Continental Tire pit lane once more to hear from Diana Binks. I'm with David Murray and uh, David, your son Dylan, it's his first IMSA race. He's behind the wheel at the moment. You're just waiting to get in the car behind him. How's he doing? He's doing fantastic. He's been avoided a big crash in the yellow before and does good laps passing a lot of cars. So I'm pretty happy with my to hold up my end. Are you pretty happy with how your race is panning out at the moment? Again? Are you pretty happy with how the race is panning out? Very much so. BGB's done a fantastic job. They're great strategy, putting the car together. And Jim Cox did a great opening stint. So now he's got to bring it home and, and make sure we don't make any mistakes. I'm assuming you'd be giving your son a lot of tips. I mean, aren't he's only 17? I think he's going to start giving me tips now. Yeah, right, he's David. been for about 10 years. Thank you. I'll let you go because I know the, I know Dylan's just on his way in. Thank you, Diana. And uh, we were treated, Jeremy and I, there to uh, three Mercedes AMGs, three wide, in fact, uh, through the trioval and then down off the banking. That was the 63, the 56, and the 19, was it, of Greg Liefuga? No, I think it was number 92 car, which is a lap down, wow, actually. Okay. But right, uh, absolutely sense. three wide they were as they came across here. <laughs> it was a, a splendid sight. It was. Uh, and uh, just big grins on Jeremy and my faces, right. uh, which uh, kind of told the story. 2.4 seconds is now the gap between Jeff Westfall and Trent Hinman. And so is Mercedes, two of which were racing for position. Eric Foss uh, and the 63 car uh, are, were fighting over 11th and 12th places and wasted no time at all getting by the back marker. BMW of James Clay scored as fourth position at the start of this lap, just yeah. allowing the 50 car to unlap itself on the BMW and James actually allowing that Audi through again the R8 showing how strong it is into the bus stop but uh, James effectively trying to catch Matt Plum last time around couldn't do that lost three tenths of a second but Joey Atterbury showing no signs of catching the beamer though so James Clay in a little bit of Limbo Pit stop for the, the third place car, Matt Plum. That's the and okay. also the uh, BMW of James Clay also on pit lane. So the fourth and uh, fifth or third and fourth place cars both on to pit lane. Yeah, that was the car that uh, James was trying to hunt down. And, uh, 
overtakes Q in the pits, but of course Hugh Plum will get going sooner than the BMW. And tyres certainly being changed on the Beamer. And it looks like that's the same for the uh, McLaren of Matt Plum as well. Also in Dylan Murray in the 38 Porsche, who's been in the action, the thick of the action in recent laps. 66 done now. Jeff Westphal leads by nearly three seconds from Trent Hinman. Joey Atterbury in the 59 Ford is third, so it's Audi from a couple of Mustangs. Hugh Plum in the 46 Mercedes fourth, then Jason Hart in the 72 BMW. So more places gained now for Jason in that green BMW. Car up to fifth position as we head to our Continental Tire pit lane and Andrew Marriott. Yeah, I mean, we're just uh, down at the 76, the car has just accelerated away actually and uh, just having a look, see what the situation down is. I have to tell you, when he accelerated away, he very nearly took one of the crew members away. Uh, so let's see what we can find out down here, we'll be back in just a moment. Okay, that's fine, we, uh, it just shows how close some of these teams run it in terms of their choreography, it uh, often looks like team members are getting very very close indeed to the action but it's well rehearsed they spend much of the week ahead of the race making sure their pit stops are as quick as possible that can be where a race is won and lost and uh, across the line now in uh, to complete lap 67 is Jeff Westfall as uh, David Murray takes number 38 car out of pit lane so the number 38 car currently a lap down but he's owed a pit stop if you like by uh, all of the rest of the leaders so that will come over the next, well, we'll see how long they can go on fuel. Let's go back to Andrew Marriott, who's managed to find Paul Holton. I have uh, from the uh, McLaren team, and uh, wow, that car is going really well now. You're right, the shopping. Yeah, you know, uh, we had an engine issue on Wednesday, elected to take the car out from the track, and we went and did some work. Um, got finished like three or four in the morning last night. Didn't know if we had anything, but uh, I think we got our, got our power back that we were missing at the roar. Still down on straight line speed a little bit. It's a little hard to pass people, but uh, we make it up under braking and mid-corner on most of these guys. So you the guys are working right through the night? Oh, yes. Uh, all through the night. I think we went to bed actually at 5 a.m. on Wednesday night, and I drove down to Tampa. Um, thank you to McLaren Tampa, actually, for some parts that we needed and some tools. Um, drove back, got those back up here around noon yesterday and started putting stuff back together and putting it back in the car. Well, that shows dedication from Compass Racing. Well done. Thank you very much. Paul Holton with Andrew Marriott in our Continental Tire pit lane. There is an hour and 25 minutes to go in the opening race of the year for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. You're listening to RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're live trackside at the Daytona International Speedway, bringing you coverage of the BMW Endurance Challenge at Daytona. And the battle for 17th place is now heading through the International Horseshoe uh, to turn three. Why is that significant? Well, it's Scott Maxwell in the Ford number 15 as he heads up towards the kink. Right behind him is Spencer Pompelli in the car that's pretty much dominated this race. Both of those two cars have made pit stops fairly recently, so they're on a different strategy to the uh, rest of or the, the other guys who are running up front and now completing uh, their next lap. 68 laps on the board now for uh, Trent Hinman, who leads the race as a number 39 Carbon Audi makes its way onto pit lane for a pit stop. And this will be a scheduled visit to pit road then. 
for Jeff Westfall in fifth, well, uh, former race leader. So that leaves Trent Hidman out front. 68 laps now completed, 8.1 back to Joey Atterbury. So things opening up again, but obviously we're in that phase now where drivers' cars are pitting under green and the race is slowly taking a different complexion. Really tight fight for second position between Joey Atterbury, Jason Hart and Hugh Plum, by the way. Look out for the 59 Ford, the 72 BMW or the 46 Mercedes if you're perhaps around on the infield here at Daytona and watching the action. Oops. Damage for the rear of the 60 car and Andrew Marriott and is right on the marks. Let's hear what he's got to say. Well, not quite on the marks because I'm about uh about six car garages down here. I ought to run them. I don't know if you can see me up at the commentary box. I am trotting down there, and I understand we've got a full course yellow, so we should have a lot more pit action. We're just going down to see this red Mustang with the rear hanging off it. And when I get down there, I'll bring you a report, but not quite there yet. Okay, well, the, uh, we the, understand reason, the, the reason for that is, that, here we are, here's content now. The slower cars are supposed to be on the bottom of the racetrack, but he wasn't. The number 11 car was in the middle of the road there. Number 60 car dived down the inside, coming around the banking. They made contact, heavy contact between those two cars. A lot of damage, particularly to the TCR machine, uh, but also to the back of the Ford. And uh, one car, did the, the Audi didn't make it back, the Ford did, but that is yet another course caution so the Audi is now sitting on the track out of NASCAR turn four to drivers left so it's not on the banking as such it's still moving but literally at a walking speed um, the driver trying to nurse it back now with the front left well it was described to me that the tire was down frankly the wheels barely still there it's taken the whole fender with it as well and the Audi very badly damaged, and entirely the innocent party, was it not? Or were you putting the... Well, the, it was the too Audi, far down the, the, the track, The Audi is supposed saying. to be on the bottom of the racetrack. That's what all the drivers are told. I was in the, the team manager meeting, the drivers are told exactly the same thing. Slow cars get to the bottom of the racetrack, faster cars go around the outside. In, in that instance, the... Uh, the uh, the Audi was kind of in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, and therefore left the driver of the 60 yeah. and sort of two minds to go left or right. Yes. Here's Andrew Marriott once more from our Continental Tire pit lane. Indeed, yes, a drama for the 60. Uh, the car accelerated out of the pit's wheel spinning, went about 15 yards and then stopped. Certainly there's damage to the front, which I think is uh, fouling the wheel. And they let the car go and the, uh, the rear splitter is still hanging off and dragging down the road. So I don't know why they didn't pull that off. But uh, now they're trying to push the car and get it going again. But uh, this is a uh, mortally wounded, I think, the 60 car. Well, that's I'm a sure real it is. shame. Uh, yeah, it is. Obviously, the, the rear bumpers come off the car, but uh, something far more integral now. The issue for the big Mustang car number 60, which was going about its business, uh, having been driven superbly well by Nate Stacey and Kyle Marcelli at the start of the race as well. Yeah, just moved, he was running in the 12th position, but uh, he was certainly much capable. I mean, the, that car uh, had just made a pit stop, so he was running really well, actually. Yeah. Uh, that car was looking very, very strong for the final stage of this race. It's still got an hour and 20 minutes to go, so everybody's gonna have to make uh, one more pit stop at least from here. And uh, these yellows, unfortunately, are really messing up this race because uh, uh, as we heard, Spencer Papelli talk about before they didn't really have a strategy coming into it well this is exactly why because you never know when the full course caution are going to fall and you have to be open-minded that is one of the keys to success in this series reacting to when the full course cautions come out I don't think 142 to go 
yeah, okay, I think we've done 15 minutes since the last caution period, so this should be a full yellow, yeah, because the previous one was a quickie, so yes. uh, to, to the pits will be open probably next time around, okay. and we will see uh, the cars that hadn't pitted uh, now come onto pit lane, and the interesting thing is now, will we see the cars that have pitted also come on pit lane to take on a splash of fuel? Yep. That we will wait and see. Let's go down to the BGB Motorsports camp now, car 38, and speak to Dylan Murray, who joins Di. You just handed over the car to your dad, David, Dylan. You were an hour out there. How were you managing that traffic today? Yeah, that was definitely something fun and, and exciting. I uh, didn't get the restarts that I wanted um, a couple times, but, you know, I worked my way through the field, got past the other cars. I uh, just kept my head in the game, so now I'm ready to go on to Sebring. I understand this is your first IMSA race. This is. This is it's actually incredible to, to be able to share it with my dad. Um, is to be a father-son deal in the four hours of Daytona is, is pretty pretty incredible. So uh, to mark off my IMSA debut with that, it's, it's pretty cool. So before you got to this event, what sort of things were you, was your dad helping you with and sort of preparing you for this one? Yeah, I mean, all of the racing techniques that over the whole like 10, 11 years that I've been racing has just paid off. And, and now I'm at this point where I'm fortunate enough to be able to run with BGB Motorsports. And I mean, it's... it's it's incredible. I just I can't say how excited I am. <laughs> I can see by that big smile on your face. That's great. And no doubt we'll be seeing a lot of you in the future. Thanks very much, Dylan. All right. Thank you. And yeah, when he says 10 or 11 years of racing, bear in mind, he's 16. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's Dylan the youngest driver in the field yeah. uh, from uh, just outside Atlanta Dylan in Georgia. Murray, uh, down at BGAB Motorsports. Here's Andrew Marriott once more from that Continental Tire pit lane. Yeah, well, Nate Stacey is not a happy camper, I tell you. He's still pacing around at the back of the pits now with his crash helmet still on. And I tried to get him to take it off and do an interview, and he basically said, no thanks, mate, I don't want to be interviewed. But uh, Meanwhile, the sister car is just in. Uh, driver change here in the uh, Roush team, and as soon as we get uh, that driver out, maybe we can actually get an interview with someone. Okay, well, full marks for effort, Andrew. Um, you'll keep chasing. I'm very sure of that. Nearly to the point now where we have an hour and 15 to go. Two and a half minutes before we're at that point. We're going to easily be in court under caution for at least that time. This is the first section of pit stops. We'll also then allow the TCRs and the, and the street tuning class to come down pit road. I noticed the 37 mini JCW going behind the pit wall and that car therefore pitting effectively at the wrong time but it might be out of fuel or have some uh, problem of, of more significance let's go down again to hear from Andrew Marriott who's managed to find Joey Atterbury for us who has just taken his crash helmet off and uh, Joey Larry right in on the sharp end now thick of the action yeah no it was a really good strategy call by these core guys got Jade Buford in the car right now and can't say enough about what Jack did earlier in the race. He kept us out there, put us in a good position, and uh, just happy to do my part out here, keep the car out front. A lot of stuff happening out on that track, though. Yeah, no, it's definitely busy. Uh, there's a lot of rubber being put down. There's also a lot of dirt being put everywhere, pretty much. So it's kind of picking your way through everything and uh, stay clean in the mess. Uh, great to be racing American muscle car. Yeah, yeah, no, the Mustangs are great. Uh, this Roush organization is fantastic to be with, and... Yeah, these V8s sound really good up on that banking. Nothing better. Thanks very much, Jake. 
Joey Atterbury with Andrew Marriott, part of our Continental Tyre pit lane team. Yeah, so this is Jeremy Shaw. Uh, yeah, we'll reset things again now because number seven car has just taken the lead for the first time in, in this race. Here are the, the, the cars that have led the race so far. Number 28, number 22, number 69, number 82, number 5, uh, number 39, number 15, number 46, uh, and uh, most recently the uh, number 7 car as well. So that's an enormous number of different cars are leading. Now we've got yet another car in the leader race, and it's Guy Cosmo. We talked about him, you remember, a little while ago that uh, uh, team TGM electing to bring him back onto pit lane shortly after a full course caution. That was about, uh, well, better part of an hour ago now uh, to get him back kind of on the sequence with everybody else. And uh, he uh, wasn't due for a pit stop uh, and has uh, stayed out now. Uh, and he'll be hoping to stay out long enough to, to come in one more time. Everybody will have, I believe, to make one more pit stop to get to the end of the race. I don't think anybody who's taken on fuel now can get to the end of the race. Maybe the TCR cars that are coming in now might be close-ish, but, but I don't think so. Yep. Uh, so uh, you know, there's, a, there's still a lot of this race to, to be unfolding. And we've got the number 57 car and the number 50, interestingly, that are both uh, trapped behind the safety car and ahead of the race leader. So both of those two will get the uh, pass around. That is Indy Doncher at the wheel number 57, Windward Racing HTB Motorsports, Mercedes, and the number 50 Audi, currently driven by, or is that more than, is that more than one lap down now? It's just not showing on my order. Um, by it? the way, we are cycling through pit stops for the TCR and the street tuner cars and yeah number 74 car didn't come onto pit lane this time right the, the others uh, tcr leaders did three of them 77 75 and 53 did come into pit lane and number 74 did not okay so we're in a strange situation now so that uh, kuno whitmer is labeled as third overall but he yes. owes us a pit stop so that will get into slightly more of a predictable situation once Kuno pits but the fact that we're under a full course yellow we do get these slightly bizarre orders of cars for a little while 75 77 53 all stopped on that lap by the way the ST the street tuner class is led by Nick Gallant's BMW the 81 car having completed 69 laps now so two laps fewer than the overall race leader Max Faulkner second in ST in the 21 Porsche and third position Derek Jones uh, has just stopped actually in the 37 Mini that's the one that went behind the wall the red Mini and I don't think we've seen it back again meanwhile work is continuing on the yellow and black Mini JCW that's car 52 of Mark Pombo or at least Mark brought it in and the team are working furiously at that at the side of that car in fact they're now pushing it wrong way up pit road almost as if that car has got to go behind the pit wall as well for extended yeah. work yeah it is so that's uh, the mark pombo 52 car entered by mini jcw team and the 37 car in the wars too <laughs> 
can't a chance leave. again for you and I to to just to contain our thoughts a little bit and work out what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, we've got Corey Fergus uh, run, now running in second place in that MIA McLaren. Just about all the cars in the field have run in just about every position you could possibly <laughs> imagine today. It's been quite remarkable. And like I say, there's still an hour yeah. uh, and uh, 12 minutes remaining. So anything quite literally can and most likely will happen. Well, number that 50 chart's car is on pit interesting lane. reading, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's all over the place. Uh, number 50 car is on pit lane, by the way, the Audi. So it's gained one of its laps back, but it's uh, three laps off the pace overall. So that team uh, really out of luck after a, a very good opening stint by uh, Ashley Freiburg. Yeah. Gossier Dest has had uh, some time yeah, behind the wheel as well. I think she's going to fall back off that lead lap. Uh, or not, it wasn't on the lead lap. They're still two or three laps down. So I think uh, they're not going to be able to get out, I don't believe, before the safety car comes through with the back with the rest of the field. Well, here comes the BMW safety car back across the line. I'm kind of surprised they didn't stay out one more lap as it close up to the back of the pack before making the stop, but yeah. hey, whatever. Well, maybe they're... Uh, but then, you know, they're out of contention. No, well, they're, they're out of it now. I mean, they're three laps off. There's another replay. I just missed it, actually. What happened between the Ford and the Audi kind of 11 earlier on. Yeah, major and, damage uh, to the front of the uh, Audi and major damage to the rear of the Ford of Nate Stacey. Certainly snapping a steering arm because all of a sudden the front left was starting to turn right despite the wheel on the other side of the car being dead straight and that Audi crawling to a halt and needing recovery on a flatbed, the 60 car likely to be retired too. With an hour and ten to go, we're not very far away from restarting this thing and yes, the class split has just commenced. So yeah. only in the next three to four minutes, we hope to get a restart here. Guy Cosmo leading the way from Corey Fergus in the McLaren. So two cars, Mercedes and McLaren, who really haven't been fighting for the lead of the race, but they find themselves yes. out front. Absolutely right. And it was a couple of Porsches a good while ago between the two Macs, McAleer and McAvern. Well, those Porsches, five and... 28 are a bit further back in the order now, but will certainly yeah, get uh, up in the action very quickly because McAleer's back at the wheel of the five, and Pelly at the wheel of the 28. I'll tell you what's interesting, uh, particularly now as a result of the pit stops that have just taken place. I talked about it just before we went full course caution again, the battle for what was then 17th place between Scotland's 15, Scott Maxwell, and uh, 28, Spencer Papelli, the leader of the race in the very early stage, in fact, the dominant factor in this race. They were together, they're now, they're now not. Scott Maxwell is running in third position. The number 28 car is down in 10th. Why, you ask? Because the number 28 car came onto pit lane for a splash of fuel to top off with fuel. Everybody, I think, is going to have to make one more pit stop before the end of this race. The 28 car is only going to need a splash of fuel compared to the number 15, which is going to need a lot more. Okay. Joe Vardy is the uh, strategist, team manager at the uh, at that number 14 team, TGM. Here's again, there's the Audi in the middle of the road and uh, just comes down on the forward as it goes past. Really unfortunate incident there that was caused a, a couple of cautions well, it was about half an hour ago now but uh, uh, absolutely a, a significant factor in this race. But the uh, Joe Vardy, as I say, is a veteran, uh, massive amount of success himself as a driver back in the 70s and 80s. Great guy, really smart guy, and knows all about winning motor races. He's won an awful lot with rum bum racing. That's the main reason that Matt Plum is the, the most successful driver in the history of this championship. Driver from rum bum racing, won a 
20 odd races under the tutelage of Joe Vardy. It's Joe Vardy that made the call to bring that number uh, number four car onto pit lane earlier on. Lights are out on the safety car. We're about to go racing once again here on RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. So it is Guy Cosmo that will lead across the line, lap 73, from Corey Fergus's McLaren, then Scott Maxwell in the best of the Ford Mustangs, car number 15, Austin Sindrick back in the 22 car, reinstalled after a really good opening stint for him, but there's a spinner at the first corner and the Audi R8 that spun does get collected, this time by a TCR oh. car. That situation where cautions, breed cautions, has bitten again, and surely now with a stricken TCR car, that's the Pierre Kleinubing, uh, Audi, although it may not be Kleinubing at the wheel of the car, no, it is third place in TCR, and I'm afraid that suffered heavy rear right damage, no longer has four wheels on the wagon, Kleinubing doing a tremendous job actually to get it into a safe position, but no indication yet that we're going to go to a full course caution, no rear wheel on that car on the right hand side, torn away after a spinning Audi R8 in the GS class and one R R8 in the queue did a really good job of avoiding the stricken car but Kleinubing probably unsighted could not get out of the way here come the leaders unbeknownst to them all that action kicking off behind them Jeff Westfall yeah has gone missing as well well he was a spinner body. wasn't he yeah he sorry was. hadn't realized that at the time the yeah. 39 Jeff Westfall car was the spinner former race leader Jeff Westfall absolutely so, wow, we haven't, uh, as I say, managed or haven't needed to go full course yellow this time around. And Guy Cosmo just heading happy out of the bus stop chicane then. You're impressed if there isn't a whole bunch of debris down there as a result of that. Well, they are still racing and coming through now. NASCAR turns three and four. There's a replay maybe of what happened. Okay for Jeff Westphal's Audi R8 spinning car number 39 it all got very bunched up ahead and was there contact no it was cold no. rear tyres and Westphal no. spins yeah it was a slower Aston Martin kind of in the middle of the road there and he wasn't sure whether to go for the pass or not and by the time he made up his mind too late had to jam on the brakes spun it around and then he just got clipped by Pierre Kleinubing and uh, certainly Westphal I mean he was just stationary there that was uh, and also involved, I think, was the 53 TCR Audi as well, which uh, yeah. went over to the right-hand side. And let's oh, just see whether the 53 car hit Kleinubing. Yes, off on the grass there was the 53 yeah. car. Nearly threw Kleinubing's Audi into a roll because, of course, that car with only four, three wheels on the wagon dug into the grass and relatively wet grass after some wet weather in recent days and it nearly threw that Audi TCR into a, a spin or certainly uh, Kleinubing nearly ended up on the roof but thankfully he didn't managed to recover the car into a safe situation I can't believe we haven't gone caught I can't believe of that. either to Amazing. be perfectly honest 3.5 miles round here it takes the cars a fair while to get back to the incident scene and the marshals might have been able to just whip out onto the track do a very quick bit of collecting of debris which means we stay under green flag conditions three wide again Go on then, the 28 car is the Cayman, the Porsche Cayman former race leader, with two McLarens for company, the white and uh, blue car on the inside, it's the black McLaren with the blue door mirrors on the outside, 69 and 76 being the numbers, 69 down on the low side is the Motorsports in Action car, along with the Compass Racing McLaren up on the high side, Matt Plum 
the wheel of that car, so seventh position. Guy Cosmo then leads for Team TGM in that Mercedes car number four. He's got a handy lead actually over the Fords coming off uh, the banking. Guy's last win, by the way, in this championship. He's won three races, uh, but the last one was at Iowa Speedway back in 2007. It's been a while. Over the line goes the Cosmo Mercedes. 1.2 seconds to get back to Austin Sindrick now in second position in the best of the Ford Mustangs. Scott Maxwell really not very far behind. Cracking final sector that time for Scott Maxwell, probably utilising the toe. And a little earlier on, was there an incident in the pit stops for the 72 BMW or possibly the 19 Mercedes? Ah, they didn't have a wheel, a front left wheel. I think in place but the 19 car has now rejoined Cosmo is starting to just wriggle free a little bit here of Austin Sindrick Sindrick far more distracted by Scott Maxwell on his boot lid and look out for Stephen McAleer and what we know is a very rapid Porsche the number five car but he's yeah. also got company with the 28 machine well, of Spencer yeah. Papelli coming through. Uh, and that's and the almost, car to watch. Yeah, bringing Tyler Cook possibly with him, or is Cook going the other way in the BMW? <laughs> Having to go around the high side there is Spencer Pompelli. And to no surprise, Spencer is showing good single lap speed here, keeping out of trouble and going the high side of the 82, Tyler Cook. Number 38 car, by the way, uh, the BGB Porsche is kind of in the mix of the cars running around about where is he sixth or seventh or fourth or fifth or sixth somewhere around about there but he is a lap down unfortunately that's the uh, the Murray father and son plus uh, Jimmy Cox uh, James Cox who drove the first stint in that car but uh, unfortunately with the timing of the cautions and the who did who pitted and who didn't during this most recent caution period that car is off the lead lap there is number 38 car coming around the banking in the middle of our screen right now right behind uh, Stephen McAleer so he's fifth on the road but unfortunately not in the overall uh, scoring. Yeah, the Caymans have all got together, haven't they, with McAleer and Pompelli, the bread of the sandwich, if you like, with the lapped car between them as Tyler Cook in the BMW is trying to just slot up the inside of that car that's not on the lead lap. Here comes Spencer Pompelli, who'd already got by Tyler Cook in the Beamer, but he wasn't able to keep ahead through the final bit of the lap there as Cook looked very, very strong in sector three, through the little right and left kink, and then down into the braking area at the International Horseshoe, and Spencer Pompelli trying to get by car 38 as quickly as he can to make sure he doesn't lose touch with Stephen McAleer. Everybody seems to be faster than Guy Cosmo, though, that time around, and ground made up certainly by Austin Sindrick. He's got the gap down to just 0.6 of a second now. So, Guy Cosmo is going to have to make that Mercedes as wide as possible because the Ford Mustang is closing in, but so are about four or five other cars too. Yeah, so that number 22 car uh, who uh, fell to the back of the pack in lap 57, he was running 24th uh, as a result of his pit stop, now finds himself in second place on lap 76, so just uh, less than 20 laps later, he's challenging for the lead and uh, looking uh, to become the race leader. Surely the 22 will be able to pick off Guy Cosmo on this straight, but Cosmo positions the new Mercedes-AMG in GT4 spec. He positions it perfectly to defend into the bus stop chicane. There was an overlap there, and the 22 car was trying to do Cosmo on the brakes, but Austin Sindrick deciding discretion the better part of valour. We still have 
a quarter of this race to go. You do not want to do something stupid at this stage. Might be a wholly different situation had this been the final lap of the race, but uh, you need to box clever. So out of NASCAR turn four goes Austin Sindrick. Scott Maxwell really not very far behind either. About a second, Stephen McAleer looking to make a move on the second of the Mustangs and has done, in fact. So McAleer and Pompelli now ahead of Scott Maxwell. So we'll be wondering what on earth happened there to allow two Caymans through, but they show tremendous speed out of the bus stop and around the final couple of corners towards the tri-oval. It's still Guy Cosmo leading from Austin Sindrick and now Stephen McAleer in the turquoise and blue Porsche. Then the black, red and silver Porsche Cayman of Spencer Pompelli and Scott Maxwell in the second of the Fords is slipping to fifth place. Yeah, Guy Cosmo has lost that was 157.817, the fastest lap for that car set back uh, nearly 30 laps ago by Guy was a 157.768, so he is right on that car's limit right now. He's pushing as hard as he can to maintain that advantage over Austin Sindrick. Uh, the Ford, by contrast, its best lap of 56.9, so the better part of a second faster. But can Austin Sindrick, the youngster, find a way past Guy Cosmo who's been around this ball a long, long time. Certainly has, but what can Guy Cosmo do about the straight line speed of the Mercedes? It looks like it's just in need of a bit more horsepower, a bit more, a few more miles per hour compared to the Ford Mustang, which is drawing closer and closer and closer. And again, just like a lap ago, Cindric is able to draw alongside the Mercedes, and this time they're going to be so close into the bus stop, and he's through. Wow. Can he keep it together? Whoa. No, the Mustang is absolutely <laughs> sideways. That's pure American muscle, which is almost 45 degrees to the track. But look, that's given Steve McLear the draw, a chance to draw along on the outside and right with him is Spencer Papelli the two Fords taking a high line which Austin Sindrick he knows all about stock car racing he moves across to block that one he's been watching Dale Earnhardt hasn't he you can't block the two of them at the same time. That's the tricky thing, though. And here come the Porsches on the high side. Don't discount Guy Cosmo in this either, who suddenly slipped to fourth position. We have a new leader. It is Stephen McAleer in the number five Porsche, swooping around the outside. And as long as he can get that five car stopped into turn one, he will be the new race leader. But here comes Sindrick on the inside, minus the rear bumper on that Mustang. It's a bit lighter because of that. And it's back in front now towards the International Horseshoe. But there goes the Porsche again down the inside the top six cars were covered by less than a second across the start finish line to complete lap 78 and also making waves there be Matt Plum's McLaren don't discount the British no. car either in this we've got a tremendous mix of manufacturers Porsche leading Ford just about second but it was narrow stuff into the uh, international horseshoe we now have two Caymans in fact out front Porsche Porsche Ford then the Mercedes of Guy Cosmo the BMW makes it another manufacturer in the top six and Matt Plum is coming too in that number 76 the Compass Racing McLaren GT4 up onto the banking again we might be set for a further hour of this intense racing Jeremy and I'm all for it two Porsches together and Stephen McAleer has weathered that storm. He needed to stay out of trouble, get through the slower cars, and now he can concentrate on opening up a gap as we go three wide again into the braking area for the bust-up chicane. That is Tyler Cook on the low side and managing to overtake, I think, both of them as the Mustang. No, he was already ahead of the McLaren, but he certainly managed to overtake the 15 car of Scott Maxwell there. And the Maxwell car just not in a good phase of the race here. 
Holland losing places hand over fist. As long as he stays in the mix, though, should we get another caution? Don't discount him for a top three finish. We're back in that situation where the Caymans are looking very, very strong indeed. And Spencer Pompelli, having worked his way through the traffic, is going to find getting by Stephen McAleer a whole different story. I say that, he gets incredibly close under braking. I thought for a moment he was going to go for an overtake. They're certainly overlapping, and McAleer might not have an answer here for the pace of Spencer Pompelli. Pompelli staying to the side there of Stephen McAleer. They're almost banging door handles, but not quite. The RS1 car looks very stable under brakes. There's nearly contact as we go from the outside to the inside for Spencer Pompelli, but Stephen McAleer is positioning this car perfectly to just about stay in front as they head for the kink. Great battle between these two both former ST champions. Uh, Stephen McAleer won the championship uh, two years ago and Spencer Pompelli won it uh, a year ago in 16. Uh, in 2016, Pompelli won it. In 2015, McAleer was a champion ST. Now they are battling for the lead in GS. So towards the court, the left-hand corner that takes them back up onto the banking. They're still door handle to door handle here. Nothing to separate them. We have been in this situation before when Pompelli, or it was uh, McAvern at the time, went high and McAleer down low. Well, this time it's McAleer versus McAvern's teammate, Spencer Pompelli. Spencer thought he might be racing two cars in this race as they came here to Daytona. It's just the one, and he can focus his efforts then on the 28 car. Now, what's going to happen into the braking area? It's still McAleer just ahead then <laughs> of the... Pompelli car as they work their way through the bus stop chicane but these these two squabbling Porsches obviously not really working with each other they're possibly <laughs> slowing each other down and this is allowing Austin Sindrick back towards them yeah, at least just sort of stay with them isn't he and uh, they're coming off the banking now though and they're running in nose to tail they've got about what 10 to 15 car lengths at least over the best of the Fords but what a battle this is at the front Stephen McAleer has a lead he does not want to give it up Nose to tail across the start finish line, they're heading down into turn one. They both get on the brakes at just about the same time. Pompelli thinks about diving to the inside last minute. No, that's not going to work. McAleer has that has the advantage, has the lead by uh, just about a car length and a half as they head acceleration to get up towards turn three. And as we enjoy the action out on the racetrack, let's go down to our Continental Tire pit lane for an update from Diana Biggs. <laughs> Max Faulkner, you just jumped out of that car. Uh, you're looking uh, as if you've had your work cut out for you this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy afternoon for sure. We uh, just did a two-hour stint in the car, uh, handed it back off to Jason Rape, and um, yeah, no, it was it was a great stint. It was a huge amount of fun. A uh, great way to make my um, you know first appearance in the IMSA series. Seems to be a couple of you that have made an appearance this weekend. Um, how exciting is that for you? Sorry, say that again. I said there's a few of you with a, making your appearance this weekend in this race. Um, it must be exciting, but obviously very challenging as well. Yeah, no, it, it was it was massively exciting. You know, I've been looking forward to this for months, and you know, ever since we, this deal kind of all came together. So uh, you know, it's it's been really amazing. This weekend's been fantastic. Big thank you to the Body Motion guys. Thank you to Monticello Motor Club, who's uh, helped me get here as well. How do you sort of manage the traffic? Is that something that's um, you know always on your mind? Yeah, no, that that was uh, what, for me that'd been one of the biggest challenges. Uh, we actually have a spotter helping us out this weekend, and he's been massively helpful. Really, really great on the radio. Um, but yeah, no, the, for sure, managing the traffic first time I've ever had to do that, and it was uh, definitely a challenge. Okay, great.
Great stuff, thank you. Thank you very much. That's Diana Binks down in our Continental Tire pit lane. And whilst we were hearing that pit lane report, a pit stop for the number four yeah. guy, Cosmo-driven Mercedes. Joe Bradley on the beat, as usual, heading down to that area of our Continental Tire pit lane just to find out what's going on in terms of a driver change and any further things. But that will be its final stop to get to the finish with 52 minutes to go. Porsche's just heading through the tri-oval then. This is lap 81 just being completed and there's half a second between McAleer and Spencer Pompelli. So Stephen McAleer weathering the storm to an extent. Spencer Pompelli might just be easing things off a little bit. Some tyre temperature back or cool things down somewhat and then he's going to push again. But he was very, very close indeed on a couple of occasions to be able to get through but couldn't make it stick. Stephen McAleer certainly able to soak up all of this pressure. Yeah, and that last lap was a, a, a 1 minute 56.4 by the race leader, Steve McAleer. His fastest lap in the race was a 1.56.3. Low on fuel now, so there's 50-odd uh, 50 50 odd minutes remaining. They'll be, I fancy they'll be in for their pit stops fairly soon. And what's interesting about that is number four car elected to make it stop just on the last time around. It then is the, uh, I think, the first of the cars that can definitely go to the end of the race without needing... Uh, another pit stop if there are no other full course cautions if there uh, if there is a full course caution the pits would be closed and then uh, it would be look it, it would be played into the, into the advantage of number four car which has already made its final stop everybody else would need to wait for the pits to close and everything else to happen before they were able to make their pit stops but uh, you know certainly nothing to to lose there by number four car coming in earliest and uh, becoming the first of the leaders to make its pit stops Let's go back down to the pit lane and Joe Bradley with an update on car four, the Mercedes. At the TGM crew tell me that Jeremy's correct, the car can do 55 minutes, so they're quite happy with that. Guy Cosmo stayed at the wheel, just fueling tyres there, so Guy, as you would imagine, they would have had to absolutely pry him out of the car. He's having a great battle out there, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, and tremendous entertainment it is for us fans and commentators alike. Well, our commentators are kind of fans with microphones, as we often say. We're thoroughly enjoying this first race of the year of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge being brought to you live on RS2 IMSA Radio. Johnny Palmer and Jeremy Shaw in the fifth floor commentary box peering over this splendid motorsport venue and it's at Dyna Binks and Joe Bradley in the pit lane. Yeah, 50 minutes to go. That's right. Uh, and Okay, the number 80 car, by the way, must have had some sort of a spin or something like last lap. Uh, that would be uh, uh, Brett Sandberg, who was running in the uh, seventh position. Uh, and has now fallen all the way back to uh, 13th as we see several other cars including the RS1 Porsche Cayman who's running in second place behind Steve McAleer onto pit lane. Well, a busy spell once again in, on pit road then as the Spencer Pompelli 28 car comes in for a stop. Also, Hugh Plum diving in for what we expect to be the final time for the Team TGM 46. So that's the sister car to the four machine that uh, Joe's just updated us with. So the fours in and out, the 46 currently being uh, served on pit road. Tom Long, by the way, in the TCR Audi, the 77, for Compass Racing, leading TCR and they can do a little bit further fuel mileage, can't they? The yeah, TCR yeah the number 74 car, Kudo Whitmer, he made his uh, final stop just a couple of laps ago. He was leading when he came into pit lane in car number 74 in TCR. 
Okay. So certainly TCR cars up to 15th and 17th overall now. Just in Piscatel in the 53, doing a really good job. It's all about Audis though. Sadly for golf fans, the VW Golf is still circulating. So Dylan McAvan has taken McAvern has taken over from Spencer Papelli for the final stint in this race aboard that number 28 car. So he's nice and fresh. He's ready to go. And in the meantime, Stephen McAleer hasn't yet made his final stop, and he has got the hammer down. 156.8 as he comes across the line this time. A 156.3 it was last time, which is almost identical to his fastest lap in the race. He is pushing as hard as he can before he comes in to make that final pit stop. And the longer he goes, of course, the less fuel he will need to get to the end of the race. So if he can push hard now, uh, make sure that uh, he, he uh, burns off the fuel, uses the advantage of the lightness of the car turn quick laps hey this is a, a chess chess game at the moment yeah all about pushing as hard as you can into your stint so you can take on less fewer litres of fuel fewer gallons of fuel and then the cars light up for the final stint set 22 versus 82 is the battle for second position so Stephen McAleer oh, has changed last time around jumped to yes it has so Austin Sindrick uh, was behind Tyler Cook at the start of the lap while Sindrick's back in front again that Mustang that no longer has its rear bumper, its rear valance. The 82 then is the meat in that Ford Mustang sandwich. Tyler Cook third, Scott Maxwell in the second of the dark-coloured Mustangs is fourth. And the other guy has done a really good job uh, since the uh, restart here is Indy Doncher in the number 57 car for Winwood Racing, the Mercedes. He's moved himself up now inside the top ten. He's just said his best lap of the race. A 157.0 for the Mercedes, that's a great lap. He is absolutely charging in that car number 57. And the lead, McLaren, is in fifth place. Matt Plum slowly working its way up the order. And, and here's the race McLaren leader. actually quite a way down. But the race leader is about to come down pit road. Here comes Stephen McAleer then with uh, 83 laps, 84 laps completed, I think it will be, once it crosses the line in pit road. But who else is going to pit? Well, certainly not Tyler Cook, who now becomes the new race leader to start lap 85. 0.9 of a second ahead of Scott Maxwell and Trent Hinman now third. So uh, three cars coming down pit lane and Joe Bradley can tell us about some of those stops. Yeah, Johnny, I've got the 22, the uh, Austin Sindrick Mustang in, looking like just fuel and tyres, fuel still going in. Remember, this car is devoid of a rear bumper, making it uh, very aesthetically unpleasant on the rear. Left-hand side wheel's going on, leader further down pit road towards pit out, so that's out of my sight. Probably Diana uh, can take us through that one in a moment, but the left-hand side wheels, remember, not centre-locking. Five-wheel studs and five-wheel nuts going on the car. The wheels are on, now we're waiting and the fueling comes off. And Sindrick is back out, absolutely firing wheel nuts out the back of the car at us like it is uh, ammunition. We've slowly machine guns there. I hope you were standing in the same place, Joe, as the uh, spare wheel nuts that weren't required when uh, new wheels were bolted on and spat in the direction of Joe Bradley. There's a man now sitting on the top of the number five Porsche, former race leader. That's how the fuel goes in these Caymans, right on the nose of the car. That car is going to be set free now as the man in question leaps from the hood of that Porsche. And
and it goes back into the race. Tyler Cook leading by 0.9 of a second from Scott Maxwell, yeah. Trent Hinman third and Eric Foss is fourth. By rough count, I think it's the 15th lead change uh, in this race. We've got less than 45 minutes remaining now uh, in this event. We've had 10 different leaders and uh, it's still uh, anyone's game at this stage. We'll have to see where the cars all come out of the pits after making this round of pits. The number 82 car though stays out for at least one more lap as we see the number 15 car, Scott Maxwell in second place and Trent Hinman and Eric Foss in the Marilla Racing uh, black and orange Mercedes onto pit lane. So the 15 car has just come in and out. Uh, very simple fuel and tyres pit stop. I beg your pardon, it's not yet back on the move, but it will be in a moment or two. It looks to be very much a uh, staple stop for car 15. And Trent Hinman is in in the Dayglow Vault racing Ford Mustang as well. Here's Joe then with an update on the 15. Yeah, a lot cleaner looking number 15 Mustang in difference to the sister 22. Nice clean lines on the rear of the car. I'm going to change my position so I don't get fired at when the car is off its jacks. It's off the jacks now. And there's Scott Maxwell, same deal. Wheel nuts flying everywhere, but he's back in the race, guys. Okay. So, so he's heading down pit lane, and, the, uh, and Spencer Pompelli now is coming past start-finish line. Uh, and he's ahead of the number 46 car. Those have uh, already made their final pit stop, so Maxwell's going to be a good long way behind them. Spectacular style, these Ford Mustangs uh, rejoin the race as uh, the Porsche number 28 clobbers the kerb there through the little kink just before the international horseshoe. The race leader, meanwhile, is at the bus stop chicane on this lap 86, now enjoying a 10-second lead, but we're expecting Tyler Cook in very shortly. Meanwhile, we can hear from Joe Robillard, who joins Diana Binks down in the pit lane. You've just jumped out of the car, you sort of pitted in the lead there. It's quite a, it looked like a good slick pit stop to get the car back out. Are you happy with your stint? Yes, the, it's gone very well so far. It was uh, very exciting out there. The racing is just so close that any mistake is expensive, but it sure is fun. When there's a caution period, obviously you must be fairly used to that when it happens, but some of these new guys that have never been in this race before, it must really challenge them. It is, and the cautions here are long, and they're so important to how the race plays out. Our pit stop strategy is a little different from some of the other cars. It looks like it's going to play out okay, but my job is just to stand here and cheer from now on. I, I assume that these races require a lot of patience. They do require a lot of patience. It's hard to stay focused for four hours, and the stints are long, and the racing's very intense, but it's a lot of fun. And the balance of the car when you pitted? fabulous the car is really terrific the car has been perfect all day and we're really we worked hard on the setup and i think the guys have it just about perfect but obviously when the race ends it'll be a four hour race but i guess it feels like it was five minutes in there for you you're smiling so much when they called me in i was so surprised that it was time to get out of the car already i was just starting to get warmed up and have fun great stuff thank you very much thank you Joe Robillard from the number five uh, Porsche that uh, is being driven now by Stephen McAleer at Body Motion Racing, uh, former race leader of the five car, but very much in the equation for a race win in the opening race of the year. Tyler Cook's BMW is back on the move, and we'll tell you in a moment whether Tyler stepped out of that car. Well, he was going pretty swiftly, so I think the team will want to keep him in if at all possible. 
Sorry, Jeremy. No, I wouldn't think so. I think, uh, you know, uh, the... Uh, the, the James Claydred, uh, a good long stint at the beginning of the yes, race. I'm sure Tyler Cook will bring it home now. So, yep. uh, but uh, Indy Dodger now leads the race in car number 57 for Windward Racing. Uh, uh, there he is uh, coming around the banking. That's the Tecmec car uh, for Windward Racing and uh, HTP Motorsports, a collaboration there between the uh, Texas and uh, German teams. It's been squeezed there as he comes off the banking by the, by the McLaren of uh, Jesse Lazare, who's now going one lap down. So he's going to be the first car one lap down. The Mercedes, whoa. And the Mercedes uh, then leader race becomes the 11th different leader, but pretty sure he still owes us a pit stop. And the guy who's going to be uh, taking the lead fairly soon because number 63 car is running second as Aaron Povoledo in the uh, DXDT racing Mercedes, sharing that car with David Askew, who started out. Both of those two owe us a pit stop. And we're going to have to see whether number 19... I think uh, is next. He owes the pit stop as well. It's Gregory Leefuga taking over from Ari Baylog. And next in line is Dylan McAvern, who has a narrow lead, uh, well, a couple of second lead over Trent Hinman. I think that is uh, going to be the leaders once the pit stops are completed. Just hearing some news about the 57 car, actually, which stopped one lap before the last full course yellow. So the 57 crew reckon they should be able to go quite away and then do a time stop to the finish. Sure, everybody's so. going to be doing a time stop before the finish. Uh, the question is, you know, they, they, they should know how much fuel they need at each, at each junction in the race. We've got three Fords here, uh, absolutely nose to tail or side by side coming, coming past us. That's a bat that is a battle for position, by the way, for... Uh, where is it now? It's for 9th, 10th and 11th, no, 8th, 9th and 10th. Jade Buford just ahead of the two youngsters, Cole Custer and Austin Sindrick. I uh, wonder whether there was maybe a little bit of a, a bit of contact there between Cole Custer and Austin Sindrick. It would have only been a love tap at turn one, maybe at the rear fender of the 15 car, just making contact with the 22. Didn't really unsettle the cars if, if contact was made. And they will continue on happily three cars absolutely together to be fair for the majority of the time into turn one there they made room for one another if the overtake is there they will go for it but they're also driving consider considerately bearing in mind there's still only there's still 38 minutes to go yeah but bearing that in mind and here's number 57 car so it gives up the lead that'll uh, enable Aaron Povoledo will it to, to uh, lead the race yes it will in car number 63 so he becomes our 12th different leader and our 16, 17th lead change. What a tremendous race this has been. There's no one who hasn't had a, a, a chance to shine here at some stage or another. Brilliant stuff. Uh, and uh, but the, the guy in the cat in, in, in who's in the the favoured position most definitely is uh, Dylan McAvoy in kind of a 28. As we see the Fords battling again down the back straight and uh, dicing around amongst themselves. That's brilliant fun. Uh, but uh, McAvoy has got a, a handy lead now and he's pulling away from Trent Hinman in second place. McAvoy now coming towards the tri oval on his 89th lap. So Aaron Povoledo, who now leads the race, we're expecting in, in the not too distant future. Greg Liefuger's Mercedes has looked strong throughout the course of the race, but probably will give way at some point to Dylan McAvern that uh, is looking very strong now in the 28 Porsche and McAvern and Pompelli have shown great consistency across all of their stints. Mustangs again side by side, this time the 22 
of Austin Sindrick around the outside of Cole Custard to try and make the move stick. It's very now. There were definitely is contact there. Door handle to door handle stuff once more, and the door mirrors are still just about in place. I'd expect both of them to be pinging off at very different angles, but you cannot get much closer than this. And on the white 59, a big rubber donut there from uh, Austin Sindrick's effort to get past him. These guys are having fun, no question about that. And uh, so is Aaron Povoleda, the Canadian uh, lead in the race at the moment. Into Joncha then will resume. I'll well, we'll have to see where he resumes. But uh, Trent Hinman is running in second place, but not far behind Trent Hinman. There's Hugh Plum in number 46, Team TGM Mercedes Benz. He's sharing that car uh, with uh, Owen Trinkler. They've done an excellent job all the way through this race. And Hugh is looking on here potentially for a podium finishing because. Uh, this, this battle amongst those three Mustangs is next on the road, but they're a good 10 seconds or so behind the Mercedes of Hugh Plum, who's a brother, by the way, of Matt Plum. Looking out for Aaron Povoledo, who continues on to an, another lap. This is uh, lap 90, then, of the opening race of the year, the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. And this is the BMW Endurance event to kick off the year. Gap is just over 20 seconds now between Pobaledo and Greg Lee Fuga, but uh, don't yeah. think that that's the way the race is panning out no. effectively because we've got cars that still owe us pit stops and Dylan McAvern very strongly placed in third position in that 28 Porsche. Right, the 63 uh, definitely owes us. I don't think it can get to the end. It, no. it, it came in during the previous caution period, but I'm pretty sure he can't get to the end from here. Uh, so he's uh, out for the glory here, but he's just turned that car's best lap of the race, yes. has Aaron Povoledo. He's been around this board a long, long time, is Aaron. Great to see him uh, with a uh, with one of these new cars and step out of the series of the Ford uh, continue the battle into turn one. Gregory Liefuger, he's taken over from Harry Baylock, who, of course, was involved in that incident down at the bus stop a long time ago. Incredible, they got that car not only back into the fray, but he's actually running in second place right now. Yes, Owes is. the pit stop, but still a great run, but uh, effort by Stephen Cameron Racing. Yeah, so the two Mercedes now out front, and Indy Doncha, after a recent stop, has only slipped to sixth position. So we're in a position now where the top six are represented by four Mercedes. The Porsche of McAvern and Trent Hinman in the Dayglow yellow Ford, the number seven Volt Racing sponsored machine. As into pit lane comes the 55 Porsche from the Street Tuner class. That's the uh, Murillo Racing machine. Justin Piscatel has been doing some driving in that car. I'll tell you who's at the wheel of the 55 right now. It was Tim Probert to bring it in. Third position, in fact, in the Street Tuner class and had been trying to catch up with Jason Rabe in the 21 Porsche and Nick Gallant in the 81 BMW who continues to lead in the Bimmel World uh, Verista-sponsored BMW. And it, that is uh, the car that uh, started on the pole position, didn't it, with Devon Jones having uh, done the first stint in that Bimmel World BMW. There's the 63 Aaron Povoledo car heading into the West Horseshoe and leading by 24 seconds now. So some good laps here from Arapovaleda, the race leader. Greg Lee Fuga in second position, but Dylan McAvert will be there or thereabouts come the check and flag. We've got just over half an hour to go. 
46 Mercedes of Hugh Plum also turning some good laps at the moment, but actually the fastest driver in the top six remains Dylan McAvern. Perhaps no surprise about that. No, no, that's been the fastest car uh, all day long, hasn't it, really? Uh, well, all week long, in effect. Uh, so we're then certainly looking good here with the uh, top uh, two cars still due a pit stop, but it's certainly been a fine run by both of those Mercedes. We can see them running out in front in this race. And uh, in uh, what well, effectively now is third place is Calibre 46, Team TGM, Hugh Plum at the wheel of that car. And Indy Jonja, having made that pit stop just recently, uh, coming out of the lead, giving up the lead off after the 87 laps, uh, he is now resumed in what is effectively fourth position. That's been a tremendous run for that team. Other cars to look out for, despite them dropping now out of the top five. Austin Sindrick's Ford, which we know is coming, and he's kind of bringing Scott Maxwell with him. They're in the 157s in this phase of the race. And also Tyler Cook's BMW that has led previously. It was driven brilliantly well by James Clay earlier on and handed over to Tyler Cook just over half distance. And that's also posting some good lap times. So the two Fords and the BMW, relatively close quarters, dicing for 7th, 8th and ninth, but they could yet have an imprint on the top five come the end of this race. Nearing 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us here on RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're live from trackside at the Daytona International Speedway, bringing you coverage of the BMW Endurance Challenge here at Daytona. It certainly has not disappointed so far with so many different race leaders, lots of different manufacturers represented at the head of the order as well. And uh, we're nearing 100 laps completed now, another nine to go before we get to that point. And expecting Aaron Povoledo in at some point over the next probably 10 to 15 minutes for a final pit stop. Povoledo leading Greg Lee Fuga by 25 yeah. seconds. Well, I'm wondering what happened to number five car on its last pit stop because uh, that was running, if you remember, pretty much in lockstep with number 28 for a while uh, in first and second place uh, the number five number 28 Stephen McAleer uh, however has come out a long 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 way behind how far is behind is he in total uh, over a minute behind no not, not not a minute behind scratch that 20 odd seconds though behind number 28 car Drama here, Oops. though, for Austin Sindrick, one of the quickest cars at this phase of the race. He's just done a 157.0, but Austin Sindrick, forlorn figure inside the cockpit, absolutely gutted is the young man because that car was going so, so well. And is it as a result of the damage that that car incurred earlier on? I'm not sure. The 22 car, we know, can't be out of fuel. It's only recently had a stop on lap 85. We're only on lap 92 now, but the car has stopped on the infield section, and it's just after the International Horseshoe. Car 63, Aaron Povoledo continuing to lead the race with Greg Liefuger trying to reel it in, but Liefuger's quite a bit off the pace there. But what disappointment for Austin Sindrick. Yeah, absolutely right. Inside now, the final half an hour of this race, as we watch, was that the race ah, leader? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. The 63 car of Aaron Povoledo running wide at turn one and very nearly piling into the tyres. Thankfully, Povoledo got it stopped just cost in time. Him, cost him several seconds, and he doesn't need to do it. He needs to push hard because he's certainly got a, 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 an opportunity here to caution. score a really good result. We're going caution, Jeremy. Oh, that's bad luck for that team. Because 
I can only assume Austin Sindrick's car yeah. needing to be recovered. He's pulled it up to a, what he considered to be a safe location, but it can't be left there on the exit of the International Horseshoe, off the driver's left, and alongside one of the track workers posts but uh, recovery vehicles won't take very long at all to get to that scene they are housed just the other side of the international horseshoe there and things calm down for a short yellow is yeah. what we're told yeah it will be a short yellow because we're inside the final uh, 30 minutes of the race so there won't be any uh, pits opening for, for scheduled pit stops and that's even worse news for uh, well i think it is uh, I, I don't think the caution is going to be long enough for Aaron Provolado and Gregory Liefiger to re be able to uh, stay out there and reach the finish. But in any case, what this is going to do, even if they, even if they could reach the end, this is going to bring uh, Dylan McIver now right onto their tail, and he clearly has a much faster car. So uh, this is going to be, I think, game over for those two. Really shame because it's been a tremendous performance by both of those teams. Number 63 is uh, Winwood Racing slash HTP Motorsports and Stephen Cameron Racing in a number 19, particularly having that off earlier in the race. Just hearing in the background there, one of the track workers getting to Austin Sindrick's car, shouting into the cockpit, are you OK? Austin says, yes, I'm fine. He's really not fine, of course, because he's absolutely so frustrated punching the steering wheel because he knew that that 22 car was in a great position to come out with possibly a podium. You never know, the way he was charging there, he was catching cars ahead of him. I know catching's one thing, overtaking another, but Austin Sindrick well and truly revved up, and he's now sort of in a world of his own, if you like, imagining what might have been, but uh, a promising year ahead for Austin Sindrick, waving at the fans, which is good to see, and now awaiting recovery with the, uh, the big pickup there moving into position so that his car can be towed to a safe location. Just getting some uh, noise there from Austin's cockpit, so we'll lose that for the moment and uh, update you just as soon as that car can be recovered. He's staying on board, 27 minutes to go and a very short caution, we're told, so that we can get back to racing. Yeah, and I'm uh, certainly curious to know why, if we can, maybe our pit lane, Continental Tire pit lane reporters can find out what happened to number five pit stop for Body Motion Racing to put Stephen McAleer so far back in the pack. He's running in 10th position now, uh, but uh, like I said before, he had been dicing effectively for the lead with the number 28 car uh, prior to their, their most recent pit stops. Number 5 car stayed out a couple of laps longer, so theoretically needed a, a touch less fuel than number 28 car. But uh, it's come out a long, long, long way behind, and uh, he's, got a bit, he's got a fast car, Stephen, certainly no question about that, so he might be able to... He, he, might well be able to make up a fair bit of ground but uh, he's also got some fast cars ahead of him that are not going to make things easy for him. TCR still headed by the Tom Long driven 77 Audi that is the team Compass Racing machine that Compass first and second in that class with the 74 Kuno Whitmer driven Audi in 18th position overall but crucially second in class and third position is the Murillo Racing Audi TCR car with Justin Piscatel back at the wheel Matt Fastnack did a lengthy middle stint right, in fact he started the car uh, the 53 bright orange Murillo racing machine in street tuner it's still Nick Gallant's BMW the Bimmer World car ahead of Jason Rabe's Porsche the body motion racing prepared car 
Yeah, that's right. The first, they're the first two in the class. They're shown to lap apart. I don't know whether uh, that it's a full lap or whether whether the uh, Jason Rabe car is going to be able to get a, the wave around yeah. to pull up behind Nick Gallant. Not quite sure, but certainly the top three cars, at least in TCR, are all on the lead lap. And once we get to the restart, there'll be little to choose between Tom Long, Kuna Whitmer, and Justin Piscitel in third place. Justin Piscitel, of course, started off driving the number 55 ST-class Porsche Cayman, now switched across to the uh, also Murillo Racing uh, TCR Audi car number 53. So he's had two completely different cars, I mean completely different cars. The uh, front-engine front-wheel drive Audi, the rear-engine rear-wheel drive Porsche Cayman. So he's had his workout cut out this afternoon. Uh, and a shout-out from Murillo Racing. They've, they've done a super job all year. That, that they've, They were planning on running two Mercedes and GS uh, coming into this weekend, plus a TCR car. One of the, the GS cars, the Mercedes, was, was delivered literally on the eve of the raw test. It flew, it was flown into Atlanta. The team drove up there to get it, drove it down to uh, the firm, which is a small track not too far from here. They ran it at five o'clock in the morning on the second day of the raw test. Really? They brought it down here, ran it uh, through, through, the, through the second and third days of the raw test. Uh, the second car was due to be delivered last week, wasn't. Uh, and so, therefore, the number 56, it should have been number 56 team, Tim Brobert and Brent Mosing switched back to their old familiar Porsche Cayman in ST. That's the car they're running now. And in the third position, I think you said, in ST. Um, and uh, and, and, a, and a thought for Ken Murillo, too, because he's a great guy. He had a good career himself. His son races. And Ken was one of those really unfortunate people to, to lose everything in uh, that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Northern California fire towards the end of last season, as indeed did uh, uh, Ricky Cameron, who's the uh, chief engineer for Spirit of Daytona Racing in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, uh, and uh, Matthew Keegan, who drove very, very well last season in the GS class of the IMSA Continental uh, Sports Car Challenge. So uh, thoughts go to all those many families uh, that lost everything in those awful fires. But uh, Marilla Racing uh, bouncing back, and uh, the number 56 car is running currently in the 13th position. That's Eric Foss, and who was last year's ST champion. We're going to just get a word with Chase Briscoe, who's Austin Sindrick's teammate, uh, just to get a, a feeling of how things are down there at uh, Multimatic Motorsports. Here's Joe Bradley. Oh, despondent looks down here at Multimatic. Chase. And, and it's bad to go out at any stage of the race, but certainly so close to the finish, you guys must be absolutely good at Yeah, it's certainly uh, unfortunate. Yeah, you know, uh, we were caught up in that wreck, and honestly, I thought we were going to be done, and Austin did an awesome job and got us back in contention. And uh, not sure 100% what happened. I just know that they said it didn't go into gear anymore. So uh, definitely unfortunate, but uh, just so thankful to be here with all the Ford Performance guys. They gave us really fast race cars all week long, and uh, looking forward to doing more of these. Yeah, it bodes well for the rest of the season. It's a positive that you can take. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, we were way more competitive. I know me personally, and I thought I was going to be. So I'm looking forward to getting going to Sebring and seeing what we can do there. Bad luck, cheers. Better luck next time for the Multimatic 22 Mustang. Yeah, not a lot you could say in those yeah. situations. But well done, Joe. Nevertheless, it's good to get some reaction. And uh, Austin Sindrick smacking the steering wheel inside the cockpit there, just uh, processing exactly 
what was going on and the fact that it wouldn't be able to, that car to continue anymore but horrible that it happens in the final half an hour we'll stay in our continental tyre pit lane with Diana Binks who's found Damien Faulkner from Mercedes Damien thanks very much for dropping down um, obviously you're sitting up there watching how this race pans out now you're pretty experienced of this track and what happens this last half an hour we'll see an awful lot of things going on yeah like this yellow flag for example um, <laughs> yeah, it has actually been a, quite a very long yellow flag, so it will really dictate the last part of this race, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's some fabulous racing going on out there. Unfortunately, Russell and I are not part of it. Um, actually, I've just heard that the safety car lights have gone out, so we're going back to racing in a minute. Yeah, they're coming now, actually, so they're not going to hear me, are they? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk loudly. Yeah, so we're, we're just cheering on uh, Indy in the number 57. Um, Seems to be doing a pretty. He seems to be doing a pretty exceptional job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he was a fantastic teammate. Uh, him and I were running pretty close together earlier on in the stint. But um, and then Russell was doing a fantastic job, and unfortunately, just got caught up in somebody else's incident, and just uh, just a bit deflating. Really, it's not. You know, we we want to win the championship this year, and this is not the way to start it. So, uh, a bit despondent at the moment. I understand that. It's always very difficult. But could you explain to us, really, at this point of a, of a race, and if you're the driver behind the wheel of the car, you know, what's going through your mind? What's the biggest thing that you'll be thinking of right now? Well, I mean, if you're in with a chance of winning the race, you're just trying to win the race, obviously, and you're just trying to work on other people's weaknesses and, and trying to be clean, trying to conserve your tyres um, and not make any mistakes. It's a difficult circuit, though, isn't it? Uh, not really. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> There's not too many turns in it, you know. Uh, no, it's pretty simple. I mean, it, you know, yeah, I've never won here. I would love to win here, but uh, it's not going to be this year, I'm afraid. Okay, Damien, thank you. Thank you. Diana Biggs with Damien Faulkner. Uh, meanwhile, there is a Mercedes out front. In fact, two of them as we go back to green. There's some battling within TCR as well. Down on the low side is Kuno Whitmer challenging there with Justin Piscatel yeah. for second play no, 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 for the lead of the race yeah. with Tom Long so this is the lead of the TCR class uh, Tom Long versus Kuno Whitmer and Whitmer in the 74 car doing Tom Long on the brakes there into the bus stop chicane a nice little move and actually tucked in right behind is Piscatel in the That's orange right. TCR Audi yep, absolutely no to tell those three leaders in ST but uh Meanwhile, Porsche, yeah. driven by Dylan McAvern, has wasted no time at all to take the race lead. He's managed to overtake Greg Leifuga, and into the pits comes 63, Aaron Povoledo. We knew that Povoledo would need a splash and dash, effectively, to get him through to the final, or through the final 20 minutes of this race. And Dylan McAvern hits the front with a lead of 1.8 seconds. The question now is, can anyone catch that Porsche Cayman? Yeah, I very much doubt it. It's been the class of the field, hasn't it? And uh, with the Dylan McAvern, the defending series champion, and the defending series champion team out front, it's going to be a, a tough ask. But there's all sorts of battling going on behind it. Indy Doncha really done an excellent job in that number 57 car. Two Mercedes there side by side. One of them is a lap down. Is, no, it's not. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. That is a battle with Hugh Plum uh, in, the, in the thick of that. So yeah. they are dicing for, for sort of. Well, okay, Trin Hinman has uh, got himself up into second place, and that is a battle for third. Yeah, because Greg Leifug has basically been swamped by all of these cars and is struggling to find a little bit of asphalt for his very own. The 19 car uh, 
is slowly dropping down the order because Indy Donch is coming through. Tyler Cook in the BMW is also making ways. Scott Maxwell can't be very far away either. The two Mercedes overlapping on the high backs then with on the high side Hugh Blum. The low side is Dutchman Indy Doncha and the 57 car doesn't quite have the speed of the 46 but Doncha should be able to place the Mercedes in the right place. No, round the outside goes Hugh Blum to maintain third position dust being kicked up in the background as the 82 BMW of Tyler Cook makes his way through as well but Stephen McAleer is coming yes, in the five is. car <laughs> and we heard or I heard from Diana Binks who'd been down to the team at car number five to say yes their pit stop was reasonably long body motion racing they were putting fuel in the car but there were no problems as far as that pit stop was concerned it went very well and they still think they're pretty hot on strategy here. So the five car could yet have a say on the top five. Very much so. He's up in the seventh place now. So we've already moved up, moved up uh, uh, three places since the restart has uh, Stephen McAleer in that number five car. Uh, meanwhile, these two Mercedes are battling away. It's now uh, fourth position. The number 46 car of Hugh Plum trying desperately to stay ahead of Indy Doncha. So right now it's a Porsche Ford Ford with Scott Maxwell having moved himself up from a seventh to third on that last lap in car number 15. Uh, he's an old stager in this sport as well. He, he knows how to win championships and races. He's done an awful lot. The Canadian, the veteran Canadian. Uh, and uh, But uh, Dylan McAvoy, he's uh, got a, a lead now 2.8 seconds over Trent Hinman in second place. Uh, Brett Sandberg was uh, getting bang from pillar to post a little bit there at the International Horseshoe, clashing with the BMW of Jason Hart, which has shown good speed, particularly with Jason at the wheel, and Jason forcing his way through a little bit there at the International Horseshoe, 12th position at the start of this lap, well he's certainly up to 11th now in that green BMW, and maybe into the top 10 by the end of this, the 98th lap car 50 by the way is going to be assessed a penalty because of working in a closed pit lane so that's going to be a stop wait for 60 seconds then get back up and running again for car 50 the GMG racing Audi RA to Ashley Freiburg and Gosia Dest meanwhile the yellow and black mini JCW coming down pit road for one final time and the 50 car I think coming in to serve its penalty now indeed so a couple of laps off the pace, uh, that number 50 car has had a, a drama-filled day. Yes, it has. Although, actually, good single lap speed, generally speaking, particularly with Ashley Freiburg at the wheel. So the penalty to be served at the very end of the pit lane with uh, IMSA officials overseeing that uh, one-minute stop and hold. Meanwhile, the leaders are heading back to the infield section for lap 99. Dylan McAvern now building the lead to 3.2 seconds. Yeah. But what about cars further down well, the order? It's, that it's, might be it's been shuffling around uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Palmer because uh, now uh, Tyler Cook in the number 82 has jumped up into the fourth position. That's the BMW ahead of both of the Mercedes, which continue the battle. Hugh Plum and Indy Doncha. Matt Plum in the McLaren is right in there. Jade Buford in column 59 is moving back toward the front as well. And the big loser on that lap was Stephen McAleer, who must have had some sort of a drama somewhere because he's fallen back to ninth place, lost two positions on that lap. Yes, and a two-minute lap, in fact, so three seconds slower than Tyler Cook has just put in the BMW's best lap of the race. A really good effort there for the man now up to fourth position, a 157 flat, uh, 
as uh, Dylan McAvern reaches the end of sector one on lap 99 and, uh, as I say, slowly building his lead over Trent Hinman. Hinman, in turn, is being caught by Scott Maxwell, so we could yet have a change in the Ford Mustangs before the end of this, down to half a second now between Maxwell and Hinman. It's the day-glow yellow car being caught by the much darker grey of Maxwell in the 15 machine. So they're nose to tail at the bus stop. In fact, they're two abreast at the bus stop, and wow. we do have a positional change there with the 15 car of Maxwell through and past that Volt Racing car. So Maxwell ahead of Hitman, and the next man to possibly catch Trent will be Tyler Cook in the BMW, which is also showing really good speed at this phase of the race. Into the final 13 minutes we go. And... Uh Dylan McAvern comes across the line, stretching his lead over now uh, Scott Maxwell in second place, having got past Trent Hinman. Right behind them, though, is uh, Tyler Cook. And then the uh, the two Mercedes, Q Plum and Indy Doncha, and Matt Plum right in that battle as well. It's a great battle now for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Two Mercedes absolutely side by side coming off turn uh, one and two. That's going to be interesting when they get down to the uh, horseshoe uh, with the McLaren looking to try and find a way past them as well. There's no way through there, Matt Plum. Another cracking lap from Jason Hart in the 72 BMW as well. Yeah. That's that car's best lap of the race and he is reeling in that huge gackle of machinery just ahead. There's a little bit of a gap to close up as they head for the West Horseshoe now. But having seen Scott Maxwell wriggle free of Trent Hidman through the bus stop last time around, Trent maybe uh, it might be a bit too much for him to ask to catch uh, Dylan McAvern because McAvern is on a bit of a tear here with 12 minutes to go. Yeah, this no. is lap 100 and it's looking like a very strong event here for the RS1 Porsche of McAvern and Pompelli. Yeah, look at the begin their title defence in the best possible style and that's all they've done all weekend long. But uh, Tyler Cook there, what a good job he is doing. And Jason Hart also in the other BMW car number 72. He's moved himself inside the top eight. Meanwhile, uh, Stephen McAleer, another two-minute lap. He lost another couple of seconds on that lap. I think there might be some sort of an issue with that number five Porsche came at GT4 MR. Change for third position. Tyler Cook able to draft yeah. past Trent Hinman. Pretty easy that, I have to say, for the BMW to get ahead then of the yellow Mustang. Where are the, the TCR cars, by the way? The TCR cars are heading uh, down the back straight now. Again, nothing okay. to choose between the three of them. Uh, Tom Long at back ahead of Kulo Whitmer, Justin Piscitel right behind them as well. All three cars covered by less than a second last time around. Yeah, and although there is another car with them, that is not on the lead lap, I believe. It's certainly not a TCR car, so we need not concern ourselves with that as far as the TCR battle is concerned. But Tom Long, Kuno Whitmer, Justin Piscitel, any one of those three drivers could yet win the opening TCR event of the year. First time we got TCRs as part of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Street Tuner still being led by Nick Gallant, Jesse Jason Rabe trailing that car by 15 seconds so Rabe did get the wave around in the last caution as the seven Mustang goes far too deep into the international horseshoe and that'll be more places lost for Trent Hinman I'm afraid the 72 BMW though ready to pounce Jason Hart can he do two cars on the approach of the King thought about diving at the inside there a Hugh Plum but Plum defended stoutly and uh, thankfully contact was avoided but Plum in the 46 car under massive pressure here from Jason Hart. These BMWs look really strong yeah. at the end of the race. Don't they just? A really good effort. You just said another best lap for that car to Jason Hart. Three drivers in that number 72 car. Mike Best started. Toby Grohovic, who's a, a, a multi-time champion in SCCA and in the World Challenge. 
uh, drove the middle stint, and now Jason Hart from Flower Mound in Texas, what a wonderful name, uh, is, uh, is, is running. His best finish previously in this championship, by the way, for Jason Hart, in 20 previous starts, was a couple, a pair of sixth-place finishes. He's currently running in eighth, but he's certainly got a car that is uh, fast enough to get himself uh, potentially in the top five. Green M4 makes quick work of Hugh Plum's Mercedes around the outside and that will be seventh position netted for Jason Hart and the seven car, remember, has slipped down the order so it'll probably be sixth place, in fact, for Jason Hart and yeah. therefore he's now the meat in that Plum sandwich. <laughs> Matt's ahead of uh, Jason Hart and Hugh behind. Wow. One lap to be completed this time around. Inside yeah. the final 10 minutes then in this four-hour race. And the lead. And the BMW 82 also is challenging for second place heading towards turn one. Scott Maxwell, he's not going to be an easy guy to get past. But Tyler Cook, who's uh, won uh, races before, but uh, in, only in the ST class. He's actually driven in, in GS before, but uh, he's certainly got a lot of experience. And Tyler Cook, he's got just got the one win to his name, and he would like to get himself... Uh, into a second place. To do so, he's got to get past the 18-time winner, and that will be Scott Maxwell. Another place change likely to happen pretty soon is the McLaren of Matt Plum getting by Indy Doncha, but Doncha's not going to be an easy fellow to slip by. The McLaren looks a little racier, though, at this phase in the race. In the final 10 minutes now, there is the black and blue McLaren of Matt Plum heading into the West Horseshoe car, number 76, on the tail of 57 Indy Doncha, and a bit further up the road, the BMW of Tyler Cook, that BMW M4 in its GT4 configuration, trying to shape up Scott Maxwell for a move for second position, but uh, Maxwell actually got a much better run on the infield than the BMW. I think Cook's best opportunity to get by is that dive down from the banking into turn one. BMW is able to draft quite a bit closer to the, the Mustang, which uh, has been struggling a bit for straight line speed this weekend. The Audis are totally together. All three yeah. could yet win this race in the TCR category. Tom Long ahead of Kuno Whitmer in 74 and Justin Piscatel in the orange 53. Seven minutes to go. More dust being kicked up in the face, this time of Matt Plum in the McLaren. Indy Doncha trying everything to keep the British car behind, the German large-nosed Mercedes. 57 coming through, NASCAR turns three and four now with Dylan McAvern almost up to six seconds as, a van as an advantage. Over the line they come for the 102nd time. Let's have a look at what the, the interval the is this time. The pass second place, by the way. Scott Maxwell has just been overtaken by Tyler Cook. Yes. Heading into turn one now, so a new second-place car, the BMW uh, from Bimmer World Racing of Tyler Cook. Scott Maxwell back to third. Matt Plum in the McLaren has fought his way from 11th place at the restart now into fourth in car number 76. Very, very tight indeed between Cook and Maxwell at the first of the horseshoes. I thought maybe for a second Maxwell had misjudged the breaking point and there was going to be some contact, but I think that was avoided. I'm trying to tell from this distance. We're quite a way away in our commentary box, but the BMW and the Mustang still look pretty straight considering we've had three hours and very nearly 55 minutes of racing. An incident involving Indy Doncha and Trent Hinman is un under review oh, currently. Is so maybe that's what happened to 
to uh, the Hinman car then why he's all of a sudden dropped off, off to the, the back pace. of that pack pretty much. Not, not necessarily off the pace but certainly to the back of the pack. The guy who has dropped off the pace is Stephen McAleer who clearly has some sort of a problem with his lost a gear or something is uh, not allowing that number five car to run at full pace. He's back to 13th and uh, way off the back of the pack now. Yeah, I'll let you know if and when a decision is made about that uh, incident in mind, cars 57 and 7. Good laps coming through there from Eric Foss and Guy Cosmo in the 56 and the 4 cars respectively, both in Mercedes GT4s this weekend, running 10th and 11th. And it's uh, just under two seconds separating those two cars. Dylan McAvern makes his way out of the bust-up chicane. And now, where's Matt Plum gone on this lap? Ah, oh, he slipped down a few places on this lap to so the 50, the 50, no, 76 car, the McLaren, struggling for whatever reason. I'm not sure there's, whether there's been some kind of incident for Matt Plum, but as he comes through this time, slipping from fourth position to something like seventh. Let's just check them through. Two abreast there with, on the high side, Jason Hart trying to pick off Indy Doncher. And Matt Plum, sixth position in the McLaren. 0.8 of a second between the second-placed BMW Tyler Cook and Scott Maxwell in the best-placed Ford Mustang, but he's third. Indy Doncher sticking the elbows out into the International Horseshoe because very much Jason Hart is there for company. Then it's Matt Plum, Hugh Plum in the McLaren-Mercedes battle, McLaren and Mercedes, rather. <laughs> and then Trent Hidman in the bright yellow Ford number seven. Uh, but the BMWs are second and fifth and certainly we might get two BMWs on the podium at this rate because Jason Hart is coming in a fair rate of knots. He is, isn't he? He's absolutely charged. He's got a, a personal best sector in the middle part of this racetrack. That's a run from turn six all the way down the back straight to the bus stop. So he is absolutely charging in that car. His best lap is a 57.0. Uh, which is which is what he turned last time. It wasn't his best lap overall last time around, but he's certainly, certainly very consistent and fast laps. Actually, quicker than our race leader Dylan uh, McAvern, who's well out now in front of this race. Three and a half minutes to go then, and this time around for Dylan McAvern, that'll be 104 laps in the book. It takes just under two minutes to get round this place, so he will start his penultimate lap, I reckon, this time around. Dylan McAvern well ahead, 6.1 seconds clear of this intense fight for second place between Tyler Cook's BMW and Scott Maxwell's Ford Mustang. Even with all his caution this time, I think last year's race covered 104 laps for the race leader, so we're going to beat that by two laps this time around, even with all the caution that we've had. Yep. And over the line goes Dylan McAvern then to start his penultimate lap. Yeah, and uh, Jason Hart moves him well, his way past Indy Joncher into fourth place. So it's now Porsche, BMW, Ford, BMW, Mercedes, McLaren. So what's that? That's uh, five different manufacturers uh, in the top uh, six positions. Yeah, Porsche, BMW, Ford, BMW, Mercedes, McLaren. That says a lot for this championship, doesn't it? Jason Hart running a little bit wide though on the exit of the International Horseshoe and that's given Indy Doncher maybe an opportunity to certainly draw alongside. Jason Hart though accelerating through the gears, that M4 looks again very, very strong. Meanwhile the other M4 being driven by Tyler Cook is being monstered by Scott Maxwell. So 
brave man perhaps to bet that uh, Jason Hart will finish on the podium, but he's still got the opportunity to do so. A lap and a half pretty much to go for the race leader, but far from decided for second position and for fourth between Jason Hart and Indy Doncher. Up onto the banking, and here yeah. comes Scott Maxwell. Doesn't Does. think this is done yet for second place. He's challenging again, isn't he? Meanwhile, the battle for uh, TCR, by the way. Tom Long has got back into the lead ahead of Kuno Whitmer, and Whitmer now has his hands full to keep off Justin Piscitel behind him. Pulled out just a little bit, actually, in the last couple of corners, but they were nose to tail, uh, almost even side by side heading into turn one. Battles everywhere you look. Absolutely right. Dylan McAvern just coming out of the bus stop chicane there with a minute and 20 seconds now left on the clock so once this lap is completed it will be one more white flag this time then being prepared as the race leader appears and there is the white flag being displayed from the starters gantry over the line goes Dylan McAvern the car he shares with Spencer Pompelli dispatching a couple of slower cars as he heads into the braking area for turn one and now should have a clear run through the infield can't see anybody else in front of him so Dylan McAvern looking like he's going to have a clear lap to finish this thing off still 45 seconds on the clock and what's the gap between Tyler Cook and Scott Maxwell at the start of this final well, here lap? comes Matt Plum into the, into the pits oh no that's a shame for Matt Plum in the McLaren so they're going to have to just top it top up with fuel or is it a slow puncture no they're going to do a tyre on that McLaren a rear right is going to be changed that's a heartbreaker for Compass Racing. Horrendous luck there. I'm not sure whether the tyre was entirely down or whether Matt Plum just sensed there was a slow puncture which was really affecting setup. But the McLaren now being sent, no fuel offered to the car. It's back on the move, but it's uh, that's kissing goodbye to a top five finish. Terrible, terrible luck for those guys. Leaders on the infield and now working their way up onto the high banks. In fact, uh, McAvern well clear now of the BMW Mustang fight. BMW M4 versus Ford Mustang and Tyler Cook and Scott Maxwell, the drivers. Jason Hart, 0.7 of a second clear of Indy Dodger at the start of the lap. They stay in that order for fourth and fifth positions. Sixth place is now Hugh Plum in another of the Mercedes. It looks like it's going to be a Porsche, certainly for the race win. BMW at second and fourth. A Ford Mustang should make the podium, but will it be second or third? And a couple of Mercedes into the top six, but for the final time then, heading through NASCAR turns three and four. It's going to be a first win of the season in the BMW Endurance Challenge at Daytona for the 28 car of Dylan McAvern and Spencer Pompelli. The win goes the way of RS1. Across the line goes the Porsche Cayman. Which way, though, is the uh, second-place fight going to go? It's going to be tight stuff there between the BMW of Tyler Cook and of Scott Maxwell. Tyler just about gets it by 0.9 of a second, and the Ford Mustang of Scott Maxwell finishes in third position, along with co-drivers Cole Custer and Ty Majeski, who started that car off four hours ago. Also breaking into the top four relatively late on in the piece, Jason Hart in the hard-charging 72 BMW from Classic BMW and Vess Energy Group. So that 72 car staying ahead of Indy Doncher by 0.8 of a second. Hugh Plum makes the top six. Eric Foss in the 56 Mercedes, seventh ahead of Trent Hinman, Guy Cosmo and Jade Buford. Yeah, good run there by Eric Foss. Last year's ST champion moving up to GS this season. 
uh, in the Murillo Racing Mercedes. As we watched the TCR cars battling off turn four for the run to the chequered flag. Yeah, That's the not, second place. Not finished yet, but Tom Long, I think, is just about far enough ahead. But who's going to get second? Kuno Whitmer or Justin Piscatel? Piscatel trying absolutely everything to get ahead of Kuno Whitmer as they ran to the line. But in the end, they stay in the same order as they started that final lap. And also a shout to Nick Gallant in the number 81 street tuner Bimmerwell BMW, who's on his final lap now and should actually finish a lap clear of the other street tuner cars because they're already home and past the chequered flag. But Devin Jones, who qualified the car along with Nick Gallant, just coming through now, NASCAR turn three and the 81 Bimmerwell car comfortable winner in the street tuner class just working its way through the high banking now and it'll have to be a patient Nick Gallant to make sure that the car crosses the line to ensure a win in the third and final class in this race the street tuner class that contains uh, six cars uh, a really sad run for the minis uh, unfortunately which didn't I don't think make the finish but nevertheless uh, Nick Gallant over the line and his team very very happy with that down at Bimmer World well what a start to the year of the 2018 first Continental win. Tire first win, first win for David Jones so uh, hats off to him yeah Nick Gallant of course a former series champion a couple of years ago driving with Spencer Pompelli who wins this race what an emphatic performance that was by RS1 for uh, Spencer Pompelli and Dylan McAvern uh, Dylan won the championship last season driving with the other Dylan Dylan Murcott but uh, they only won one race towards the championship, but he's already equaled that win tally in the first race of the 2018 season. Tremendous effort by those team, uh, those uh, two drivers and that entire team. But what a great effort by Bimmer World. They win the ST class with Devin Jones and uh, Nick Gallant, and they also come home a brilliant second place there for the uh, team principal, James Clay and Tyler Cook in the number 82 BMW GT4. 7.1 seconds the winning margin in the end and the 28 car certainly had to do some racing there didn't have it, uh, it, it all its own way through the course of a four-hour race and Dylan McAvern now opening the driver's door just to get some well-deserved air into the cockpit he's also going to be given the checkered flag by one of our track workers our marshals our officials down in the pit road and just going to do the last few uh, meters Last few feet with that chequered flag in hand, just easing the throttle now. But uh, McAvern looking very pleased indeed with his afternoon's work. They're heading for victory lane, Jeremy. Yeah, as he should be. From Burlington, Vermont, the 22-year-old, uh, really talented young man. And uh, he's done a fair bit of driving, all sorts of different things over the years. He's driven, started off at the Skip Barber Racing School, as so many uh, kids did, uh, have done over the years. Uh, moved on to MX5s. Uh, spec Miatas, he drove some GT1 cars, finished second in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo in the first AM in the uh, number 2014, did some Trans AM as well, you name it, uh, Dylan has done it, but uh, last season was the crowning glory for him, winning, he thought at least, winning this championship and starting off his defence in the perfect manner. And we should give credit as well to our other class winners, the 77 crew coming home uh, as winners in the TCR class, the first ever TCR race in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. And it's Tom Long and Britt Casey Jr. who take victory for Compass Racing. Yeah, win number eight in this championship for Tom Long, but finally uh, a well-deserved first victory for Britt Casey Jr., the 19-year-old from Barrington, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. He's had three second-place finishes in the past, driving mainly 
with Tom Long in the ST class, but the first outing in TCR, driving for Compass Racing, and Britt Casey Jr. comes away with the win along with the veteran Tom Long. And hoping to get some reaction in a moment or two here on RS2 IMSA Radio with the winners uh, down at, uh, well, they almost got the team name right. Uh, we're on RS2 IMSA Radio, the team name <laughs> RS1, yes. which is also one of our channels here on the Radio Limited uh, network of channels. But RS2, uh, for the year, is your place to be for all IMSA competition, whether that be the Ferrari Challenge North America. Uh, but we also bring you coverage of all of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge races together with the WeatherTech uh, Sports Car Championship throughout 2018 as well and the big show the 24 hours of Daytona yet to come of course all the build-up and the race live tomorrow afternoon here on RS2. Glancio, Tom Long uh, getting off take his helmet off and you can see how delighted he was to get back into victory lane after a uh, a challenging couple of years as part of the Mazda prototype program, of course, in the, uh, the top level, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But he's always uh, kept a toe in the water in the IMSA uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge as well. And now comes away with another victory along with the youngster, Brick Casey Jr. We had a few question marks as far as reliability was concerned for some of these cars, but uh, for the majority... Most yeah. did the distance. The Ford Mustang, I know, of Austin Sindrick grinding to a halt, but Mercedes getting another race under their belt and didn't feature in the top five. But nevertheless, sixth, seventh and eighth is respectable for them to get their... Well, they did finish six, in the top seven, five. Yeah, I'm misreading seven, that. Yeah. Indy Doncha just into the top five, rather. And uh, he was overtaken by Jason Hart in the closing stages there. But uh, Mercedes actually looked pretty strong. Didn't well, they, they did, yes. Uh, and, and I think more to come. I mean, a big step forward from, from the raw test here. Uh, they, uh, the Mercedes engineers who... who put forth the homologation papers to IMSA, uh, wanted to run a certain engine map, which clearly wasn't competitive at the raw test. And the IMSA official said, look, you know, we, we think you should be running map B, let's say, yes. uh, a different engine map. And uh, they said, uh, you know, they, they agreed to run that just for a few laps at the raw. That, the other one had been homologated, but this one uh, has, is part of the uh, family of ECUs, if you like. They put it in. It was clearly much more competitive. That's what they were allowed to run here this weekend. And Mercedes, while not perhaps quite on the same pace as the leaders, came away with a very respectable result. And to have uh, three of those cars, actually four of those cars, in the top ten, more than any other manufacturer, has to be a very satisfying result for Mercedes AMG. So it's the uh, German-built cars, isn't it, that come away with the lion's share of the honours this weekend. Just uh, a th it was three Fords in the top ten. Third place for Scott Maxwell. Uh, Trent Hinman, after some dramas in the late stages, had to be content with eighth in the seven-volt racing Ford Mustang. And Jade Buford comes home in tenth for Core Motorsports in car number 59. But uh, what a result it was for BMW as well. A couple of cars... Uh, coming from uh, a long way back in the late stages to run super fast and turn the best laps of the race in the closing stages. I'm talking of their best laps in the, on, the, on the very f last lap of the race. Eric Foss finished, who moved up a position on the on the final lap, found his way past Trent Hinman uh, to finish seventh for Murillo Racing. He is the reigning champion from the ST class last season. Again, a brand new car. He turns his best lap on the last lap of the race and comes home with a seventh place finish. He'll be delighted with that. 
Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks to all uh, our Continental Tire pit lane crew as well. They've worked tremendously hard over the last four hours to bring us some great interviews. And congratulations to our three class winners, the 28 crew at RS1, Dylan McAvern and Spencer Pompelli, about to be uh, announced to the podium and to victory lane in the TCR category. The 77 crew, Britt Casey Jr. and Tom Long at Compass Racing and also in the street tuna class, Nick Gallant and Devin Jones taking victory by a lap in the end in the Bimmer World Racing barista-sponsored BMW 328i. A really good way to start off the 2018 Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, that being our BMW Endurance Challenge here at Daytona. And we look forward very much to the rest of the season here on RS2 IMSA Radio. Bye for now. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.